Magos, we are receiving a transmission. It appears to contain vital intelligence from the Warfront. From whom is this transmission? The Loyalists or the forces of the Warmaster? Ascertain this, Adept. It is a vocal transmission. It appears to be three remembrances. I cannot tell you to whom they are loyal. Where is it coming from? It is from the Galactic Northeast, from the edge of the Empire. Welcome to episode three of year three of Edge of Empire, your monthly treat from us in regards to heresy. This is the last in our trilogy of Mechanicum episodes. This is the return of the Jedi, the return of the King, the Battle of the Five Armies uh, of of our of our trilogy. But is it is it the Return of the King, which was infinitely better than Battle of the Five Armies? Well, it's it's the last in a particular trilogy. So fair play. Um, yeah, no Ewoks. Just, no, no Ewoks. We have no, no small fairy people. Okay, very good. But, uh, so, as joining us as ever, you've just had the dulcet tones of uh, my brother Graham Mills. Hello there. And waiting in the wings, silently waiting to pounce, Michael Bottrell. <laughs> I quite like Ewoks. <laughs> you know what, if, if ever there was a man who I thought, I wonder if he would like an Ewok as a present, you'd be right up there. I've got to be honest here, Michael. I think that you and Ewoks have a certain affinity. If there's anything that would get me playing Star Wars Legion, it would be Ewoks. Okay, fair play. Fair enough. You hear that if you're making Star Wars. Is it Fantasy Flight, wherever they are, make that? It yeah. is FFG, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Any, anyone that listens works for FFG? There you go, Ewoks. A, A, do you want all my Star Wars X-Wing stuff back? And B, can you make <laughs> Ewoks for... Uh, for my... <laughs> well, let's... Uh, Let's uh, let's stop divulging diverging into uh, other 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 particular universes Mm. and focus on what we're here to talk about. So, what are we? What are we going to be doing this evening? So, we have our usual little snippets of the quick look at this month's releases, an update of what we individually have been up to, uh, the run through of all the news that's happened in the last sort of four or five weeks since we were last having this conversation, Mm. um. Looking at the new releases from Black Library and some reviews. I think that's also going to include uh, the Mortarian, uh, find the Buried Dagger, isn't it? That's the last one. Yeah, yeah, I did Buried Dagger. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I jolly much enjoyed reading that. Um, and as I said, we'll be going on to the Tegmata Mechanicum. So the full house. The, the, the fluff. Uh, we're going through the rules, and we'll be going through our list challenges. Mm. So 3,000 points as usual, and see who no. can come up with the... No holds barred. Queen's no, rules absolutely. This absolutely. So this was, yes, learning from our previous two, what devilry have we put together? Exactly. It's certainly, I feel somewhat twisted by my experience with the <clears throat> Mechanicum, if I'm honest with you. I it's feel that... traumatic for you, hasn't it? I mean, like, yes, I know you've I had mean, sleepless nights and... I have, you know, when you, I think it's a particular philosopher who said that when you stare, you know, stare too long at monsters, you yourself turn into one. And um, let's be honest, you're halfway there already. So to us, we didn't take a lot of a push. I, I don't <clears> think <throat> that I could ever do a mechanical army for fear of retribution from the rest of the universe. <laughs> I think, I think at this point you would be, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to work. A, a conversation would certainly be be had. I think. Yes, I think that's true. We'd have to put you in stocks and line up all the Mechanicum players that you've abused over the years and <laughs> let them throw fruit and veg and 
miscast uh, models at you as, uh, as right, punishment. Yes. Quite rightly, for all my years of constant haranguing them, which exactly. won't actually get any less, incidentally, uh, over the course of this evening's episode. If you are a mechanical player, we are delving into areas that even even my patience was stretched. Let's just <laughs> say that. Um, so, yeah, so that's all. And we'll get, obviously, as we always do, uh, going through the events that are coming up mm. uh, over the next few months. Yes, indeed. A mighty long list. Um, also, in show related news for us we have decided to launch a patreon tip jar so for don't worry people we're not going to be doing paywall or anything like that it's just basically if you like the show and you want to help us out with with running the show covering the costs a little bit um that's all it's there for basically um there is a it's one dollar reward level and we'll make sure you get a shout out and a credit on the show um, if you contribute as well. Yeah, I think it's 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 kind of key to say this isn't about us making money. Um, what what this really is is um, obviously running the show is you know does cost us money, and also we would like to cover more things for you, and obviously that also costs money unfortunately. So you know we'd like to spend some more time at Warhammer World and some of the game day and open days but things like that you know we've only got so much uh, we can spend on hotels and stuff and we use some of the money that we get from company legends to help towards that but it's an expensive hobby to do these things and we want to try and cover you as best we can so that's the you know that's the main reason to just to cover our running costs really and we're never going to have adverts and we're never going to charge people for this content um because it's not how we want it to do we're not doing this for any kind of financial we're just doing it for fun so um yeah i think it's kind of key that we mention that so if you do think that the entertainment that you get from listening to us three idiots talk for up to six hours in some episodes (laughs) and you want a little tip tip of the hat half the half the price of a cup of coffee uh would be very much appreciated but like i said there's no obligation we're not we're not gonna no. keep haranguing you for money so if you want to you can if you don't that's also cool it's there you know that's yeah. the it's there in the background totally <laughs> absolutely um but that's what, yeah the show's never gonna you know be behind a payroll we're just gonna keep putting the stuff out for free yeah completely we poor poor souls exactly mugs that we are yes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is ultimately we do this because we enjoy it yeah absolutely we don't, we don't do it for financial gain so hell no there we go. Right. So, okay. so shall we move on to the uh, new releases? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Let's see what we've got to offer. All right. Uh, new releases. It actually looks a lot bigger than 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 we've had, but. There's a lot of stuff like that, you know, from the from the Black Library celebration, various bits and bobs and books and lots of other stuff. So well, yeah, crikey, there's a, there's a plethora of stuff. We'll crack on. So we got a, a Night Lords release right at the beginning of the month. Um, I think this was the Friday before our last episode came out. We got the Night Lords Praetor, um, the Night Lords Praetor and Tartarus armor. That's twenty five quid, twenty one pounds for the uh, power armored Praetor, mm. uh, the Leviathan Siege Dreadnought, and the dice. The dice are now sold out, actually. Um, I yeah. saw someone, I think it was um, Scott, who I played at Company Legends. Yeah, Scott that, he was, um, was up on the scrounge on on the trading sites trying to find some. I'm I believe sh- now they're gone, they're gone. 
I'm sure they're going to come back. I'm I'm sure they're going to come back. When I was speaking to um, Holly Goodwin at Warhammer Fest last year, she was like, yes, they're going to come back. The, the last lot of stuff that they did was going to come back. Yeah. So if they're going to bring back stuff like the Death Guards under Horus, I imagine the Night Lord's dice will, will come back at the same time. Um, but considering how quickly they sold out. Yeah. Uh, it'd be silly to not bring the dice back. Yeah, yeah. People, people like these. I mean, I'd like my custodies dice. I think, you know, I think it just adds something. If you can use your own. Yeah. Your yeah, own yeah, yeah, yeah. Dice, doesn't it's it? Dice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless you're me, I sold my night, my, um, yeah. Iron Warriors ones. Because the, the you have an issue with dice. You, you I, go through dice like, uh, a fat I boy goes through cake. I, well, I'd go through cake. Yeah, like, to be fair. I like, like, I realized as I got through my analogy that actually. <laughs> in fact, I have two custard tarts in front of me. Well, would you, would you believe just to you know well, make yeah. that. Put your t-shirt that back on, for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah so, so so what do you guys think of the uh, two prey? I, I really like them. I like the, the, um, uh, the Terminator one. I was just having a sort of zoom in there and seeing how they did the painting there because it looks like there's like a really cool stifling kind of effect, isn't there, on the on the armor where they painted them? But anyway, I like them personally. Yeah. They are a bit. I've never been a big fan of spikes and skulls, if I'm honest with you, on armor. It's it's a bit uh, chaos. Even though chaos, yeah, it? even though I've been a chaos player, I never really liked that. I think that's probably why I like the Iron Warriors kind of cleaner lines. But yeah. I think that these guys look look excellent. I like that that chain um, oh, blade yeah, just... thing. We, I can't remember what it's called. Remember chain, glaive. chain glaive. Chain glaive, yeah, which is a really good, useful weapon, if I remember rightly from our episode yeah. or that we did on them. Or, um, so yeah, I think there's some really cool models, and I like the um, power armored one as well. I think he looks great. I think uh, I like about the Terminator one is that curved handle on the chain glaive, and then it's got that sort of hook at the end. Yeah, it's just it, you know that is built for for murdering, isn't it? I think I, I think the the um. And I like his Volkite Serpenta there. Yeah. Although I no, it's a Volkite Charger. Charger, yeah, would be on. Can't that. take a Serpenta, even though oh. the description says Serpenta. Okay, no, I really like the um. Both of the models are great. I quite like yeah. the aesthetic. It's not I, overdone. It's my good. personal preference is the Power Armored guy because yeah. I love his head. His head is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got a really good head. Um, uh, uh you know, just that scarring looks great. Looks great. Yeah. Uh, and the, but the Leviathan, I'm not that sure about. Do you know what I? Yeah. The Leviathan is a, it's a, you know, like when you first start playing this game when you're a teenager or, or younger, right? And if you're playing Chaos, the first thing you do is try and make your own little conversion by sticking something horrific onto a dreadnought. That, that may or may not have happened, certainly. <laughs> you know, it's like look at all this blood or something like that, right? And that looks a bit too much like that for my liking. I don't yeah. personally. I mean, I really like Leviathans. I'm not sure it adds much to it. I get the, I get the impression. You know, you obviously they're trying to be terrifying, and a good way to terrify people is to strap a corpse to a, you know, Leviathan dreadnought. But I don't know. It just looks a bit weirdly out of place. It, it looks, uh, it looks a bit last minute. That's the only thing with it. It looks like they did the whole thing. They put the skulls on the, the, the belt sort of area for the, the midriff. They put the Night Lord symbol mm. on the helmet and the chest piece and then went, yeah, that's that's done, isn't it? And then, you know, someone went, oh, actually, do you know what we could do? I've got this model. Yeah, I've got this this in 3D CAD design. I'll just stick this on here as well. Do you not, Boom, sorted. Do you not think the person who sculpted this went out for a, for a cup of tea and somebody was walking past with, no, <laughs> this will fox him. I just stuck that, that you know, yeah. random Citadel figure on there. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm going to wait and see what it looks like with other people's paint jobs on it because i think the problem with it that body 
the paint job just looks do you know what if i was going to do it i would have that i would have that corpse kind of like flayed at the back of the model yeah there's, there's... i mean because it yeah. just i think it spoils the front a bit and that may just be my aesthetics you know i, I like yeah. clean lines on stuff so I think let, it... let's wait and let's wait and see what i i'm gonna wait and see what people make of it when they paint it i want to see what mark frost does with that yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean i, I think the good thing you the, the thing i'd like to see on it and sort of looking at the model is that it's got that corpse on there but there's no blood around it yeah that's that what that's you, one of the you things would expect there to be some blood. residue yeah just dripping down onto the knee running down the, the yeah, yeah i mean i honestly think if you hadn't had if you took that off that would be a awesome looking <clears throat> um leviathan dreadnought yeah. with just the stuff that they put on it to be honest with you i don't know whether it's an optional stick on thing that you can not stick on if you don't want to or whether it the, the resin model itself comes with that cast on it yeah okay so uh moving on the next lot of releases we have are warhammer fest tickets now we've got uh, a weekend ticket which is uh 37 pounds 50 or 17 pound 50 for a child and saturday and sunday tickets are 20 pounds for adults and children are 10 pounds what's um, it warhammer fest warhammer fest it's what replaced games day Oh, right. okay, yeah, yeah. okay, fair enough. Where the golden D is. Didn't you guys go to that last year? I went to it last year. Great. Yes, I knew someone had. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You know, unless I can throw some dice, I'm not going to make the journey. That's my. That's you my. You can throw some out. dice. I don't think you can for 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 for, for heresy. heresy. No, I'm pretty sure you can't for heresy. Are you going this year, Michael? I, I am. I booked up my hotel for the Saturday night. I'm going down. I'm going down Saturday night and going Sunday. Okay. So when when abouts is that particular? Uh, it is May. It is the eleventh uh, and twelfth of May. Yeah, oh, so we'll be uh, double there, tapping it in May then. Yeah, because yeah, yes, we are. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they're they're also doing they're, that they're was all, the that was the uh, the um sort of a mission of a man who who hasn't either a completely grasped this conversation with his respective wives and or girlfriends oh no i, I have i have they know i'm going <coughs> for both realizing yeah. <laughs> yeah, within the th- two weeks of yourself you'll be just stay for that extra week in the middle you know just yeah, have a week in nottingham taking the and then the week and then the week after um uh uh the uh um the throne of skulls i've got um uh what you call it um UK Games Expo. Oh, the man's on tour. So, he is. Yeah, I'll be having a bit of a tour. Yeah, representing. Okay, they also have a golden ticket. It's sold out now. Um, seventy-five quid, and it got you. Um, what, what, what did it get you extra? I, I think it got you a mini. Um, uh, we like a free model. So what was in there? You got your weekend ticket, which would normally thirty-seven pound fifty. You mm-hmm. got first into the show sales area. Um, mm. and an exclusive swag bag and i think you got um you know got got into the seminars ahead of every people so didn't you um couldn't you go meet the designers or something was that something well like you that? could meet the designers anyway but oh, right okay um I, i'm not really sure what was i the golden ticket didn't really appeal to me you know mm. they said that there'll be a swag bag you know with your with your exclusive mini but it didn't really sell it to me Plus, yeah. I, I doubt I, I doubt the girls would have let me spend twenty seventy five quid on a ticket, no. but I can only go for one day. Ah, uh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> so the problem is, it depends. You don't know what the mini's going to be. So if you don't yeah. play oh. play a particular game, no, no idea what the mini's going to be. Yeah. So yeah. you know, if I if I 
gone for it. There's no point in me getting a Age of Sigmar gladly and try and hope that you guys want him and flaunt him to you for the most amount of money I can possibly get. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a Dreadfleet mini, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. If only. <laughs> only they went, yes, we're gonna bring it back at last and that oh, uh, yeah. on it. Yeah. So um okay, so moving on and it's uh, quite a few books to go through right now because we had the um uh, uh got the Black Black Library celebration weekend. So we got Titan Death, we finally got the audio book for it. Yay! Uh and I've already listened to it. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Bringer of Sorrows as part of the um the, the celebration. That's two forty nine. Oh the audio book was uh, twenty nine ninety nine. Uh Lantern's Light, a Mortarian short story for two forty nine. Uh, Ghost of New Syria, a Angron short story for two forty nine. Um, the Buried Dagger, mm-hmm. uh, finally the Buried Dagger. I say finally, but yay, it's come out and yeah, it's it's, it's happened, it's over. Um, that's um, that's uh, it. Isn't it? No yeah, more. it's it. Hardback for twenty pounds. EPUB for nine ninety nine. The audio book came out last weekend or the weekend before twenty nine ninety nine. I, I think it was last weekend. Yep, and you can buy the hardback seventeen pounds at Element Games. Uh, then we have Horus Rising, the celebration edition. That was seven ninety nine, uh, six seventy nine at Element Games, and that had an ex- a short story in it. Um, that was um, oh, it's it's sold out now. Actually, is the celebration edition. I think it had. Um, uh, the Wolf of Ash and Fire, which is a short story we've had before. Um, no, no, that was False God that's had that. I think Horus Rising had another short story. I can't remember what it was, but it didn't sound familiar. Yeah, so th- those books are seven ninety nine Celebration Editions, brand new cover, all six seventy nine at Element Games. I don't know if Element Games still have. Um, apparently, they they are going to have copies of uh, Horus Rising. So, yeah, cool. We'll see. Uh, it says dispatching on the twenty second. So. Whether they do or not is out there. Uh, the limited edition of Angron, Slave of Nysteria, came out. That was £40. Um, then there was a Black Library Celebration 2019 coaster set. So you got a Death Guard, a Sonder Horus. A, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, did you not pick one of these up? I did pick one of these up. Yep, £10. Not bad. Quite happy with it. Good. Okay. Fair enough. Um, they're actually pretty decent coasters. So, <laughs> uh, always need a coaster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, there's the Horus Heresy sketchbook. Not so sure about this, is a yeah, no, yeah. It's for twenty quid for a sixty odd pages of blank paper in a oh. south. Not my cup of tea. I mean, Lindsay no. and Megan love sketchbooks, but I can't imagine they'd want a Horus. Yeah, I'm not going to be. I wouldn't want to spend twenty quid on it, if I'm honest. I mean, unless you're going to be, you know, painting um, or sketching. Kate Winslet in Titanic. I can't see the point of spending twenty quid on that, frankly. Um, what's the? You can refill it though. I have just noticed on the web page. So can you? Yes. So that. Oh. May, well, that yeah. makes it a little bit. Yeah. It says here, sketchbook yeah. paper can be replaced. A4 refill pad to allow you to rearrange the enclosure for other <clears throat> projects. Okay, that that makes it seem less. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That that makes it seem less. Less like a waste of money than sold. I'm not going to buy it, but you know. Oh, okay, fair enough. Not yeah, for me. Not he for says. He's. Um, then we have um, Adeptus Titanicus stuff. We got the Warlord weapons, um, the volcano cannons, and Apocalypse missile launchers that came in the standard kit. Uh, Twenty six pounds, direct only. Um, nice. The uh, Reaver war weapons. So that's the melter cannon, chain fist, volcano cannon, and turbo laser. Uh, Fifteen pounds, direct only. Um, 
than the uh, Reaver weapons, the, the original sprue that came with the, with the first set uh, of the Gatling Blaster, uh, Power Fist, Laser Blaster, and Apocalypse Missile Launcher, £15 direct only. Yep. Um, the Legio Furians transfer sheet, that's £12 uh, direct only, um, and it's still available because the other transfer sheets uh, seem to be selling quite quickly. So. Okay. Uh, then we've got a short story, um, The Passing of Angels, um which is from the sons of the emperor which has just been released so i don't know why you'd buy this because sons of the emperor was released a few days later um okay. it's, got, it's, got, it's got a very smug looking sanguinius on the front it does, it does. he looks does. proper baller he's like yeah yeah I mean, uh, see how see where he rates on the smug scale oh, oh smug mean, as flipping neck yeah he's, he's emperor of smug town basically he's he is emperor of smug town, isn't he he's like oh I've just done something awesome. I've yeah. woken up. Look I've, at, I've just sent Candabar back into the into the ether. I'm yes, awesome. I yeah. am so awesome. He, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he looks very odd. Okay, fair enough. Smug <coughs> is the, the new Sanguinous. Yep. Okay. Uh, then we've got some Necromunda 40 millimeter bases. I like um, these actually. They're quite yeah, nice, aren't they? Urban bases, you know, suit your whatever you know you, 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 that type of basing scheme it just gives a cheaper more option if you've gone for something like the sector mechanicus or sector imperialis so mm. all basing options were always good yeah um i, then love, we got a, the, I do love a base you then do. we got the sons of the emperor um hardback 15 pounds uh, electronic book 11.99 or 12 pounds element games for the hardback now this was a limited edition release from the last year's horus heresy weekender um so um it's good to see that it's getting standard release for everyone who wasn't there and it was also a warhammer world exclusive for a while so yeah that's a good one it's a, yeah. um it's just all, this is just the primarchs isn't it yeah this is just primarchs it's a primarch series book yeah and we fun. also have the abyssal edge uh 249 short story which is in sons of the emperor you know and tease you in tease you in with it That's so what, there's yeah. no point buying the if you're going to buy sons of the emperor there's no point buying the abyssal edge or the passing of angels or this last monday's release which was mercy of the dragon which is also 249 um mccrag's honor a uh, new edition of it five pounds cheaper than the original version at 20 pounds electronic version is 9.99 or 18 pounds element games i've got no idea if there's any differences in it whether it's the same size or smaller or what but it's a good it's story Graphic novel, wasn't it? Yeah, graphic novel. Oh, I, like a, I like a graphic novel, me. Yeah, it was. I liked it. It was kind of weird seeing for um like heresy in graphic novel form. Yeah, p- apparently took, there were. It took plans. me a while to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, apparently there were plans to do the Doom of the Death Guard as a graphic novel, but um, it, it turned into oh, a dagger. That would have been brilliant. The visuals on that would have been amazing. Yeah, mm. but it, it became the buried dagger. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's all right. Then, not necessarily a 30k release, but I used to work for Steve Jackson Games, and I love John Kovalak, and so we've got Munchkin Warhammer 40k. What the? Is, you had, this is we had the picture of Sloppity Barl Piper. Yeah, Sloppity Barl yeah. Piper. Yeah, oh, it's got that's a tenuous, tenuous link. Uh, it's got highest dark, magnitude. It's, it's, it's not even tenuous. A, it's got a Dark Fury in it as a Raven Guard special. You know. <laughs> That, that, that works for me oh. is it a dark fury or is it just a mystery no it's oh. definitely a dark fury <clears throat> okay. 
Anyway, mm. that's £28.99, £26 and nine pence at Element Games. Sure. I, I should imagine fun... we'll be seeing that at Company of Legends at some point. Yeah, it's a really fun game. What is Munchkin? Do you know, I've never played it. It's basically um, a rip, uh, you know, um, a mick take of RPGs. Okay. So instead of doing any of the role-playing nonsense, you basically <laughs> just knock down the doors, kill the monsters and steal their treasure. Perfect. Sounds and then st- and then stab your buddies in the back. So that's what always every campaign every, I've ever written exactly. in D&D. What I was thinking, every group that I've ever been in or DM'd for in D&D, that's pretty much how yeah. it goes. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then because... Fixed. And then you um, stab your buddies <laughs> in the back to um, to stop them from winning. Of course. So it's quite funny. Um, you know, so it's, it's a bit of a um, Marmite game. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I like it. Got me into gaming again after years of not being in into gaming. So I'm quite happy. To oh, well, we can we can thank 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 Steve Jackson Games for bringing you back to us, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a fun 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 little game. I, I will have to bring it along at some point. So. Yeah. Okay, uh, and that sums up the new releases. So I'm oh, sure tomorrow, uh, in terms of when we're recording, tomorrow we'll get Sanguinius, but um, yeah. just based on stuff that we'll talk about later. But um, mm. yeah, we'll see. Anyway, so what we'll do now is we'll uh, move on to uh, what we've been up to. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Next up, we have what the current projects that uh, the three of us have been slavishly working through uh, over this last month. Now, it's been a tough month for us all because we had a massive event to run, but it still looks like we've managed to put a fair, fair shake of time in. So, Chris, uh, you made some early pledges to us all. I, so I certainly we did. On? Last month, I, I, I vowed that I would start working on the Titans. Did you? I guess I, I did because yes I'm a, I, I, my gaming group on a Monday wanted to start running a campaign um, so I promised I'd get my titans in some sort of ship shape and Bristol fashion order mm. but because we decided to go to Throne of Skulls in May which is not a million miles away at this point it, it um, and I want to take my Mechanicum with me yes. they have jumped straight to the front <laughs> of a queue <laughs> In a in, in a blind uh, a blind yeah. panic to to get some mm. and it's only twelve fifty we're taking each but um, yeah it's not too many models from Mechanicum is it no it's still, exactly. it's still, when you're still running phalanx and, and, and you know, yeah. other bits and pieces um so it's just trying to get those sort of ready for then so I've started doing some paint tests for color schemes yes which I sent you guys some photos so I'm going to use the green stuff world color shifts and very so, nice it looks too. Yeah, I've, I've bought three of the paints just to see which one I liked the most. And uh, I think I've settled on one. It's, it's kind, of, kind of what I'd pictured in my mind, so that's always good. Cool. Um, so that's those. I started putting the Thalanx together. The Ursarax are already done, so that's good. Um, so it's the, getting the, the Thalanx ready. Uh, okay. Which is, it's going to be fun. Yep. Lots of little fiddly bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um. I tried to because I've been trying to. I want to make UR zero two five my yes. make off basically, and I've tried to from Black Sun work on yeah from tried to kit bash uh, him so he's slightly different. He's he's got more of a Magos look to him, right? And ultimately, what I've done is ruined two models. <laughs> 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 okay, um, yeah, 
haven't because, shown us any pictures. Surely you, 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 you're making a judgment without. I'm, I'm really not. There, there are currently pieces of red plastic uh, in various <laughs> states. From, I'm trying to use the Magos that Michael sent me yes. from 40k and uh, the RZ5. They're sort of single pose models, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so I was going to use the axe from the Magos to put into zero to five's hands, things like that. Yes. And it's it's just not worked. Oh, the best laid plans. Yeah. So I think I have got another one, another zero to five kicking around. He may just get small <laughs> modifications done to him. Just chuck a just, um yeah, just chuck a tentacle thingy on him and a and a power arm and so I'm gonna you're I'm gonna find somewhere I've got a tech marine yep. from 40k kicking about somewhere. Yes. So his backpack's coming off. That's that would that would and is going on zero to five and some other bits and pieces. Yes. But it does kind of limits his loadout. Will it will always be. Yes, um, probably mean. a road cannon and a photon thruster. I can kind of get away with the photon, uh, not the photon thruster, the photon gauntlet. Right. Um, yeah. I might be able to get some extra models, extra weapons stuck on somehow, but uh, it's going to be yeah uh, limiting, unfortunately. It's, but, it's depressing isn't it, when you have this, when you kind of think, oh, that'll be, I'll just do that, and do that, do that, and I'll have this, and then you try it, and it just. Yeah. Goes. I mean, Heck. I, yeah it just it, it didn't it didn't happen unfortunately mm. but Been there they're still going to be yeah exactly it's not the first time I, <laughs> i've got a second one so it's not the end of the world it's just going to require ruining perhaps two more models <laughs> but worst comes to, i've always got an hq because i'm always i'm gonna um i've got belisarius call from 40k so he'll he's not going to get kit bashed in any way he'll just be the model as you get him so it i've got kind of Using a scenic basis, couldn't you? That you are that you've destroyed. Yeah, there was a, a, a thinking at one point of after I destroyed the first one, <laughs> do I just get see how many more I can pick up off on eBay? Yeah, and have them as a unit of something so that they're, they're still in the army. Oh yeah. Um, but it's just finding something that's going to have the right yeah uh, look and feel about them. So, oh, yeah. Okay. but yeah, so that's. That's kind of the, the the plan for for them. I got the Benatari assembled, all six of them. Oh, right. so how are they? They are tedious and annoying. Um, in equal measure. In 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 equal measure. So I put up a photo of the one where one had snapped. I actually snapped, I think, three out of four spears when I was putting them together, but. It's kind of par for the course when you're dealing with resin custode spears because they're so thin and the resin just doesn't like any sort of um, pressure. In, yeah, in, entanglement or pressure. Mm. It just yeah. it snaps in like a, in a hot, you know, a warm breeze basically will, will melt it and snap it. Yeah. So luckily I've got, the, I've, I've got a technique from doing Baldor. So... It's basically it's, it's worked. They feel a bit stronger now, actually, as well, which is good. Got it. Yeah. So they're sort of assembled. So I've got yeah, four with the spears, two with the guns and the um, talon things. I can't what they're called now off the top of my head. So that's those done. I've used the. I said last episode I wasn't sure which heads I was going to use, so right. I'm not using the um, exposed heads. Of course. I've used the Sagittarium heads. Mm-hmm. 
because I wasn't going to use the Sagittarium bits for anything else. Um, and I don't want to paint loads of well, I don't want to paint six, <laughs> six faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> faces are, faces are reserved for special characters, HQs only. Yes, very good. Um, so I've taken the tops off those, the little spiky bits off those, and moved the heads on to Luke, who messaged me and asked me for them. So mm. uh, they should be with him by now, which is good. Got rid of those. Ooh. But yeah, so it's just going to be getting those, getting the robots ready now. Oh yeah, yeah, that is a challenge. For that 1250. It's, it's, it's doable. I mean, yeah, it 1250, it's not a lot of models. Um, I bought a few things to go in, extra things to go in the army that originally, when I had the army in mind, I wasn't going to use. Right. But I can't really see past them, mm-hmm. especially when we've gone through this process of doing the list challenges and things. Yes. You're looking forward um, to that, Luke, using them? I mean, that's the first new army for some time, isn't it, since the custodies? Yeah, so it'll be since the custodies. Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to them. Um, it's going to be very weird not diving headfirst into danger all the time that is true it's and plus a, your first game is going to be with me as a doubles partner which <coughs> could go one of two ways it could be testing i mean <laughs> we could either come out stronger as, as, as siblings or michael could be looking for at least one new at co-host one, possibly two new <laughs> co-hosts <coughs> i mean we i'm trying to think we're usually pretty good with co-op games together aren't we although yes. we, we we generally do have we sometimes have a slight disagreement about tactics but not very yeah, often not exactly so i think it'll be, it'll be very funny to watch if nothing else yes watch as two men <laughs> uh, collapse into tears as uh, caused by each other but yeah that's that's sort of what i'm sort of model wise working on now it's just going to be getting the 1250 done Rockin'. and then build from there really uh, what about yourself then? What, what crazy antics have you been up to? So I'm still trying to. So I want to get this um, solar slash cults and militia thing done. So I've actually got enough models now to do a 3,000 point solar army and a 3,000 point cults and militia army. Um, mainly because I've done them in the same paint scheme, but I can mix them up as part of that kind of Cavus Major Irregulars uh, idea that I had. For, for those people that don't know, Cavus Major Irregulars are who? So in the um, narrative that we had for last year's Company of Legends, um, this was the units or a sort of a scratch company made up by one of our protagonists or joined by one of our protagonists fundamentally at some point. So um, I've kind of immortalised one of our protagonists in um, his legion or legion, his uh, unit anyway, yeah. in model form. So I quite like the idea of doing that. And um, I kind of had a colour scheme in mind that I've used for both of them um, with a slight variance for the solar because they need to look a little bit more um, swanky than yep. your normal PDF forces. But um, things like the a lot of the uh, models are interchangeable between the two. So uh, things like Lehman Russes, for example, Thunderbolt Fighters, the big super heavy that I've got that I haven't put together yet, the Storm Hammer, I think it's called. Oh, um, yeah. You know, a lot of those things are, uh, you know, can move around between them. So I can do a solar army or a cult and militia army. The termite, of course, is, you know, fairly ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Well, you can use it across multiple armies anyway. And um, so, yeah, so I've been, so I'm trying to, so I've got another, I've got five of the uh, more militia painted. So I've now got 30 militia painted. I've just got 10 more to put together and paint. I brought a Death Corps of Krieg um, HQ squad to to be like a HQ platoon because the models just look so awesome and I just couldn't resist them um because I already got some to man my guns so 
Uh, I've got those, and they're nice. they looking great. I painted them, so I painted basically once because the company of legends kind of sucked up all of our time. Um, that was about as much as I could do. That's pretty good, though. It's pretty yeah. good stuff. So, and I've undercoated a load of because so, now that I've, I'm going to go back onto the vehicle, so I've got four Lehman Russes to paint. Three rhinos because the grenadiers for the militia can take rhinos, and I had some um, leftover ones from a previous project that I'm going to use. And the thunderbolt needs painting, so once I get that and the termite done, that's it. The whole army sorted. Yeah, nice, perfect. So now we move on to the time uh, where me and Graham yes. go and put the kettle on. I'll just finish uh, the custard tarts while we go on, and and we unleash. Unleash the Squidward. The Kraken. Unleash the Unleash the Kraken. Uh, oh, look, it even I makes had... a Kraken-like noise there. Did you hear it? Did it again? I didn't think I'd get that much done this month, but I got a lot more than yeah. I thought I'd do. <coughs> anyway, so um, I said I would paint some more scenery. I did manage to do that, and I also committed to painting my second Warlord for Adapted Titanicus. I did not do that. I got, I've got it primed, and I put on the first wash but I haven't got beyond that. Uh, what I have done is I painted two kill zones, um, which uh, we used for Company of Legends. I painted the Sector Imperialis stuff that came in the starter set and Sector Frontieris. Mm-hmm. Um, I also um, uh, found out that I um, that, that I was owed a PPI refund, so I was uh, quite happy with that and got some stuff. I got uh, some Castlexes, uh, two Castlexes with uh, Dark Fire Cannons. Um uh, Can you some... feel the disappointment from here? Yeah. <laughs> I, got some... oh, well, I mean, I didn't want to mention the fact that I've bought two. I know you have. I know you have. I got some STC Rise of Pattern Ruins. There's uh, a disappointment in your voice. Uh, mm. A Bolter Axe. Wait a moment. Oh, wait a minute. If, if, if there was disappointment from the Catalax, the Volter Axe, this is... Oh, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Yeah, uh, uh, disappointed, aren't you? That's what it very, is. very disappointed. Uh, a predator, so that, that might change things. Uh, yeah, maybe that maybe that kind of outweighs it a little bit. Didn't buy a Sakara in there, did you? <laughs> Anything goes. No, in. just Sakara. just a predator. Okay. Um, a great unclean one. Oh, cool. Uh, a Moratat, a Vigilator, a Pravian, and some Aqualine Terminators. What are they for? Uh, uh, Terminators. Terminators. Okay, right. Yeah. Did you get the so, Adraphics or the Firepikes? Uh, Adraphics. Good man. Um, and now I built and primed the Pravian, the Moratat, the Vigilator. And thanks to Conquest Magazine, I got a very cheap Rhino um, because they did it in two parts and um, the co-op stocks it. So um, mm. I, I got a Rhino for... Um, uh, well, I got the core of the Rhino... The actual structure of it for 7.99, yes. and all I had to do was add some turrets, um, and I had tons of them sitting in my bits box. So I got a 7.99 Rhino. So nice. Mint. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, um, and I also managed to get me uh, three sets of. Do you know the old battlefield accessories? You know, you've got the the bot, the the containers and oh, all yeah, that, the crates yeah. and the things like that. Yeah. Yeah, tank traps. So I got three sets of those for Conquest oh, nice. as well. Um, which we'll just be adding to the um, scenery pile for next Company of Legends. Sure. And I also bought off eBay some of the fallen statues from the Urban Conquest box. Um, so they were quite cool. Cool. Um, yeah. And um, I also built the rest of my custodies. 
So I got them built. Um, I haven't primed them yet. I bought a tin of uh, Retributor Armor spray. Um, you, should, you should have said I've got one here that I'm never going to use. All right, okay. Well, if you run out, let me know. You can have this one. Yeah. Um, so that was the three Aqualine Terminators, uh, a Contemptor Galatus, uh, a Caladius Grab Tank, a Palace Grab Attack, a Contemptor Achilles, three Gear Falcon Pattern Jet Bikes, and Constantine Baldor. Big V. Representing. <laughs> you really have gone to town. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I suck at posing dreadnoughts. They're not that bad, man. They're, they're not, not that, that bad. bad. I don't think they look all right. Uh, my my, my, my Telemon that I built ages ago is absolutely dreadful. Just just looks awful. I mean, the he's not exactly that... the most dynamic of creatures in the first place, is he? I mean, most people, he's fairly flat, the Telemon, isn't he? Just like big guns on the side. And, yeah. You know, uh, unfortunately, my, my Telemon looks like he's going on tippy toes to reach for something. So the thing, like, when I'm doing my dreads is I always blue tack them in poses first. Yeah, I, I should have done and then, that. And then I sort of assemble them from the photo yeah i have to go with that um okay so that was that's what i got so, so not much, eight thousand things that michael did this yeah. not, not much painting but i did get a lot of uh, building done yeah so when are we going to see the custody is that going to be your new venture do you think uh i was thinking i'm uh, i i'm kind of thinking um for blood and glory right so november yeah all right cool very good. Very good. Yeah. Okay. If only we could team up. Somehow. At some event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what about games played? Yeah. Uh, I played some games. Woohoo! You did play some games. I played some games. Um, but only in Company of Legends as well. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about them anyway, didn't we? Or do you want to go into Yes, you did, didn't you? We, we briefly, I mean, I can, we can recap slightly if we want to expand upon. I can't really. I, I think, we, yeah, we I mean, I've done a legend stuff what, a week ago now. So yeah. I've got memories of, of what we actually said at that point. I'm sure we're, we were very yeah. flattered about our opponents. Like Scott and Mike, I really enjoyed Yeah. Um, the games I played against them. I think I said at the time, Mike, unfortunately. Um, suffered the wrath of the custodies with his sons of horus but he took it in good sport he did it was a fun game it wasn't you know he was a nice guy he just got unlucky that things went for me and things didn't go for him but he had some you know there's one particular moment i can still remember it now where sort of he had 10 tax squad guys Passing their leadership tests and staying in, holding me in combat, waiting for his assault marines to turn up, and it wasn't until Valdor and his his mates turned up and swung the day in that one. And that was yeah. yeah, they were good games. They were, you know, Scott with his night with his night lords, um, just talent for murder is such an awesome rule. It is, yeah. It's yeah that with twenty guys and apothecary, mm. it's just. You know, it was hard, and I got absolutely hammered in that. <laughs> no, there's no other word for it. I mean, if, okay. if it was a a traitor retribution attack for the previous game, then they thoroughly succeeded. Gotcha. That Scott absolutely tore me apart in that game. Wow. But they, yeah, they were good fun. They were cool. surprise games because we had a guy that had to drop out. 
on the Sunday, but yeah, they were good. They were good. Yeah, okay. exactly. So I think yeah. um, so the, the three I had. So I had to play Saturday because uh, uh, somebody was ill. So uh, my first one was against Richard Adams Raven Guard, which was a lot of fun. Um, very close. I mean, I took a pretty strong list, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah, I had Perturabo, I had a squad of Iron Habits with Last Cannons. I, it's, I had uh, right. somebody with Sellotape. Uh, yeah, that's me. I am I am currently, because you just said Mike's name there, and I realised, oh, bugger, I need to send his uh, jacket and Kindle that he left at the event back um, tomorrow. Okay. So I am. I am. <laughs> there's, a, there's a mute button. Uh, yeah, I'll mute. I'll mute. <laughs> Uh, where is the mute button? Um, oh. There it is. There we go. Um, so yeah, so I had, my first time to get Rich Adams is Raven Guard, uh, very, very good army, well in, uh, put together and well fought. Um, lost that one, but yeah, I said I had a quite strong army. I had uh, Iron Havocs, I had Tyrant Siege Terminators, I even had the new ruled Phosphex um, guns. I had uh, some quad heavy bolters, so it's a very shooty heavy army. Uh, with Perturabo as well, so you know, um, I thought it was pretty pretty strong, yeah. but um, I kind of put Perturabo in, the, in a stupid place really, and paid the price of the rest of the game because he didn't really do a lot. I think his best contribution to the game was actually his orbit bombardment. Um, so yeah, lesson learned there. Um, so I lost that one. Um, the next one was, and I was yeah. thinking back about there this was one. a reason that Richard Adams won best loyalist. He didn't I'm lose the game, did he? It, it, it was that, and also you know the fact that he may have beaten you. Oh right, that was what it. That's what it takes. Well, it, well, that's, when it comes down to it, I mean, I'm, I'm a simple man with simple, uh, <laughs> simple uh, thoughts on these things, and you know, basically beating me was was worth was worthy of honour. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, it was it was pretty close to be fair. Actually, I say that I'm looking at the scores now. Uh, yeah, well, was nine it? four wasn't bad for that game. Actually, it was that wasn't no. bad, but it was a tough one to. Um, this was the one that the one the mission that we're going to change i think because i think it was it was very easy for it was easier for one side to win than the other um so we're going to do some yeah, we, balancing on that yeah we, we we kind of picked that up yeah almost straight away didn't we when it's yeah. all how we thought it was going to work out yeah and there were you know there are always loopholes that you don't sort of fully anticipate yeah uh, some, some vector strike nonsense was was one of those particular loopholes yeah but, yeah uh, yeah, yes. we got there in the end. We'll, we'll balance that one back yeah. out again. We know what we're going to do with that one. So my second game, and I was thinking about this as I was walking the dogs the other day, because this was against uh, the most excellent William Henry. Yeah. Who is who? Who I recommend you playing if you get a chance. I'm, I'm just going to ask, have you got a man crush at this point? I, do you know what? I genuinely have. I think every time I've spoken to you, <laughs> I was so impressed with how he beat me. If you see what I mean. Yeah. I, because that, that the list that I took. We normally was, have to pay for that sort of thing, so exactly. <laughs> You're not right, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't a sort of dominatrix-esque beating. It was more of the curse of a gentle lover. Sure. <laughs> but just but you felt you felt bruised afterwards. <laughs> We're straying into territory that is usually yes, reserved know. for other kinds of podcasts. I, I do apologise. Um, but anyway, I was thinking about, I was thinking about something because obviously, you know, when you play against somebody who's very good at a game, it's good to learn from them. I was thinking to myself, at any point did I ever think I was going to win that game? And I just thought, you know what, I never did. From the moment the first dice, I, even though uh, before a shot was even head, fired, 
you know, he got it. Maybe he did. He's very good at it. But the one thing I will say is that um, it, it never feels it's a it's a really good game to play against with him. His army's strong, no doubt about it. Uh, but he plays it very well, and he plays in a very sporting manner. If that makes any sense. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I got absolutely trounced. But um, but it was a good, it was a brilliant, fun game, and like I said, it was um, it was a good learning experience. But I never really felt that I was ever going to win that game because you know it was just it, it, I was always on the back foot, if that makes sense. So yeah. something to learn from my point of view probably is that I need to be a little bit more um, have a plan and stick to it rather than trying to react to the other person. But I think with the often the Iron Warrior armies that you take, you're generally more often than not your backline shooting. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very that doesn't allow itself to be aggressive. Yeah, no. You're right. You have to. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to. You're there to shoot the enemy before they get to you. You're not putting that um, that pressure on them. No, you're you're not wrong there. So it's not like like with your army or whatever. Where you're up in you want to be up in somebody's grill early yeah. doors, forcing them to make a decision. Uh, I was having to react to those decisions. And I think I probably relied on volume of fire or, you know, lots of strong shooting units to get me through. But when you get to a unit that can withstand those, that kind of barrage of fire, mm. then it, it, it kind of starts to unravel a bit. And when, yes. particularly where you've got, you know, um, those Terminators, the, uh, uh, what, the fire drakes, is it? Yeah. the um, Two wounds, yeah. three plus in one save. You know, those guys, I mean, I threw literally, I mean, I think I threw something like 30 tactical marines, Perturabo, eight. I think um, I, I think somewhere I did take a photo of it. Yeah, eight. I'll give it to Michael to put up at the yeah, I think, show comes out, but it's... I, I think so. Yeah, it was eight Tyrant Siege Tyrant 8. It's possibly less by that point in time. Perturabo and five um, plasma-wielding dudes. Uh, all tried to stop them and they just went through us like we weren't there. So, you know, just one of those things. I would have thought that sheer volume would have done it, but I think, um, yeah, quite, you know, a, a lot of attacks and some good, good, not long. I don't think it felt like he was being particularly lucky either. It just felt like that was the inevitable result of trying to attack these guys. Yeah. So, but anyway, that was a really, I, it was a good game and it will always, you know, stand out for me as a rather <clears throat> a really good game that's worth uh, learning from and my final game was against uh, my old chum John uh, who had actually up until that point had won two games in a row uh, which was <laughs> he was he was beaming he was grinning from ear to ear rampaging was, at that point he was he was un- unstoppable and then he, he unfortunately in the same way that um, like probably William Henry got inside my head I got inside John's head and uh, it started to all unravel for him poor poor chap so I actually managed to win the last game, um, but it was, as always, a lot of fun. So um, I'm trying to think how that one went, but I think it, the the sheer volume of shooting that I had and um, he, he couldn't make enough saves, basically. So yeah, it was all very good. Very good indeed. Nice. So, yeah, well, some, some things to learn, I think, is that don't necessarily, just because you can deep strike Perturabo with um, Tyrant Siege Terminators, it's not always the best idea. So. Yeah, no, it's to gamble especially with yeah. yeah and i think in the game against john he actually mis um misadventured but oh, not, uh, but not completely dead he just got put into a corner yeah uh, which was a pain but yeah sometimes that can work out for you though that's that's always been my experience of of when that happens especially you know 
because yeah. um, people often put you in something i thought about actually is that people often put you in your defense line yes in, in your corner basically they do yeah but i think that actually what they sh- what i if i was on the other side of the table making that decision i would put them on my side of the table right so you can get to because a you can get to them and b if you're an aggressive player if your army is aggressive you're moving away from them naturally anyway that's a very good point whereas if you put them in your opponent's defensive half yes you're moving towards them you're shortening the you know you're yeah making them effective yeah, and that's exactly what happened to John. So he put yeah. me right in my corner of my deployment zone. And, of course, the Tyrant Sea Summoner has got 48-inch range weapons. Yeah. And you're right. He had an aggressive army that was moving up forward, and it was just a question of moving my guys into a firing position and then unleashing hell. Whereas yeah. if he'd gone the other way, you're, you're not wrong. It probably would have been easier for him to move out the range of them and then sweep me up as his plan was. Just ignore it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I've, I've I thought about, mm. especially... Because it happened to me at Blood and Glory a couple of times where units got put in the corners on my side of the table yes. and actually turn five, turn four, those units became really useful. Yes. Um, yes. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a good point, that one. I hadn't thought of it like that, but it's a really good, good tactic. If it happens to me, that's I mean, I'll give it a try and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It might backfire horribly, but... No, no, I, I get, get what you're saying. The, from how games tend to go, you don't tend to stay, unless it's you, for instance... It's very rare for an army to stay <laughs> in its own defensive deployment zone. Got you. Yeah, that good point. So anyway, those were the three games of Hershey had. They were all very good, thoroughly enjoyable, and um, I think you know they were indicative of the whole of the event, really. Yeah. So yeah, Michael. that was that was this one, Michael. Uh, yeah, I've only had the one game this month. It was against James Hopper, and it was Adeptus Titanicus. Um, I um, played. I, I had intended to try the new um, mana pull out of um, White Dwarf, um, but I couldn't find my copy of White Dwarf with the rules in it. Um, so I ended up playing um, just an Axiom against his Myrmidon. And he had um, three Reavers and two Warlords against my single Warlord, two Reavers, two Warhounds, and some Serastus Knights. And um, yeah, it didn't go very well for me at all. I, I got, I got, I got hammered. Absolutely hammered. Um, the only engine kill I got myself, I got, I got completely tabled. The only, mm. um, the only success I had was when um, he uh, killed one of my warhounds with a reaver he had armed with a chain fist and a um, power fist, and it fell on top of his, uh, on top of it. Um, and killed it. <laughs> That's quite cool that can happen, Mike. But yeah, so it's, yeah. So and the so, engine kill was just by the fact that I fell on something. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. If I'm going down, I'm taking it with me. Yeah. Yep. I, I fell down and took it. Took it with me. So it was. It was a. I got tabled quite quite badly, but you know, it happens. I think it's quite easy to do in in Titanicus from sort of listening about listening to my friends play it sort of quite regularly now. Is that there is a lot of a lot of titans are going pop. Yeah. Um, cool. So I don't, I don't think you need to be too too worried about. It. I think it's just one of those one of those things that happen in that particular yeah game. Yeah, That's but it's point. it's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. But that was that was my only game. Well, any, any plans for next month? 
uh not the minute i need to schedule a game in so <laughs> and that's it so um okay so what about hobby commitments for next month uh, uh, painted and uh, assembled and painted phalanx and ursarax when get the creos assembled where's um the ferris skulls 25th of may all right so two months really so we've got, yeah we've got two months to do it i want okay. i don't want to do any of my usual last minute shenanigans of <laughs> you know painting on the train no i've never done that i have right. been up until like three in the morning the day before painting i've never painted at an event or on route to an event got you so but yeah i'd like hopefully painted thalanx and ursarax and then if i get the creos built can't be as can't be as bad as those guys we saw at um who are literally spray painting their figures in the queue to get into the event which i've never seen before ever i'm not quite sure what the story there was i'm sure there was a story but um yeah very bizarre 40k players probably probably so um what am i gonna do so i'm gonna try and get this stuff in i really want to get this i really want to play this militia slash solar army right I'm desperate to play it because I really like the idea behind it and I've been putting quite a lot of time and effort into the figures. Mm. So I really want to get it out there on the table. Um, but, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of paying with just under undercoated models. So mm. I want to try and get the whole thing done. So there's a long gaming day this Sunday at Durham. So um, yeah. I'm going to have a game there and, I'm just, and I've got tomorrow off, uh, fortunately. So I'm thinking, what can I get enough models painted tomorrow um, to actually be battlefield ready to, to actually play this army for the first time? So um, I might do that. So I'm hoping to get, I need to get the termite assembled. I need to get the thunderbolt uh, actually detailed and four, not yeah, four, mm. possibly five Lehman Russes. Whew, that's going to be a job. Mm-hmm. So, hours of fun. Right you can there. do it. You can. You can do it. I really say, I really want to. I'm really keen to get this army on the on the um, in a playable state. So, yeah, all good. So that's my plan. Once I'm past that, though, we're into. I have a bit of a dilemma on my hands because we've got the secret Horus thing that I promised to do, yeah. which was my um, salamanders. And after playing William Henry salamanders, I'm even more keen to. To put an army together of those um and then we're also we've got what the uh, our dear listeners uh, suggested which is the um sons of horus uh, 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 lunar balls lunar i refuse to call them sons of horus <laughs> I, can't, I can't bring myself to do it it's just not within me so uh we need to I, i've got i've been kind of looking around for bits and bobs that I've got, and I've got quite a lot of spare bits and pieces, guys. So yeah. um, we might have to pool our resources and find out what sort of armor we can put together. Yeah, right. I've, right. I've used some Terminators for my test models for the colors on the, for the the best, for the, the Mechanicum. I was thinking, actually, I could use these. These could go into the pool for... Oh, yeah. Um, for Sons of Horse. Uh, my ever-trusty paint contemptor. Oh, yes, you oh, oh, Testy. Testy oh, the Contemptor. Testy the Contemptor. He, he must be four layers. He must be like an inch thick of paint by now. Uh, he? He's pretty good because it's always been airbrushed stuff, so it's been pretty thin. Oh, right, okay. detail on there, but yeah. We'll, yeah. Maybe maybe he'll just be reserved for for, for okay. the fate that he's currently. But yeah, we need to really sort of 
have a think about what we can use for that. Sure thing. Okay. So anyway, that's the plan. So I think um, once I earmark enough for the salamanders um, and then see what I've got left over, and there will be plenty, we can then start to look at what that army is going to look like. So then, of course, Michael's been badgering me to do some Titans, which I have put together one, but I haven't finished painting it yet. And um, as I haven't played the game yet, and I want to make get an arm, get an army together, it get some sort of mana pull together. But I've got no clue what I'm doing. So, uh, looking behind me, I have got a Reaver and two Warhounds to put together, as well as the um, Warlord. So, which I think is a sort of a mana pulley thing, maybe. Don't know, Axiom or something. But anyway, there we go. That's the plan. So lots to do. Put the the person to ask on that front. Yeah. So um, tons to do. That's probably about a year's worth of stuff right there before I think about getting anything else. So no more figures for me. Nothing more. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Done. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Don't, we already asked you, haven't we? Yeah. No. Get on yeah. The Mac stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna finish my warlord. Uh, paint the vigilator and the Prevean. Uh, Pravian, sorry. And uh, see if I can paint a set of these STC ruins. So how many of these things do you think you'll have ready? by the time this episode goes out in five days i'm thinking uh, the wall will be done maybe i don't Vigilator know like... he can he can knock those up in his sleep this is true his, his squidward little tentacles can be off you know painting uh, uh, catches some sleep yeah well i mean at the minute on the painting table is the warlord and some death guard um but 40k death guard right because I I read the buried dagger and I was like yeah I'm 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 doing I'm doing me death guard for forty k. Okay, what's the um vigilator? What what legion are you doing the vigilator and the preview? Uh the the vigilator is going to be ultramarines because I've got a bunch of recon marines for them so cool. um he'll fit with them and I'm gonna do the uh, Pravian um for the death guard. Right. Okay. Very nice. So, Very but nice. I I love the Pravian model. It's really really nice model. Um, uh, and I think I'll have to get another one for the ultramarines. I think I prefer the, I think the Vigilator model is very cool. It's like a that. really, really nice model. It, if you weren't opposed to robots, Graham, it would really suit your um, it really suit your Iron Warriors. <laughs> Jog on. <laughs> I'm not even going to take Iron Circle because of my reluctance around those things. I mean, will I never have robots in my army, ever? Yeah, you say that. No, I think I'm. I'm thinking I'm going to stick to my. A man needs take, a principle. You could take to the Iron Circle to um, Throne of Skulls. No, I'm taking tanks to Throne of Skulls. All oh, the tanks. Nice, nice up nicely. <laughs> Armored breakthrough. That's what I'm doing. Um, the Vigilator I do really like as a model, though, and, and Recon Marines I think look very cool as well. So maybe at some point in the future that might be what I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think the 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 there's the, the well, I've got a bunch of Castlex, and um, it's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to have some to do something with that. And my um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you could do what Christmas can do, which is the um, you've got Mechanicum, you've got Custodies. That's a that's a marriage made in hell, right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that would work. Well, we'll see. Okay, seems to have uh, just lost Chris temporarily. So um, shall we um move on to State O the Union? Yeah, we'll move on to that one. (laughs) 
So as we, so we get into the State of the Union, and first on the list that we have in front of us is, as we've already said, the Warhammer Fest tickets that went on sale. There is, as we've previously said, there was, in fact, a golden ticket, um, but there are tickets still available, and our dear friend Michael will be there sporting his Edge of Empire t-shirt for uh, yes. hugs, uh, handshakes. <laughs> free hugs. Free, free uh, you know, purchase refreshments, uh, yep. always greatly appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just buy me a Coke and I'm, I'll give you a hug. Exactly. There we go. Hugs yeah, for you Coke. Heard it here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hugs for a better nose. Hugs for a better nose candy. I mean, uh, drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> Crikey. Um, actually, with the golden ticket, just to very quickly divert off that particular subject, uh, do you get to see the Oompa Loompas that work in the factory or the manatees even? One assumes well, the decision-making manatees, mm, the uh, riser pattern uh, scenery naming manatees. Um, that would be cool. I'd pay seventy-five pounds for that if I'm honest. To see some manatees, if I could swim with them, <laughs> then I'd pay that money. Somebody told me they're as clever as dolphins. Yeah, I told you that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, see, it was on, obviously I do because I, I can't remember. It, 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 was, on, it was on the show. Yeah, I told you yeah. in, in last month's episode. Um, I do have a humorous manatee com- uh, <laughs> anecdote, but I probably won't share it on here. Okay. But it's to do with a, a, an accidental slip of the tongue when referring to somebody uh, when they ask you what they look like when they're in the water. Oh, crikey. Yeah. yeah that That's not good. No. You can't call anybody okay. a manatee when they're in the water. Yeah, I meant to say something completely different. Yeah, manatee is what came out. And it's no <laughs> wonder we're not together anymore. okay so uh yeah so uh and the golden demon's happening there and they also released the guidelines for the golden demon so um they've introduced a small scale category um which covers adeptus titanicus battlefleet gothic etc and all of the specialist 28 millimeter games are now in their main categories so all the heresy stuff is now in with the rest of the 40k stuff um so yeah, there's going to be a right, lot, lot, lot more competition for heresy. Right, I'm with you. Oh, I see what you mean. So rather than having a heresy figure kind of competition, it's just 28 mil figure competition. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was mostly things like um, Necromunda. They used to have a Necromunda category, right. but now the Necromunda category is part of 40k. So uh, a lot of heresy. I think I believe most of heresy uh, would have gone in with um, 40k normally, but obviously now you've got more. Uh, Necromunda stuff in there. Oh, wrong. Right. Yeah. Uh, Worse mm. for Age of Sigma painters, I guess, because obviously they've got Underworlds and um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Shadow Spire thing, whatever it is. Uh, Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shades. Um, Shades. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Just out of interest, just for those of you, I actually started playing Battlefleet Gothic on my laptop. You, can you can't take a video game to a pet garden. I know, but I'm just saying, I would really love it if they released that game, if anybody's listening. Yeah, I have models for it. If you ever, you know, we can awesome. get a PDF set of rules next time we're together. Yeah. And we can give it a, a spin out. I think I've got some, I've got some Imperium Shh. ships kicking around somewhere. Anyway, very swiftly on. We'll just use the Armada, the Star Trek Armada, the Star yeah, Wars Armada rules for it. Yeah, you could do. So, um, Next up, I suppose, was the uh, week commencing the 18th of February was Black Library Celebration Week, wasn't it? Yep. So this is leading up to the celebration down the 23rd, and we've got three heresy releases, short storage collection, uh, Bringer of Sorrow on Monday, Lan- Lantern's Light on the Wednesday, 
and the ghost of new Syria on Friday. Uh, the Monday also saw an article on Warhammer community talking about the heresy and some of the highlights of the series. Did you, I haven't looked at that article on Warhammer community. Any good? It's all right. Okay. Um, cool. It's about, uh, you know, it's really about selling books uh, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but um, it does cover some, some of the, some of the hi- real highlights, you know, obviously the opening two books and uh, no, no fear. And then a few of the, uh, the Legion specific ones. And um, yeah, it's not actually a bad, bad article. It covers some of the high notes there. Okay, cool. Very good. I suppose now with that coming to a close, um, it is a, you know, it's an achievement, isn't it? Think about it. And when yeah. did that, when did, when was it, when was it first released then? Actually, we, we had a special edition, didn't we, of the book? I think it says on there. When did the Horus Heresy books actually start? Uh, Horus Rising was, was 2000 and, five no must have been must have been um let me see if i can google it quickly yeah, that's uh, yeah i'm gonna google it now uh april 2006 right. oh, no, just squid squid hands nearly so it's 13 years i've been going with these so it's a big I mean, just think, in, in the time that they've taken that how many books george rr R. martin's turned out in that time <laughs> Two, one. Yeah, and in that time we've had a whole book series of forty odd. Yeah, well, you had multiple authors, but yeah, you're right. Don't be not like me. Yeah, I totally so, do. Uh, it's quite, quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of a long time, a lot of books. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's uh, cool. So yeah, so that was it. So and um, and then yeah, yeah. So then we go on to so we had the Tale of the Four Warlords returned to Warhammer TV. Um, and we they've boosted their armies up to 2,000 points, um, and this was Luke and John. So John went with a Xiphon Patter Interceptor and Leviathan Pattern Siege Dreadnought with two Siege Claws and a Volklet Culverins for his Night Lords, um, although he didn't get to use the new Night Lords Leviathan because it was too late for him to use. And Luke has added a Solo Auxilia to his Custodies, um, and he has a tank commander and a Vanquisher cannon and a Vertaris yep. storm section with the Volkert chargers and the two Carnadons. I started watching this. I started watching the game. Um, oh, yeah. After I once again remembered that I have a Twitch subscription to this. Right. Um, it, looked, it looked a pretty good game. Cool. It is quite, I do. Uh, I know that we, you know, we put our own battles up from coming in. It is quite weird watching games of 40k played if that make, of, of heresy played i don't know do why mean, okay yeah i mean i'm, 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 I'm i find you. it a weird a weird thing I to do. do yeah absolutely it's cool though. It's, it's good fun it was it's good seeing you know if i can watch custodians kill people that's that, you know that's you're always going to be happy i'm all uh, exactly yeah exactly I, I haven't actually watched this game yet i'm gonna try and do that this weekend so okay. the, the bits where i I know there was some bits of terrain, so you couldn't necessarily see. Because I was looking at it at one point, um, and I sort of skipped a few minutes ahead, and it went from being a lot of night lords to no night lords. And I thought, well, there weren't that many custodies to kill that many night lords, but they were hidden in terrain. Right. Ah, because it was top down, you couldn't see where these marines were. Right. So it got to a point where they were, they sort of joined into combat at this building but if you had you know walked out the room or you know don't mind skip a bit 
it, right. it was a little bit confusing at that point. I'm with you. So what, that we should probably think about. This is why, why you, we need to do our um, dodgeball commentary with one of those screens that you can draw on to say, say to show people where stuff is, who's streaming it. See, that, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Who'll get that? Do for the football. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'll be, it'll be the Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville of, of Heresy, <laughs> uh, uh, Heresy Online. Oh, well, that yeah. would be fantastic. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that was it. Was quite good. I'm I'm going to try and make I think more of an effort to watch more of this now. Now that I remember that I have a Twitch account, and remember because I've I've I keep seeing it appearing on the Facebook page. Yes. And going, oh yeah, I watch. And I always forget that I've got. So I've I've moved Twitch to the front page on my iPad now, right, so that it's there for me to see it. Because the previous it has been out the back, hidden away with a bit of other. Yeah. <laughs> of course, remember if you've got Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime uh, Twitch is. channel prescription a month. That's uh, what I use mine for. Yep, yes, exactly I need what to I use sort that for. out. I need to sort that out. I will get that done. That's a pledge for us. We'll try and all of us will try and get that. I know Michael has his working anyway, but I'll try and get mine sorted, and then we can compare notes on these things that get streamed. Yep. Um, then we had the uh, Black Library celebration that actually happened. Um, so we got the Berry Dagger. We got that released. Um, limited edition version of Angron, Slave of New Syria. Um, the Horus Heresy sketchbook. New editions of Horus Rising of False Gods. And some cool coasters. And with every physical purchase from Games Workshop, Warhammer and Black Library, both online and in stores, um, you got um, a free you know, celebration book, which contains six short stories, uh, two of which were heresy stories. One was the excellent uh, The Board is Set by Gaff Thorpe. Uh, I love that story. It's really, really good. Um, and a Mortarian story, uh, Grandfather's Gift, which it was always sort of said, this is part of the Primarch series, but it was never sort of, said it you know it was but in this new this celebration book it does say horus heresy the primarch so um it's heresy now i guess <laughs> mm. um it's sort of him waking up just after he's ascended and become a demon prince which does happen in the heresy so you know um yeah 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 so uh that was that so yeah nice 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 very good um what else was there? Oh, uh, right. This is seventh uh, of March. Is this the one? Yep. Uh, we've got a day of heresy on Warhammer TV. Uh, the first show was an interview with John French about the Solar War. And he started telling us that the book covers the six-week period of the Void battles from when the traitor ships first appeared in the terrain Terran system to the moment the first shells hit the surface of Terra. Lots of cool insights into the book. Uh, highly recommend that you guys subscribe to Warhammer TV and go back and watch it. So this is really interesting, actually. I wish I'd known this was about. I had to. One of the things we wrote, one of the narratives that we wrote for Company of Legends was a space battle. And we wanted to capture this war from all angles, effectively. And so I was like, I have no idea how to write about a space battle. Absolutely none. And I was thinking, is there any sort of reference stuff I could use? So um, you know, I thought, well, maybe it's like a naval battle or something might be a good reference. So I kind of read some stuff around that. But uh, in the end, I actually downloaded a copy of um, 
which I had for Battlefield Gothic and started playing that to give me some idea of how these ships move. So should have just watched this, shouldn't I? Would have saved me a lot of time and bother because it's, uh, <laughs> I had no clue, absolutely none, if I'm honest with it you. It would have meant travelling backwards, forward, forwards in time. Oh, you're right. Do it there, oh, this 7th was... of March, I thought it was February. Oh, well, there you no, go. No, this was only oh, a so few days okay. away. Okay, so. but, yeah, just, uh, yeah, obviously... You know, we're not authors, but it was just one of those things that when I looked at that, it's like, oh, actually, that would have been useful to know a bit two weeks previous. But yeah, yeah. that's going to be interesting. I'll be very keen to read that actually and find out what that's like. So yeah, all good. Nice. Um, that was followed up by the second tale of the four warlord shows, this time with Anuj and Bax. So Bax has added Blood Angels Praetor in Tartarus Armour and Tartarus Armour's Command Squad. All armed with different weapons, so more Blood Angels fun. Mm. Um, Anuj has joined the Dark Fire Cannon uh, Blade. Very, um, you know, they're the UGG boots of heresy now. I'm just <laughs> the boots. Well, he had one Dark Fire uh, Cannon Castlex, and he's added two more. Well, why wouldn't he? Well, three. Yeah, that's that's what I'll have one day. One day. <laughs> All right. Oh, and um, else. He added Christurus Knights, uh, the Armagers, uh, mm. with the Ormata Cannon and the Close Combat Weapon. Yep. Because we're now is... seeing those. Uh, we had some at Heritage at Color Legends, didn't we, I believe? We did, we, we did. did, we did. We did. I've never, but... never fought against them or seen them yeah. in action. Uh, so we'll see close. a fair few more of them now that it's sort of blending in slightly. A few, few at Throne of Skulls. Yeah, I should think so. They're a pretty nifty little unit, actually. Mm. Um. And there were some conversations uh, about why changes were made to the Moritat and uh, the recent FAQ. And you talked about his hope that the Castellax bronze might come back, the the paint. paint. So, yeah. yeah, so that'd be, uh, hopefully that was a nice hint as to what uh, might see one return. And that was again followed up by a live stream game. But this one I did not watch. Was this, no. um, sorry, was Castellax bronze a forge world paint? It was one of the airbrush paints, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, right, cool. And it's the basis for uh, Anuja's Mechanicum scheme. And I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm hoping that they, they bring that back as well, because it's actually I, a really nice colour. I might have one or maybe two unopened vials of such of this oh, paint. Get nice. them on eBay. Scalper. I think. <laughs> you I think buy I a Castellax for them. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some crazy prices going for them. There are, aren't they? I mean, I can see why people get upset, because it does feel like... Um, you know, some people, it must be intently frustrating if you'd got two thirds of the way through your army and then the paint stops and then you have to go into eBay to buy some paint and then people are charging, you know, quite high prices for them, aren't they? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Did you watch the live stream game, Michael, or, or have you not? I haven't that? yet. I haven't watched the first okay. one yet. Um, I've just been busy because I've been catching up on, I've got lots of audio books to catch up on, sure. lots of podcasts to catch up on, so I'm a little bit behind with stuff, so. Do we know what is what the? Um, I'll go back and watch it. Actually, think about it because I'd quite like to um, see that discussion about why the Moritat was changed because it's much better now, and we saw it in action uh, in our weekender, and I think it's a much better unit now. Oh, definitely, definitely. definitely. Oh yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, some cool stuff happening at Warhammer Worlds in the Hall of Miniatures. Um, first off, the Blood Angels diorama for Cygnus Prime has now been installed. Um, and there are some cool guest displays coming off. We've got Paul Rogers' uh, Death Guard, which is on display from, well, yesterday um, till the 20th of June. 
and Rob Alderman's Ultramarines and Neil Cook's Imperial Army. I don't know what uh, what actual army it is, but Imperial Army uh, coming in June and July. And they've added a new display cabinet uh, to the Heresy area. Uh, so the you, so before you had the sort of legions just displayed ad hoc everywhere. Yeah. Um, now they've got them all displayed in numerical order, and the character series models are displayed alongside their legions. Cool. Yeah, nice. So that's quite nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what's next? Uh, the humble bump. Hum, I can every month we have this, and every month I say it wrong. Humble bundle have done a Horus Heresy bundle, uh, and that ends in a little while after this episode. So, uh, Michael suggests you really go and grab this while you can, as you get loads of stuff, and it also supports some excellent charities. So for one dollar, you get a massive fifty-one. Dollar ninety, sorry, fifty-one pounds, ninety-four pence of stuff. Horus Rising, False Gods, Galaxy in Flames, Robot Gulliman, Lord of Ultramar, and Duty Waits, as well as the audio drama The Sigilite. That's great, isn't it, for a dollar? Yep. yep. Eight dollars, eight dollars, you get one hundred eighteen pounds worth of stuff, one hundred nineteen, roughly speaking. That's the same as the uh, one dollar one, but it also gives you some a wallpaper collection, Volume One, Flight of the Eisenstein, which is an excellent read. Uh, Fulgrim, uh, Legion, Lehman Russ, the, Gra- the Great Wolf, Magnus the Red, Master of Prospero, uh, Magisterium, and the audio drama Templar. Oh, Templar. Is that the Sigismund one where it yes, goes to the different stages? And yeah, that is good, actually. Yeah, it's where, 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 where he goes to the word bearer's moon. Yes. Well, and you get flashbacks of him having conversations with Khan um, when him and Khan are beating each other up in the fight pits and stuff like that for yeah yeah. Okay. yeah that was good and uh, finally if you if you trouser over or pony up as uh, we've put here, <coughs> 15 um, of your american dollars you get a massive 213 pounds worth of stuff which is everything in the um obviously the eight dollar um subscription but you get the wallpaper collection volume two the first heretic which is an excellent read no no fear which i've never read betrayer which i'm reading uh mark of Kalth, Perturabo, the Hammer of Olympia, Lorgar, Bearer of the Word, Fulgrim, the Palantine Phoenix, and the Pearls, sorry, Now Peels Midnight, Dreams of Unity, The Board is Set, and the audio dramas, Thief of Revelations and Hunter's Moon. So are those all good, lads? I think some of them are familiar with. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, was it Peel, Now Peels Midnight? That was good. Yeah. Uh, uh, first heretic uh, yeah, that's a good and betrayer are good um, I don't remember much of Mark of Kalth if I'm honest the others oh, I, are. I enjoyed okay so I mean that sounds like as a humble bu- humble bundle goes some good stuff in there yeah, yeah, yeah it, uh, it, it is great value for money and the money you and you can have it so 100% of the money goes to charity as well crikey so they're basically giving it away for now uh, pretty much because when you buy it, it's still got level set. You give so much to Humble Bundle, you give so much to Charity, you give so much to Black Library. But you can actually oh, okay. change it. So you give nothing to Black Library, sorry guys, and nothing to Humble Bundle, and you give it all to Charity. Right. Well, That's what I did. Um, so I sent mine to the Willow Foundation. So Got it. Very cool. Um, Very and you can choose your own Charity. There's, there's lots of different Charities registered with Humble Bundle. So uh, Water Aid, um, I believe Children in Need are on there. Um, all sorts of charities. So, good work. 
So it's good, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, okay. That's what we like. Um, so yes, the Throne of Skulls doubles tournament was announced in between uh, our last episode and this one, and we have decided that we're going to be going. We are. Uh, so as me, a and, team. me and Graham team. Are, are, are teaming up. It feels um, like a WWE thing, really. You know? <laughs> we'll, guess we'll, we'll, get, we'll have matching outfits and things. And, oh, that would be great. Well, we're yeah. going to have the Edge of Empires t-shirts, yeah. obviously. So Maybe we'll try and get, get a, 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 something else done. Do you reckon uh, that, oh, that somewhere on the trying. internet that there is a place where you can buy bespoke Mexican wrestler Mask. yeah, masks? There must be. Yeah, I'm sure there um, is. Probably. <laughs> Edge of Empire Mexican wrestler masks. Yeah, uh, what are they called? Luchador masks, aren't they? That's right. Yeah. That's, I believe they yeah. are. There we go. That's that's our next merchandising venture. <laughs> Custom Luchador. I'll, I'll Google it once you've. Uh, okay. So we're going to be going as a pair. Um, Michael is teaming up with our good friend David Simpson. Mm, so yep. this is going to be a Death Guard double. Double whammy. Uh, double, double barrel. Uh, looks like Michael. that all yeah. night. Or the ex David's unsure about whether he can take a set his Atropos, um, still as it will be. Um, so yeah, are you think you're guard. taking knights as well, or are you can take your death guard, Michael? I'm just gonna take death guard. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Double knights, Gucci. Yes, that's gonna sting. That's gonna sting in the morning. I mean, to be fair, we we have no room for complaint here because I am gonna take armor breakthrough. Yeah, and I'm taking, um, Mechanicum. So we're gonna be. Yeah. We're not going to be popular, are we? Let's be honest. I, think I, I, I mean, the thing is, we don't know where to gauge this one because we're obviously very much used to playing things like Blood and Glory or um, you know, other events, Heresy Scott, which are fairly narrative. And we've heard mixed things about the Throne of Skulls, which I think is more of a sort of tournament-esque based view, um, you know, where it's people are going to go there with some fairly face-melting list now what people have said to us is well yeah you're going to get that and luck of the draw you might get somebody who's going there to win but you know if you lose your first game the rest of the time you're just going to be you know kicking around having great games with other people which is really all we want to do but yeah um i think that mechanicum with an armor breakthrough will be pretty awesome and um we're going to give it a go and i'm sure we're not going to meet too many friends if i'm honest with you chris but, yeah, i think we'll be i think we'll be fairly unpopular yeah so uh, we expect that Division, but then again, you do have to account for the fact that we'll probably be arguing with each other as much as anything else. So, yeah, <laughs> unity will not be a, a key word, but no. I think um, I think I think it's gonna be good fun. It's a different environment for the four of us. Yeah, um, uh, we, we said we were gonna do it. Games Workshop event, so that'd be good. Yeah, and I think that was the thing we said we would we wanted to go to a Games Workshop event. I think this is a good way of doing it. And if I'm honest with you, it, this will be the first time that you and I have been to an event together and played as a team, which would be very cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good fun. It does. I mean, we haven't decided on our allegiance yet, though, so that's going to be a conversation in itself. Well, we're going to have to. I mean, you know, you can't have. We'll have to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually so, fairly. And at what point did the did the relationship break down, ladies yeah. and gentlemen? Well, it was the point where Chris raised the possibility that Graham would have to play traitor. Uh, uh, Graham would have to play loyalist, or Chris would have to play traitor. And they're both too stuck in their own ways to, to find a middle ground. Well, to be fair, I mean... They never you, talked again. You've never played on the dark side, and I have fl- flirted with the loyalist side by using Keir Vallon. Yeah. So I think that... Uh, I mean, both of our lists are... Uh, well, I'm, both of them appear, I think, to be fairly um, allegiance agnostic, shall we say. Because yeah. you know, 
Yeah, yeah it, it, I don't think either of us could. It wouldn't be a surprise to see either of those lists on either side. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all cool, all good in the hood. We are actually tech, we also are in a bizarre quirk of fate. Sworn brothers in the uh, allies chart. I don't know how that works. Um, so not only are we really brothers, we're sworn brothers. Well, we've, we've certainly sworn each other more than once. <laughs> yes, I was going to say swearing at each other, brothers, possibly. So yeah. Anyway, we're looking forward to this. You can tell we're. I'm, I'm actually. I'm quite stoked about this one, if I'm honest. Yeah, I don't it's going to be. Have you two bought your ticket yet? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Tickets. Tickets there. Hotels booked. Booked it. Paid for it. Done. Is it a hallmark in? No, it's. Uh, I think it's. A, it's a travel lodge or their derivative thereof. Okay. It's, uh, it's, is it the one I recommended? Not... Yes. Uh, that oh, is okay. the travel lodge by the riverside. It's... Yes, that's it. It's not far away, is it? It's yeah, not right. Uncle, Uncle Vladimir's uh, <laughs> Friday night special. No. Uh, come, come here. You may. You may survive. You may not. It's absolutely fine. Do you want some Nova truck on your cereal? This is the WMD. <laughs> storage hotel uh, there's not too bad a pub next door either bonus brucey bonus brucey bonus i was thinking actually for um this is going to be her- heretical talk for um blood and glory i think we should change our our, our our storage i'm thinking we should go to the one that's nearer the venue uh, we, we, it'll be hard to be further away from the venue because yeah, it is a bit of a hike isn't it no, but sorry. I mean, it, I mean, it would be harder to be nearer. There was a, oh yeah, so the, the walk is probably the same. I'm just being massively lazy. But anyway, let's move on to uh, the next. <laughs> you can see why I, I. Um. Yeah. Okay. So the the Warhammer community painting um competition for Adeptus Titanicus uh came to an end, and uh the Mad Majos uh, will throw up a link to his Instagram page. Um, I still need to teach you guys Instagram or get you two guys to do Instagram at some point. Um, I'm looking uh, at it now. It looks yep. oh, it looks um, yeah, uh, and his Legio Graphonicus Reva Battle Titan, Gladio Adenti, which is absolutely stunning. Let's have a little look-see at this bad boy. Yeah, okay. We let him have that one. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you may be, the Mad Magos, that is actually stunning work. Well played, yeah, sir. definitely. Really, really well nice. Really, really nice. Well-deserved winner. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Very cool. Very cool indeed. I suppose they, I suppose Miles has to let someone else win it someday, doesn't he? I know, right? Yeah, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a Miles fanboy, so you know, this is, you know, but this is a great, great figure. Really good. Cool. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, so what's next? So this, uh, was it me next? I think it is me. Yes, it's you. Okay, cool. Uh, Blades of Corn which are coming uh what's this you hear is the show turning into heresy and age of sigma oh right it's turning into heresy and age of sigma no do not worry dear listeners uh this release includes two new demon models that can be hopefully used in heresy with the demons of the ruin storm list we are getting a plastic herald of corn a blood master and a new model for skull taker there is also a piece of terrain if you fancy building a Sigmas Prime or other demon world board, but it is pushing it, you think? Uh, um, that's, that Skulltaker model is awesome. It's much it is, better. Yeah. The, the old one I have yeah. somewhere, it, he, this new one is a million a million times better than that, dude. He was a bit pony, wasn't he, the old model? Yeah. Um, 
But this, yeah, just time and again, Games Workshop bring out like just amazing, amazing models. He's great now. He really some is. of those. I know it's talking craziness, but so some of those 40k chaos models that are now we're getting to see. Yes, just look. Have we? Yeah, yeah. Because we we mentioned the um the guy on the uh the sort of mechanicum looking demon engine. Yeah. Well, you have got the the master yeah. of discord. I think it's called something like that. Yeah. Yes. So I think it's worth a mention here because I think that he would be a. I mean, I was thinking when I first saw that, I was thinking you could really you could do an arch magos, couldn't you, on a a bayant? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he or even a sort of small scoria kind of, um, you know, some adapt of scoria, that sort of thing. Looks really great, Mark, I've got to say. A very cool model. Even so, I couldn't ruin that conversion. <laughs> no. I think that that's, that would be a very simple thing to do. I mean, you may want to change the head of it because it looks almost like a yeah. organic head, but I think you could, you know, a little, little nip and a tuck here and you could definitely get yourself a sort of eight-legged freak machine um, that you could use as a, a, a bayon in the sort of scoria mold. Yeah, so, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Certainly doable. Yeah, so yeah, it is. It is good. I mean, we had a demon army at Company Legend. It was the first time I've seen a full demon army for many a year. Um, so that was good to see. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I, think, I think we had one way back, sort of two, three years oh, ago. We might have done, yeah. Um, we did, yes. I can't, uh, can't think of what his name is. Oh, it's gonna bother me now. Was it Stephen Henry? No. no, it wasn't Stephen Henry. He it was. There was oh, a guy. I know the one. He used to play Raven Guard. Uh, yes. He's from up this way. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Him. Yes, him. <laughs> that guy. You know the one. I, the face. I know. Um, I, I can I can picture his face. Yeah, I just can't picture his name. Okay. No. We have seen one. Basically, what we're saying here. He did run one, but um, this is one we've seen recently. I think it did okay as well. Um, but um, yeah. So be, I'm looking forward to Ruin Storm because I think it's going to add another dimension to uh, the game. So what's next? Uh, Chris? Well, so let, oh, hang on, I've, I've just tapped the wrong button. Okay. Everything's, everything's gone awry. There we go. So uh, we strongly suspect that by the time you listen to the show, Sanguinius will be available for pre-order or order. We're not quite sure. Um, mm. While well, community put his data sheet out, uh, this was it Monday, I think. Yes, yeah, this last Monday. Monday, yeah. And he's yeah. he looks he's looking like he's really super snazzy. He's not uh, overpowered though, is he? I don't think. I don't know that spear of Telos with everything else that he's got going on. Yeah, I mean he's not Russ though, is he? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't I feel think, quite. I think he'll give Russ a run for his money. Okay, we'll have to we'll, we'll do a little comparison when he gets his rules out, and we'll yeah. see how we yeah, see what he fits properly. Things, but I think he's I think he's going fairly tasty. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, he's not he's no slouch, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if he's crazy powerful, if you see what I mean. Well, he can use his wings in both movement and assault. Yeah. So he's nippy across the board. He yeah. can throw that spear. He can once. use that spear in combat. Yeah. He's then got a fairly useful sword off once he's got through that. Yeah. Plus, yeah. plus the fact he's a Primarch. Yeah. I, I will reserve judgment until I see... The, the proper rules. I mean, you know, we know what the rules are. Go- well, you know, we know roughly what the rules are going to be uh, for yeah. him based on the weekender. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, well, uh, not, don't say for him for the Blood Angels, but I think it's worth waiting for the rest of the Blood Angels because you can't take a Primarch in isolation. It's about what they do with the rest of their Legion. Yeah, fair enough. Fair point. 
Shall we just quickly see if I can find the post that they put uh, there we uh, go. Yeah, there should be a. Oh, did I not? I yeah. didn't put a link on it. Nope. It's all right. So he is weapon skill nine, blizzard skill nine, strength six, toughness six, six wounds, initiative seven, six attacks, two plus save. Yeah. Um. So where are we? Yeah, the wings. Uh. He can use his wings in movement and assault phases, meaning he can always deliver a Hammer of Wrath attack at strength 10 AP2. Yep. Uh, so he's got the Spear of Telesto, which makes him plus, which gives him plus three strength and instant death when he charges. Yep, that is useful. So it's a strength nine. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got the Moon Silver Blade once he uses that, which is his usual strength six. Uh, AP3, melee, mastercrafted, blind, duelist edge, and it's moon silver. So any wound caused against the model of the demon, demon of the ruined storm, or psychic special rule, special, uh, psychic special rules is instead counted as two wounds. Wounds caused in excess of the model's remaining wounds do not spill over onto other models. Yes. Yeah. I, and he can fling that blade, can't he? Yeah. Once per game, he can chuck it's, it. It's the spear he can throw. He can't throw the oh, moon silver. Like yeah, yeah, he can. He can fling the spear. Yeah, yeah the spear. The silver there. things are only AP3, though, isn't it, if I remember right? It is, yeah. Yeah, I think, actually, this is another thing, you know, my kind of morning walk of the dogs. I was thinking, what is the point of high ballistic skill? Because you're always on twos to hit. But there's that thing that everybody forgets, of course, that once your ballistic skill goes up to past six, you get a re-roll if you've rolled a one. Um, and depending on the... So, for example, he's ballistic skill nine, isn't he? He is indeed, yeah. So if he rolls a one to hit with his pistols or whatever he's got, he then can re-roll, but then he'll be hitting on a three rather than a two. So, so yeah, so just just a gentle reminder for us folks who completely forget about that rule. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because, yeah, if you've got more than... I think if you've got ballistic skill six, you can re, if you roll a one, you, you get a re-roll, but you only, the next shot only hits on a six, and it yeah. goes down accordingly. So if you've got ballistic skill ten... You're hitting on twos, re-rolling ones, basically. Perfect. Mm. Yep. Um, um, just so quickly, also Sanguinius, he any friendly units within D within three inches of Sanguinius gain plus D three wounds when it comes to uh, wound calculation to see as one close combat. It's interesting the wording there, isn't it? Any friendly unit. So it's yeah. not Legion of Starties, you know, brackets Blood Angels. It's any no, friendly unit. Any friendly cool. unit. Yeah. Uh, he also powers up his sons as he expects of the style of the Blood Angels, allowing the jump infantry, favoured by his legions, to use their jump packs in both the movement and assault phases. The same ability also gives him plus one strength and initiative on the charge. Actually, strength 10 on the strength charge. Strength 10 on the charge? Wowzers. Oof, he's going to. Yeah, that's going to hurt. Strength 10, initiative 8 on the charge, basically. Yep. Right. With that, with that spear, of, with the spear of Telesco. Yeah. I can't remember what the rules for the other weapon were. We did see them at one point. Yeah. Um, um, the Blading Carmine. That's the it's one. It's on there. It's up the top. Is it? Just... Yeah. So it's on the first page. Oh, yeah. His, yeah. Sorry, I do apologise. Uh, the Blading Carmine is plus one strength, AP2, melee, rampage, shred. Yeah. Wow. So not bad at all. Uh, but yeah, that. I mean, the Spear of Telesto, A, the model looks super cool with that spear. Yeah, definitely. Much better, I think, with the spear than the the blade. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's strength strength ten. Whew. So that's seven. Mm-hmm. So plus, so he gets a strength ten AP two hammer of wrath attack. Yeah. 
And then he gets seven attacks on the charge at strength 10. Isn't I, I'm going to... Do you get AP on Hammer of Wrath? It says it here. Oh, yep, right. AP too, yeah. Um, he's a monstrous creature, isn't he? Uh, no, he's not a monstrous creature. Oh, okay. Well, unless so, it says he's a monstrous creature. No, no, no. no Primarchs are monstrous creatures. No, so. just a Primarch. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, Hammer of Wrath, Strength 10, AP 2. So, yeah, so... Is that eight attacks, strength ten, AP two. Well, yeah. actually, I think the spear is worse than I think. So, did I see the spear was crazy uh, AP one or something? Yeah, have I dreamt that now? Fever dream of fever dream of of the chance when we could have had Sanguinius <laughs> in an army before people <laughs> yeah, made other choices. It's yeah, AP AP one on the charge. Okay. Melee two handed, instant death, master crafted. Yep. Wrath of Angels. So re-rolling that anyway. Wowzers. Yep. That's big time. So yeah, maybe I'm being complete nonsense there. He is an absolute monster. He's an absolute, absolute monster. But then again, he always was, wasn't he? I mean, yes, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the narrative. And yeah. This guy went, you know, toe-to-toe with Horus. Okay, he lost, but it just <laughs> makes, you, makes you wonder what the Horus demon version was going to look like. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so uh, moving on um, from Gamma, that's the... Uh, um, that, that's the big game show in Vegas. Um, there have been some cool uh, Games Workshop reveals, and only thing relevant for Heresy is the Traitor Command box for Blackstone Fortress, which gives you a Traitor Guard Commander and a Chaos Ogryn. Oh. Uh, pro- probably a pricey way to get a Commander from your Warp Cults, but they're really nice models, and if you're mm. already a fan of Blackstone Fortress, it's a win-win, really. I, I, played, this on, I played this on Monday, Yeah, good. and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's very different to... Um, like table, not tabletop scrollers necessarily, because um, you don't necessarily always have a map out in front of you. So All right. you you draw a, um, event cards kind of thing as you go through. Every player draws one. So it might be that something happens that doesn't require a map, and then you might draw a combat, and then you have to build the map, and then you play that that out as it goes. Right. Um, but yeah, it was really good. We only played it. For, there's three of us. We played it for about a couple of hours. Yeah. We were pretty slow because it's the first time me and George have played it, but it was great fun. I, I must admit, I'm very keen to play it. Like, I, I think it's um, it looks a lot of fun. So yeah, hopefully, somebody definitely. down the club will have it at some point and yeah, get jumping on the game and that. Um, okay. So, uh, and then there's the last item, Graham. Bugger. <laughs> I thought it was somebody else's go. I'm eating cake. So relevant videos from Warhammer <laughs> TV. Exactly, there we go. Are there any dice involved? Uh, relevant videos from Warhammer TV we've got this month were the Battle Ready Space Wolves in a more 40k scheme. But I know some Wolves players do prefer that colour scheme. We've got the Battle Ready Demonettes if you're doing Empress Children and you want demons up and coming. Uh, leopard Print for Noise Marines. Trader Guards Uniforms, who's Cults and Militia. Plus a tutorial on making green stuff cloaks, which I could have done with about eight years ago. Yep, yep, really good tutorial actually. Um, although, um, yeah. So uh, the reason I put in the um, leopard print uh, for the noise noise marine is because um, in the story, the soul severed. Um, yeah, the Prince emperor's cho- Sorry. Prince is in it. Uh, no. Um, but the um, it does sound like a prince. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, basically the Emperor's children completely devolve into what they are in 40k. So uh, that story. So yeah. 
So oh, nice. you could definitely get away with doing some of that. Doing some of that. Anyway, cool. um, yeah. So shall we move on to engine kill section? Engine kill. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, no, not really much reporting this month, but it's just news. Um, so we got um, uh, an uh, Andy Hall wrote an article for Warhammer Community, which looked at the alliances, uh, a traditional between various Titan Legios and the Space Marine Legions. And basically it, it summed up as in um, any Titan Legio would have worked with any Legion. And if you can figure the fluff, it works. But there are, you know, some obviously links because obviously you've got uh, Graphonicus and Mortis were so large they would have pretty much worked with everybody, uh, for example. Um, and then he was using, yeah. you can go back to the old fluff and you've got his old, you know, his tiger eyes and Empress children um, uh, being considered linked because of that photo by uh, Tony Cottrell in White Dwarf from years ago. So that was quite good. Um, then we had uh, creating a Titanic campaign um, that was uh, published on the 5th of March. Owen Barnes um, gave a bit of a brief overview on creating a map base campaign for um, Adeptus Titanicus. Uh, interesting little read um, and sort of works quite well with the stuff already in Titan Death. So that's quite good. Map base campaigns. What madness is that? What madness is Madness. Yeah. Who would do such a thing? Crazy know, right? people. Precisely. And then finally, we got a painting guide for uh, my favorite Legio, um, the Fire Wasps, Legio Ignatum. So the greatest of all Martian Legios. So that's, that's, that's a, the final word on that. There's no other statement. Nobody's going to argue with you here. Sure. We're, we're Absolutely about. not. Bugger off, Mortis. Never mind, Tempestus. <laughs> Ignatum, where is that? Oh, wow. <laughs> he's, oh he's, he's going for it. It's he's, like when he's, he's on the terraces at St. James's Park. I know. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay, so uh, we would normally go into Graham's post bag at this point, but I think what we'll do is we'll go into our little. Um, is is Graham, is your sack empty? My sack is devoid of anything. Yeah, so what, it's completely empty so oh. what we'll do at this point is talk about the company of legends weekend so yeah yes and very awesome it was too uh hi guys uh we are uh, I wouldn't say well rested I, on my part anyway, but we are rested. It's the day after Company of Legends. So um, let's have a little bit of a chat about how we think it went. Um, so uh, overall, what, what, you know, how do you think it went in general, guys? I think it was, it was all right. I think it's hard to tell. I mean, the feedback I've been excellent. Um, you know, people have been posting on Facebook and stuff saying how much they enjoyed it, which is always good. Um it's always very difficult to tell uh, you know, people's immediate reaction. Um, but I think, on the whole, people seem to enjoy themselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. The more rounded out event. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, there were no major major uh, errors on our part for once. A couple of niggly yeah, bits that we did. But, nice um, change. Yeah, it was a nice change, but there was no major catastrophes from the game's opposite point of view. Nothing from your um, sort of logistics either. That all worked really well. I thought so. Um, it was like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, I um, think we, you know, we got it. I think we got it working just just right. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
I think it was um, it's difficult to be objective about an event that you've just run. Uh, but I think in terms of things that probably would kind of go that were the sort of highlights for me, really, I suppose. Well, let's actually let's start with the things that we think we probably we think we'll probably get feedback on that we probably need to look at. So I think the first thing was the first mission without giving it yeah. away for people who are going to be coming. That needs a bit of rebalance um, because I think, I it's, think we had a brief chat about it. Yeah. Friday night we did, yeah. and we thought it'd be OK. And yeah. once it got on the board, we kind of had a few little bits and pieces. Yeah, I think there was a it was one side had a, had a distinct advantage over another. <clears> and um, we we thought that wouldn't be as, as pronounced as it was. But I think I don't think anybody on one of the one of the sides managed to win a game. Fortunately, it was one of those games where the, whoever um, chose a side was based on a dice roll. So it wasn't like it was the, um, you know, the traitors that were disadvantaged or the loyalists were disadvantaged. Everybody was equally disadvantaged. But so the mission itself was a hard one to come back from. So um, I think we just need to rebalance that one a bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, Once it got to a point, it just became too hard for players to turn around. Yeah, it was, the score situation. difference was too... Was too uh, too big to claw back if you'd sort of done a lot of stuff early doors. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I think that's that's something to, to remember. Uh, I think the other thing is probably uh, the last mission is where we just need to tighten that up a little bit um, and do end the, without giving the game away, really, uh, do that particular action that we're going to do uh, at the right time. Um, well, that sounds massively mysterious, but yes. So that's the plan. That's good. We want a bit of mystery. Yeah. We want I mean, people in September to be... Slightly yeah. tepid, timid, and tepid. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long seventy-two it hours. A long actually, it's the first time that Chris and I are recording anything for the podcast when we're actually physically in the same room as each other. Uh, that's um, not true. We've done it before. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, no, just me and Chris, not including you. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so we have recorded obviously stuff that um yeah when we've been away on our it's, travels or uh, it's really done. weird because we've both got headphones on. Uh-huh. I hear you talking. Yes. I have to wait for it oh, and right. then reply. Okay. <clears throat> Very weird. Very weird. What's it make give the illusion that you're, you're <coughs> 200 miles south? So anyway, Chris yeah. is heading back shortly. But anyway, um, all in all, I think it was uh, it was a lot of fun. People seemed to really enjoy it. It was good to see a lot of new faces as well, um, mm-hmm. which is always good. But it was also good to see some um, kind of recurring uh, people. Yes. Yeah, uh, some old regulars. We get a nice mix now. Yeah, definitely. And everybody comes, um, you know, for their first event. The first, a lot of people. I think we had a couple of people. This was actually their very first heresy event. Yeah. Full stop. Um, they really enjoyed it, and so that was good. And um, everybody kind of got into the spirit of the game, which was really good. Yeah. Um, no, no craziness. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, it was all it was all very very positive from our point of view. Um, the venue was excellent. The food and everything was excellent. Um, I think that the schedule of events that we did were good. Um, nobody was hanging yeah. around too long. Um, so, what was your what was your first? I think from a games ops point of view, highlight would have to be the strategy phase that you did, Chris, because I think that was Ooh. that was a massive improvement on the previous year. Yeah, we knew we had to strip it down, start back, and yeah, go again with that because there was a good foundation for something. It just we had to refine it. Yeah. So yeah, it's not it's not for, for guys that have been to us last year it's not a lot different and probably if you're playing it doesn't feel yeah. a lot different but for our point of view organization wise it's a completely new yeah and it works yeah it was much faster the, wasn't it i think the, i need to 
um, when I'm doing the loyalist, I need to make, I need to not rush the, the loyalist, the um, strategy phase. Right. I find, I think I kind of rushed them a bit, so they didn't have time to use the map to. Right to sort of actually plan a strategy. Uh, yeah, I think they did it anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> I think from experience of last year where we were behind schedule early and you're trying to catch up that time. Yes. Yeah, we didn't have that problem. Yeah. We were very conscious, Chris and I, about the amount of time that people are waiting <clears throat> for games. So we tried to minimise that as much as humanly possible to have very little time or as little, like I said, as humanly possible time when people aren't actually doing something or aren't involved in the game in some way. So uh, we try to keep that down as much as possible, but obviously there's going to be there's points in the strategy phase where at least 18 people aren't doing anything, i.e. when they're being either being a defender waiting to be assigned or being an attacker yeah. waiting for the defenders to be assigned. I think I don't know what it's like for you when you've got traitors, but my guys are all in the, around the map, and it's a you cohesive unit. Got it. They're all chipping in on what they're going to do. Sure. So that's probably why you because the, tra- <laughs> the traitors are like, yeah. In fact, it almost mirrors the legions themselves insofar as it's almost like, yeah, whatever. We're going to get in there and just, yeah, that sounds good. Let's go and smash that. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think we probably need a little there's, bit there's more a bit of that on the tactical acumen. But um, I think the other thing that some people uh, pointed out was that maybe we need to either have an NPC guiding it uh, a bit more and to sort of you know chivvy people along. Um, or and also there's where people deliberately take one for the team against one of the more difficult lists. Whether we need to do something around that to to reward people in some way for taking that action. Yeah. So um, we just need to be careful that that doesn't break any kind of game balancing. But uh, I think the NPC approach might work um, so that we can sort of get people chewed along and sort of you know shout at people if they're you know not committing to the cause. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a step of interaction that's probably a little bit too far and ends up in a sort of almost semi-LARP like state yeah I know they're, they're players they're not staff yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah they're here to enjoy themselves so that's the, that's yeah. the main thing it's like we don't want to you know, annoy people by being very um, regimented with the strategy phase that people can engage with it as much or as little as they want fundamentally yeah yeah so yeah but I think that was a, that was very good the map was phenomenal um, and I liked the fact that the map updating the map between the games on Facebook yeah, was good as well. I think it gives us another layer of uh, interaction with people that aren't at the event. Yeah. So we can people are apprised what's going on. We got a lot of Facebook likes and comments on the yeah. updates as we went through. Sure. And also we put that on the screen for players at the event. Yeah. So they can have a better idea. And that's what one of the things that people said last year was that they didn't have an idea of I really what was yes. the situation was. Yes. Whereas this it was very clear. You ha- you know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So that was really good. Um, I think that was that was definitely a big success from our, from our point of view. Um, and we kind of some of the goals that we set ourselves after uh, last September we we achieved. I think. Yeah, yeah I can't think there were too many unticked boxes. No. So yeah, so I think that was good. Um, the missions themselves. Other than the first one, which does need a rebalance, and the last one, which needs a little bit more rigor, uh, yeah. I think the rest of them were okay. I don't think we had any problems with them. They weren't. Um, I mean, we did have some sort of. Some people had particular lists that made that where 
they would struggle by not having you know enough characters for example and things like that um unfortunately it's one of those things where you know we're kind of writing missions for the majority and yeah. you know this the of the odd list i mean i would have had the same problems if i'd taken an armored breakthrough list to this event because a lot of the stuff wasn't necessarily about um you know it was, it was more about sort of you know finding and d- destroying characters for example and stuff yeah like that. doing things as opposed to just just sitting in destruction yeah or shooting up other things so yeah so i think that was um that was okay i mean on the whole i think most people were okay with them um we put a lot of work into them this year so uh, and for the first time we decided not to do any missions from the red book yeah um at all actually none of them came up um but so we wanted to make it the other key thing from my point of view was having the the narrative part of the story linked to the mission <clears throat> so in the little sort of uh blurb that we put at the beginning of the mission telling you about the sort of high level story that was reflected in the mission that you were doing yeah. um so i, I think, think that, that, that was good the, the missions told the story more than just yeah just like know, an abstract battle which is war of lies or whatever yeah. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so previously we would have we'd had the story going on in the background, but the the next mission that you were doing wouldn't have any relation to that story. Whereas now we had some story bits that actually related to the mission themselves. So I think that was good. Yeah, again, from from well, our corner, I felt it was good, but it's difficult to tell. I mean, we'll wait to get the feedback yeah. in. But. We'll get the feedback forms. Yeah. But from from our corner of the room, it looks yeah. We didn't know too many people coming up questions. Things yeah. like that. So the odd question here and there, do. but you know, nothing <coughs> spectacular, nothing we couldn't answer. Um, so it was good. Yeah. What about you from uh, logistics and uh, game organisation and, and getting everything ready and all of that? Um, and I think it mostly went smooth. Um, I think it was a little bit of worry that we wouldn't have enough terrain. Um, I don't know why. I just always worry about that. Okay. Um, it's but, an important thing, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It's the one we got. We have only so much control over, isn't it, as well? <coughs> yeah, we yeah I mean, uh, we're building more and more our own terrain, and Durham Raiders are sort of encouraging us, you know, saying, you know, build build your own terrain because, you know, yours looks great and yeah, uh, and stuff like that. So it's it's a case of, yeah, we'll we'll do our best to get there. Um, it's, it's, it's storage, isn't it? It's the problem with terrain. You know, it's not you, you're building the terrain and painting it, it's okay, but you, then, you, you know, we're going to have to have store... 18 tables worth of terrain so that's yeah. well i may have solved i may have solved that issue okay uh because i was looking at terrain and then megan's parents were why are you looking at uh getting why why are you looking at uh get it getting terrain you can store it in our in our attic indefinitely for nothing oh cool so i'm like oh okay yeah, that's fine uh i think we've agreed we're gonna pay them you know take them out for dinner or pick them 50 quid a year to, to go out yeah. for dinner and um and tidy up tidy it up for them so okay cool because nice. they've got a nice walk-in loft whereas okay. my loft, yeah, my yes, loft yeah, yeah i mean my loft could could store it but the problem is my, i have a um a very tiny hatch which i can't fit a box containing terrain in. <laughs> okay uh, it's always a problem with small hatch uh, I have the same problem, certainly. Also, my, I think I've been into the loft twice since I've moved in. I've been here 10 years. I fear what's up there, frankly. I, I see your s- small hatches. Yes. And I raise you, I live the other end of the country. <laughs> Touche. You can't really bring all that off of the train unless you get a, a container, container uh, to put it all in. 
so yeah, I think that's something we need to uh, think about. I mean, I didn't think the train was bad. Um, you know, you can tell the stuff. You know, some of the stuff is looking a bit doggy, but that's okay. It's a, it's club terrain. It's get used fairly regularly. But it might be worth having a conversation with Darren Raiders and seeing what they want to do with it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think they have a big forty k community. Not there. being big, uh, like overly terrained. So do I. I think it gives a bit more variety. Yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It would be nice to have all of the terrain, all of our tables, it's to the same standard. But um, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to accomplish. It's going to take time and money, and um, you know, what drums helping us out. That's all good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a, a stuff for one more table here at mm-hmm. home. Uh, which is going to be Bastions and uh, Wall of Martyrs stuff. Um, yeah. I've got Graham Campbell is giving me um, one table's worth of terrain. Right. Um, so that's nice. nice that's Scottish Graham. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. So we'll have at least two more tables next time. Well, um, I thought somebody was saying I can't remember who it was, but it's a, some another um, event does this, and what they do is they. Um, they basically give you a slightly discounted ticket if you bring your own box and table of terrain. Oh, that might be an idea. And then what they do is they also give a prize for the best bought um, box of terrain. Mm. You see what I mean? So if somebody's got somebody's spectacular terrain, they can bring that along with a mat, yeah. as long as they're okay with us using it for the weekend, um, and we'll give them a slightly discounted ticket price. Might be worth thinking about, but it's a good idea. I don't know whose it is. It's some, um, it's another mm. podcast slash event organisation thing, which I'll find out because they obviously deserve the credit for that. I think that's a crack. Uh, Northern Heresy, I think. Could have been, could have been. So yeah, good one. But that's a really good idea. So that's something we might want to think about as well, potentially, if we can afford the discount, obviously. <laughs> but that might be cheaper than buying the train. Who knows? <clears throat> anyway, something to think about. Um, other than that, I thought everything else went really smoothly. I mean the. The food was lovely. Uh, I thought the the Saturday night dinner was really nice. The um, mints and I did call them scones and mints and dumplings. That was lovely. So yeah, all good, mate. I think I'm very proud of that. Yeah, yeah the girls put a lot of effort into it. Uh, 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 and, and yet again, when the, when we're doing the final presentation and and the, and the talking to people, uh, they weren't in the room, so they didn't get there. So they didn't see their round of applause. They received a, a, a hearty round of applause. The, the, the most hearty round of applause of the, of the thing, I think. Um, uh, are you going to, you know, get them something for their time and trouble, Mister? Yes, yes, I will. And uh, and Pete Rees brought them some chocolates as well. Oh, did he? He's a star, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's actually, Chris uh, Chris Gibson. Um, I remember him. He gave me some money to get some flowers, and I haven't given it to them yet. So I will <laughs> make sure that we sort that out before September. That okay, that is appalling, isn't it? I just remembered now you mentioned the chocolates. Let's right. cut this bit out. Let's cut it out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> so all of them, uh, I think we didn't have any major things. There were some, obviously, as event organisers, there's always things that you want to improve on. Um, the, perhaps a disconnect between the story now, because we've uh, made the, oh, the really the meat and potatoes of the story somewhat optional. Um, so we have a high-level story that's going along, and people can you know, tag along with that. But there's a lower-level, more detailed story um, as well for every yeah. kind of mission. And there's a lot of stuff in there that's pertinent to the actual event, and would probably, if you if people read it, may engage them further. But obviously, it's it's completely voluntary because we didn't well, want to force it down people's necks. And also, it's the fact that we wanted to reduce our 
paper wastage. Yeah. Because what we find is that we've printed out these things to people, they might read them, put them down, walk mm-hmm. away, and then we're left with a load of paper. And, yeah. Whereas and if we go with the system we're doing, so what we do is they get a QR code on the back of a label and then... Ticket. Uh, Labeled. No, it's on the back of... No, it's on their badge. Oh, it is on their badge. Yes, you're right. It's on yeah. their badge. Their label. Yes, I suppose that is technically a Accurate. label. Exactly. Um, and then that gives them access to the folder that we put all the information into. Yeah. And that's got missions, sort of missions and all the narratives, all the narratives. Yeah. that have come up along their particular Correct. campaign. So um, for those of you who did go to the event, if you go, to, if you use that QR code now in the root folder, in the first folder you come to, there is a document which I think is called something like Echoes of Mortality Final. Yeah. And that has the entire story that you've written uh, from the prologue right through to the epilogue and everything that happened in between with all of the in, um, in-depth in story um, for you to read at your leisure, if you so and wish. If you if you know something's coming in September, mm. try to keep to give it to yourself. Yeah. Do you want it to be a surprise for yeah, people totally. in September? I mean, people in September will get a different set of, um, potentially get a different set of uh, story, obviously, depending on how well they do. Um, but there's some commonality there, and the ending is the same in some respects, um, but not in every respect. But So just uh, just bear that in mind. Once September's out of the way, we'll put everything out for everybody to read and look at and uh, all the missions and everything so that people can have a good look through those and use them at their own events or in their own clubs if they want. Yeah, we've got six months now for yeah. September, so we can look to see what we can if make we, changes to. If we were sensible, we'd start planning for March <clears throat> in about July. August. I think I think August. August, because we left things a little bit late this year, particularly because there was a lot of stuff we still had to write in the last weeks. Um, we managed to, to plough through it and get it all done. But there were still quite a lot of things uh, outstanding. So I think we just need to pace ourselves a bit better and a few less. Yeah. But we've got the spreadsheet now working. That was really good as well. Yeah. Uh, we, we had no, we had no, we're, no issues with that. We're in a tweak situation. Yeah. It's enhancements, really, isn't it? We haven't got any fundamental problems. We don't think, depending on the feedback, we get. people may say this was horrific. Hated every minute of it. I'm never coming back. But uh, I don't think we're going to get too many of that because it felt like a successful event. I yeah. did feel... It felt like it went well, very well. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I was supposed Saturday night was um, people were tired. I was tired. Um, and we had quite a lot of people sort of, there had been a lot of people talking and stuff in their little groups, which was really good. Um, I just wonder whether we could maybe think about doing something Saturday night. I don't, not a game, well, no, but something, something chill. PA Multimedia Empire. We could do a karaoke night, couldn't we? We could do karaoke. We could uh, get a, a band and call them. Chris Locks. Chris Locks. No, Chris Gibson's all up Chris Gibson's all up powerful. It's a live performance. So that PA would handle yeah. that. Certainly uh, <laughs> would. Uh, how how was the wife with the PA system then, Graham? She doesn't know about it yet, mate. Oh, she hasn't she, seen up, it yet. I've up, up hidden it in the in the outhouse, uh, which is a, a brick-built outhouse. That's so fine, but it's it, yeah, she's she's not aware of its existence, and and long may that continue. So uh, is it is Corax hanging out with it? Corax is guarding it, yes. So, uh, yes. Or, or Mr. Peckerton. Peckerson. Peckerson. Yes. I love how you ch- I checked him out on the no. Sorry. The name. Couldn't let it go. What? <laughs> Couldn't be Peckerton. No, no, no. 
I'm wrong. just thinking the wife might listen to this, and she's very particular about the names of our, our various and many animals. <laughs> I've actually joined for the podcast for the first time by the two dogs as well, who are lounging around. This is what they do all day when I'm not at work. Should be earning your keep, you lazy buggers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for context, uh, Peckerson, aka Corax, is Graham's uh, rescue. Have, yeah, rescue. Res- rescue. So, uh, yeah, there's a whole story there, but the fundamentals are, um, unfortunately, he had a damaged wing. We took him to the vets uh, to say, hey, we've got this damaged bird, and, you know, what do you want? You're know, just going to euthanise it because we knew that it was a rook and it probably get euthanised. And he said, well, actually, if you could take the wing <coughs> off him, you think you can rehome him and, and look after him? And we were like, yeah, okay, we'll give it a go. So there you go. That is our story of... It isn't a. It's not us trapping and keeping wild birds. I just want to make that absolutely clear. Okay, moving swiftly on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you got swift too. <laughs> yeah. So sat, Saturday we Saturday we have three games. Obviously, um, I think they all went rather <clears throat> rather well. Um, none of them, at least on the live stream table, nothing seemed particularly uh, unbalanced apart from. Maybe a little bit of game one. Yeah. So just quickly get the live stream. How was that? Uh, live streaming was quite well. We had decent viewing figures. You know, obviously not you know amazing type Warhammer TV viewing figures, but you know we did all right. Give it a year. Sorry. Give it a year. We'll get there. Yeah. We still got to do our commentary dodgeball style. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that in September. One day. We'll do that. One day we'll have an event where we can do that. Yeah, but it, it worked. Um, I mean, uh, people. I mean, you had quite a bit of interaction for once. Uh, off, uh, in particular, Stephen Bonner, uh, yes. one of the Scottish lads. Got him. Um, appeared many times on my my Facebook notifications. Yes, I think so because I think yes, he's been quite. He's been looking at everything because obviously I think a lot of the guys from his from his neck of the woods came down, didn't they? Yeah, yeah we had quite, and Kieran. quite quite yeah. a Scottish contingent enough to sell. Enough to sell two crates of iron brew. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> home away from home. So yeah, that was really good. They were really yeah, good. So yeah, not, the not, not, yeah. Normally we only get one crate of iron brew, but the uh, Lindsay and Megan were like, "You've got a lot more Scottish people coming this time, haven't you?" Yeah, two crates. That's what you need. So yeah. So the, the live stream was okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. got some good figures there, and uh, people seem to enjoy it. And even when we were just doing messing around with uh, Facebook. Doing some live streaming from there, but quite a lot of comments as well, which was cool. Yeah, um, a little dance. Sorry, Rage Against the Machine. Got a bit of Rage Against the Machine a bit into the last game. So yeah, it was it was all cool. Makes a change from um, the gangster rap you normally listen to. I know, right? I know. Because I was in control of the music. Yes, that's true. But um, I think you know, in terms of uh, the actual, in terms of sort of other highlights <clears throat> for me, I think uh, I really I was playing on the Saturday because. Um, one of the traitors players was unwell. And um, so I did get to play uh, William Henry, uh, who is a, a phenomenally good player. And I really, really, I mean, I had some, the three games I had were all really good, but I really enjoyed the game with, with William Henry because he's an effortlessly good player, scarily effortlessly good player. And also, he, you know that you, you know, you're probably going to lose against him. It doesn't matter what list he takes, you're going to lose against him. But, I never feel as if it's a one-player game, if that makes any sense. It's not like he's you know, going out there to completely annihilate me. 
He's just particularly good at what he does. Just, and it's just like, it's such a great game and such a, a, a really nice chap, a really friendly guy, just really good at playing the game. And um, I had a fantastic game against the Salamanders with my arm warriors. And uh, we had a right old dust up. It was awesome. Um, Perturabo was uh, kind of surrounded by uh, these fire drakes. And I can't remember the name of the special character, but he was, he was no slouch, his special character in the salamanders he had an eternal warrior for a start and um, uh, i think he was just a praetor <clears throat> no well it was if it was it he, he got eternal warrior upgrade i can't remember yeah he what. does it's a mantle of the elder drake oh that's what it is so anyway a right handful and um so uh, these fire drakes are really you know three plus invons um thunder hammers two wounds apiece you know really difficult to get through um i had uh, some tyrant siege terminators uh, who were acting as perturabo's bodyguard and we went toe to toe. They basically minced me, and I had to throw. In the end, I, it was really, it was quite thematic, really, because I was whittling down these fire drakes, and I was just throwing more and more tactical squads into the mixer to try and, you know, free Perturabo. And it was, it was good. It was like, oh, you know, there's the Primarch. We've got to save him. He's being outnumbered, and I was just, I had kind of given up on collecting the objectives at that point and just trying to save Perturabo. So, but we had a cracking game. I mean, it really was. I think yeah. I was pretty much. In fact, I was, oh, I was tabled. Um, that, that's but, always good. It's good. It really was good. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know, I, I gave as good as I got. And I never felt that it was you know massively one sided. But just a, a fantastic game and a really good player. Yeah, and I've course, on the whole, go on. Walking around the tables, everyone seemed to be having sort of similar experience. Yeah, everyone seemed to get on. Yeah, have good games. There wasn't any. You know, we you know when somebody's not enjoying it, you can because when we sort of look out from our sort of control table, you can sort of tell if people are you know not having a good game, yeah. particularly John Dermansey, who I could tell from you know, eight tables away when he started rolling ones again. It was, it was a joy <laughs> to be honest. He's such a great uh, character. How many games did he win again? He won two. I did, yeah. Two. And in fact, on, in fact I played him on the um, on the last game on the Saturday. And uh, up until that point, he had won two games. He was pleased as punch, let me tell you. So like, We have found a wonderful folk. Chris has got a great photo. Yes, I, I put one up on Instagram as well. It was uh, that one. That's it. Then yeah, it's brilliant. So yeah, uh, he's always great quality and really good to play. But I can always tell how his games are going. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, and that that's from a game he won. <laughs> right. So yeah, this um. So that was really cool. So but most people seem to be like from where we were, we could sort of tell and you have a look and see how people are getting on, if they're enjoying their games or not. So yeah, really good. Uh, saw some fantastic things. Gary Crosley, for example, actually I was there. He actually rolled six ones from, it, like, had six dice in his hand, threw them down. This is for Mortarian attacking robot Gooliman. And they just threw them down because he, and, and uh, Mortarian was going before Gurley then. Threw it down, think he's going to do him, and just six ones. Just brum. Yeah. It was just like, I could not believe that. I mean, I've seen five ones, but I've never seen six ones. So it's, it must be a scroll crushing, isn't it? It really is. But you know what? He was like, oh, well, because the, cause the guy who was playing <clears> said, look, mate, you. Roll that again. It was the American chat. Uh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Yeah. He was like, yeah, mate, you just just roll that again. And, he was, and Gary was like, no, no. You know, that's the roll. That's the that's the chance. So, you know, go on, off you go. So um, that was really cool. That sort of thing, awesome. You know what? You wouldn't get that in competitive 40K, would you? Nope, it's just no. really good. Really, really good to see that. So, yeah, that was excellent. So, yeah, so that was a highlight for me. You had some games as well, didn't you? <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I uh, I played Sunder because Sunder Sunday. Sunder. <laughs> <laughs> I 
because um, Chris Vect had to go back to work, back to work. Yeah. And so when you're loyalist and there were some golden guys waiting for some future action, fun and games. So I got the two games on Sunday again, one against Mike Collard, and the second one was against Scott, who had stood in for us. So him and Jacob yeah. had shared the weekend. Yeah. Jacob played uh, Saturday. Yeah. And Scott came Sunday. Um, and Mike Collard volunteered to, to face me, didn't he? I he believe. did, yeah. He wanted to. Because yeah. you were on the. Um, I, I put myself on the notice list. Of, uh, and yeah. rightly so. Tactical importance. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was like, no, I'd like to have a go at Kiss because I need to. Mike Collard, bless him. I don't think I've got more than like, <coughs> two victory points in the whole weekend. Yeah, he got two. He did. <laughs> so, he uh, got two victory points. And, but a great character. And he was like, no, no, I, I, I've come here to play lots of different armies. I never play Custodes, so I'm going to go against Custodes. And uh, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. Bless him. That, was good. that didn't necessarily work out for him. No, no, that is true. But, you know, he learned some things. That's good. He did, yeah. It, it, it helped it, him when he was with a spoon. Yeah, that, well, that's that is true. true. Yeah, that is true. Um, it was a good fun game. Yeah, looks. You fun. know, both Scott and Mike were really nice chill out guys. Yeah. Um, but when it's Custodes versus Sons of Horus, yeah, I can't, I can't not go for it. No, of course you can't. They I mean, are the, the yeah. arch traitors themselves. Well, maybe word bearers might be more, even more. I mean, they start yeah. evil. Head of the uh, Horus is true enough. True enough. And he's, you know. The most betrayal, the deepest exactly. betrayal, anyway, exactly. from the famous so, point of view. Yeah, and Scott had a rather wonderfully painted uh, Spartan on that table as well. That Spartan looked delightful, in fact. Yeah. It yeah. was quite red had the world bearers. Yeah, they'd obviously borrowed it from the world bearers. As, you know. Yeah. <coughs> what was it? It was Night Lords, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It was Night Lords. It was, his glaive yeah. was lovely. It was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was that was a headache. The, the glaive. The, the glaive. And the mission. Right. Yes. It was <laughs> long table edges. Yeah. I don't do long table edges. You don't do long table edges, do you? Because you've got no means of getting your troops anywhere apart from one deep strike with Baldur. Deep strike ahoy. And then, and then wait dreadnoughts for the rest of them to kind of get meander shot. their way up as they, so, as they so wish. Yeah. You need to do something about that. <laughs> May I recommend that big transport? Which one? What, the Coronas? Yes. Yeah, but... 135 points. I think that's dirt cheap for it. I mean, I know it'll take six guys, but I still think that's pretty cheap. Yeah. But that's. But it's not an assault transport. Two and a half people. That is, that is a massive problem with it. It is not an assault transport. Yeah, that's two and a half guys that I can't play. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean. But then again, you could get six fellas right up in someone's grill, turn one. But then again, they can't attack until turn two minimum because they have to get out of the transport and be shot anyway. But unless exactly. they're there, I suppose, it might, be, it might give... Deep strike there. Same thing applies, though. But at least I'm further up. I can think of one potential thing that might help you with that. I don't, I don't know. I've heard of this uh, flying assault transport. I know. It would have come out. I just know a flying base that was going to hold it. need to sort that out. Have you dremeled up through the thing itself? I've, I've I would recommend going to really sort it out this year. Yeah. Maybe get... Maybe <clears throat> You say even then, custom base or something. can't chuck many guys in it. It's only got a very small transport cost. Yeah, I guess that's one downside to the custodies. Uh, no, I enjoyed my games. Cool. I did, you know, work my way through Scott's 
I should have just got I did nothing to. Yeah. It was just too much. Yeah. 20 men. 20 men. It's, it's volumes of the uh, salt marines isn't it, every time. Yeah, def- definitely. Murder. Big squads are definitely making a comeback this, uh, yeah. this year. Yeah, there are a lot of them. I mean, I think there's there's probably enough data here to put a what a generic heresy list looks like this year. <clears throat> from yeah. that, you know, to say, because, yeah. I mean, I think the three apocryphies yeah. was very popular. Spartans are always, you know, perennial Spartans are always popular. Um, but, yeah, big 15-man assault marine squads with melter bombs, they've, they've made a big comeback. And free power axes. And free oh, power yeah. axes, yeah. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a good choice, actually. I suppose, I mean, I, I'm never a big fan of the power axe, but with 15 guys, you can suck up a few wounds and then yeah. the power axes can then wade in, can't they, for AP2? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely on the on the sort. There was a nice variety of lists. Yeah, there was. You know, you didn't get a lot of spam. Yep. Everyone seemed to have a different theme and idea. Mm. Yeah, no, it's good. It's very good indeed. A lot of lot of Zyphons were, were very popular. I mean, okay, yeah. fair enough. Joe bought three of them, but suborbital uh, <coughs> wing. But yeah, they were. Um, there was quite a lot of those around. They were good, good, mm. good unit. I've never got one real. I always prefer the Lightning, just in terms of looks. But yeah, yeah. Scott had a Lightning. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, a couple so, of so did, so did um, Rob Ing. Yeah. Did the one. Couple of Avengers, and uh, you know the um, the, the Avengers, Avengers yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No joke, uh, James Tim had one, and Sam had one. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, we can see that. I mean, they're not bad. I prefer the Thunderbolt personally. That's just me. Well, the Thunderhawk. Thunderbolt. Oh, the Thunderbolt. Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Avenger is a nice looking plane. It's just obviously a shame that uh, only the Mechanicum can use it. Yeah, that is a bit of a downside. Chris having a minor coughing fit. Yes, he, he's often dying. So um, after this, the show will be a duet again. <laughs> no, he's back. Like Lazarus. <sighs> okay, so, so uh, yeah, so overall, what's. What would be your conclusions about this year's event? I think there's some things we always, we always find things that we need to improve on. They'd be interesting what the feedback is around the missions because I felt they were okay, apart from the first one. But other than that, I think the, as Chris mentioned, there's nothing that springs to mind currently that is. Uh, there are some ideas that we can take forward uh, in terms of things around the strategy phase, i.e., you know, a more NPC-led one potentially. Um, but I think all in all, for September, there wouldn't be a huge amount of changes mm. other than no, just like, tweaks and enhancements. It's finding something for that Saturday night. Yeah. Just to keep people I've, I've engaged. Got an, I've got an idea. Okay. We're not getting strippers. No. And you're, uh, not, you're not going back to your old trade again. To... Well, the Dolly Parton impersonator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Well, we've got the PA system for it. Yeah, let's I know, but let's not do that. Let's your rendition of "Stand by My Man" it yes. just sets me on those. It's a, bit, it's a bit too "Standing by Too Many Men" for my liking. <laughs> uh, no, we'll. It's the um, outfit. It's the outfit that does it. I do have an idea, but okay. I'll, uh, we'll sort out. Uh, yeah, I mean, from my point of view, few logistical things we'd like to do. The girls were really, really because Christopher Carr. So shout out to Christopher Carr because he brought cakes and biscuits oh, yeah, food. and uh, pulled pork that he made up. Yeah. Uh, that we had with the hot dogs 
and wow. it's got the girls. The girls love the idea of the pulled pork so much, and they were like, you know, my uh, apparently, I make a really nice pulled pork. Okay, cool. Um, and they're sort of encouraging me to make up some pulled pork. So drop one hot dog and have some pulled pork on the side with some onion rings, as well as the wedges. Yeah, so, yeah. sounds lovely. So yeah. it'll be a little bit more money, but you know, okay. it's it's fine. Um, as long as you know it, it might be you know tastier. Cool. But uh, and then I think we they want some traffic cones for the um for the back because uh, people keep parking up right by the kitchen to save themselves some walking distance, and that's right. where um that's where they need to park for getting yes. to the yeah, kitchen yeah. and stuff like sure. that. So get, we'll, get, um... get some mini traffic cones that I can put it in the gar- in our garden here that my nephew can use to make a slalom course or something. I don't know what you know. Whatever the kids do with uh, traffic cones these days, um, put them on statues. I think. Um, <laughs> just wear them on their heads while drinking. Yeah. Yes, and then use them to sort of uh, keep. Yeah, or we just um, say put like a little map out and says, "Don't use the first park car, but use the second one." Because there's two, isn't there? There's the one. Yeah, yeah. There's the, the main, main one, and then there's that back one. But the problem, know. the problem is herding heresy players is is the slower. You know, it's like herding cats for sure okay so i think rather than um i think that is probably about as much as we can talk about on this i think all in all pending um are the feedback forms going out and getting that i mean the most important thing is the loyalist absolutely hammered the traders i am it was a whitewash it It wasn't quite a whitewash because you know the traders did win the last two games on the sunday just before we go to to get the stats again Stats don't, don't tell the full story, my friends. I, I think I'll listen to it. Go on, quick, quick rundown. What were the victory points for the um? So for the sides. Uh, uh, no, because points are very relevant. Not really, because it's just whether you win or not. But go on, carry on. Anyway, so the total number of loyalist victory points over the weekend. Yes. Four hundred seventy-two. <laughs> okay. Okay. The total number. Traitor points. Yes. Three hundred and forty-seven. Means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> some missions you could get twenty. Some missions you could get five, and still win. So there. But I mean, it is interesting to see who won all the points. Yes. Mister Rob Ing Esquire. Yeah. Um. The- but yeah. anyway. So yes, I think it's uh, there were some interesting stats coming out of that. But I mean, basically, what happened is on on day one, uh, the three rounds of the game. So basically, the way that we do this isn't on victory points. It is just if you win, lose, or draw your yeah. individual games, and that determines the overarching result for that particular turn, if you like. So there's three ter- three game turns in a single day on the first day, and the loyalists won every one of them, which yeah. was looking pretty dire and, he, and bear in mind that the missions the way the missions branch uh, it gets harder and harder to win as the loyalists the further you keep winning so by mission three it was very much the missions were very much in the favor of the rate um the traitors but yeah. unfortunately they still lost so that should give you, you know, so they really did go full 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 bore yeah um at the at the traitors uh, i'm hoping i mean we did have a traitor win last year we haven't had two events currently. Oh, they only run one year with two events. We haven't had two events where they've both been won by the 
the traitors, by the loyalists or the traitors. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping come September, the traitor forces will, will yeah. muster themselves significantly no pressure. and we'll have a different story. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's making use of, our, of what we've got. Yeah, because uh, otherwise we only end up using a fraction of the stuff that we've done. But anyway, it's all there, uh, waiting to be discovered. So the other thing, actually, the other thing was the overarching story. I, th- I think uh, one person did kind of <clears> talk <throat> through the story with me at the end, which was good, which was, uh, and said, oh, so if this had happened, then that would happen. I was like, yes, that's exactly right. So that was cool when you get people okay. engaging in your story. So yeah, that's really that's awesome. really awesome. Yeah. So yeah, let's call it there then, shall we, gents? All right. All right. Well, we'll move on to the rest of the show, which we'll yes. be recording later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so after that um, interesting little discussion that um, we'll uh, tag on to the end of the show for the dedicated listeners. Um, it's, worth, it's worth waiting for. It's the best bit of the show. It's yeah. certainly the um, bit that Michael's regretting. Yes. We'll uh, quickly talk about books, and we've had quite a bit this month. We've had, um, uh, yeah, we've had quite a bit this month. We had, uh, first of all, we'll start off with Korax, Lord of Shadows. Uh, which was released last month, but um, I only just got around to read it. Well, listening to it, I listened to the audiobook of this. Um, it's Guy's second uh, Primarchs book, and it tells the story of the Karen, uh, the Karen Age uh, re- retribution, which is something that's sort of mentioned in book three, um, uh, where uh, because obviously Gav Thorpe and his Korax books has pretty much covered Korax origin completely. So um, what they've done is they've taken this one incident um from from the background and sort of expanded on it to do a full story and um what it seems to me anyway it seems to be focusing very much on the two as two of the two of the key aspects of korak which is his uh uh his drive for justice and his drive for vengeance at the same time and we've got it's for for such a short book already it's got quite a large number of point of view characters uh, which does include some old favorites from uh, gav's books um and there's two narratives going on, one from the Karenine Sodality and one which is a brewing conflict on Kiavar, the uh, the uh, um, main planet in uh, the um, Deliverance system. And um, to me, the story sort of tells the tale of this kind of a darkness in Korax. I think if you know if you're that quite familiar with the fluff, the you know Korax has got a sort of a dark dark core to him. And that sort of translates through into the, the Raven Guard. And um, what it also does is it gives a bit more information about what they call the Sable brand, the Ash, the Ash Blind, um, who we know as the Moritats. So we get sort of like a, a very interesting um, idea about how Moritats are selected and um, how they operate within the rest of the Legion, which is basically to be uh, murdering twats. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's basically uh, release them go murder stuff and if you come back um, and if you come back awesome if you don't come back whatever (laughs) i would Uh, remind uh mr bottle that uh, (laughs) our child-friendly policy yes um (laughs) uh, the word i was thinking of was definitely not child-friendly um but yeah and um the personal highlight for me in this book is um when Korax and Gulliman are interacting because it's a very interesting um, 
it's a very interesting bit of set piece between them um because at the same time that there's a lot of differences between Korax and and Gilliman but at the same time they find a lot of common ground um but it's 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 a nice book it's a good book it's um it's not the best of the Primarchs books but it's definitely worth reading in my opinion nice uh, yeah it's it's a it's a nice little book and it, it's good because it, as i said it focuses on this one little bit of fluff expands out and gives a better insight into the character than than had um retelling his origin story might have done so yeah that was quite good um then we've got bringer of sorrows by aaron dembski bowden this was a sh- which is part of the celebration um so it's a follow-up to master of mankind and we catch up on the bromance between ark and land and uh, the blood angel zephon um following the war on the webway um, as land is trying to figure out how to permanently repair the failing bionics of Zephon. Um, hands are all... Yeah, yeah, they're all knackered. Um, it's a nice character study of Arkham Land, who is very grumpy, very socially awkward. Uh, there's some interesting discussions on his uh, on his level of attractiveness, which is, um, you know, okay. laughing you expect to see in a book about the Mechanicum. Um, but it looks at, you know, this one relationship, which he values over all others. And the relationship itself is actually quite, quite sweet and in a way very weird um, because it, it it's different because it's land who is struggling to understand the emotion of Zephon. When in most other stories you, you get with, a, with, with space marines in it, it's the space marines who are sort of struggling to understand the emotions of normal humans. So, yeah, it's kind of different to see that that position reversed. So, yeah, nice little read. Um, don't is read the, it unless you've read Master of Mankind, though. Is the, is the simian in it? A little bit, yeah. Okay, not, cool. Not as the, much as you would. <coughs> Simeon, that the scientists decided that the tail was purely for defensive and offensive reasons. Absolutely. The tail <laughs> obviously contains poison. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> but, it, yeah. you know, it shows how much knowledge has been lost, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, then we had, uh, in the middle of the week, Lantern's Light um, by James Swallow. So this was the story. It was billed as how Mortarian receives the lantern, his pistol, and it's obviously a time with a buried dagger, but what it's really about is a relationship between the Death Lord and the Master of Mankind. Now, it's set about a year after the rediscovery of Mortarian, and it tells the story of the Emperor's return to Barbarus, you know, because Mortarian's been given a year to, to, to learn of the Imperium, bond with his new legion before he heads off into the, to the Great Crusade. And um, it's a very introspective story, very quiet. And it's basically full of Mortarian basically questioning himself and the role he sees for himself in the Imperium of Mankind. And he's got a lot of conflict within him because, um, you know, these massive changes that have been forced upon him by the Emperor um, and how he perceives, you know, what the Emperor's actual end game is, his intentions are. And, um, you know, it's a great little story. And um, it, it sort of shows mortarian how we expect him to be showed unlikable unhappy and full of resentment and it's all, a great all the winning character traits that you, you know very much so and it sort of sets the scene for his eventual turning against his father and it's sort of like yeah if he felt this way when he was first discovered and first set on the the great crusade yeah it's no wonder he turned out a wrong one yeah it's just he's, he, he is what he is isn't he that's the thing i think yeah, yeah, he is what he is. Um, and uh, it, it's quite interesting because the very dagger then builds on this a lot further, yeah. which is nice. Um, then we've got Ghosts of New Syria by Ian St. Martin. Now, 
it's a prequel to After Deshaia uh, by Matthew Farrier from Tales of Heresy. And obviously, again, it's a tie-in for Angron's uh, Slave of New Syria, um, which got its limited edition released this month. And it's a good little story. Um, not much in it that we already didn't know, but it covers the last moments of Angron on New Syria, um, his first meeting with the Emperor, and the first meeting with the officers of the Warhounds who went in to meet him uh, prior to his uh, taming by um, Khan. I think is the best way to put it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and with the series ending sight, it's quite a shame because I think Ian could have had a great heresy novel in him if he was given the chance. Um, but we did actually speak to him about his first Primarch's work, um, the order of drama Conrad Cruz, Cruz, I said Cruz there, <laughs> A Lesson in Darkness. Uh, and we did that in a Dreadclaw last year. So if you want to go back and listen to that, we, there's a little talk about Angron in there. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, then we've got Sons of the Emperor. This is by lots of different authors. Um, we've got in there stories from Dan Abner, Aaron Dembski-Bowden, John French, Laurie Goulding, Guy Haley, and Nick Keim, Gray McNeil, and Gav Thorpe. And the timelines in this vary. They go from the very earliest days of the Great Crusade to long, long time afterwards. Um, and there's a bit of debate going on with this. Should some of them be Primark stories? Should they have been in the main series? Or should they have been just 40K stories? Um, you know, it's a bit of a weird one. I mean, some of the stories are really essential reading for the main series and bridge some gaps. Um, and the main reason why they're a little at odds with the main series is that for some of them, uh, the Primarch isn't even the protagonist of the story. Um, right. It's more about the shadow that the Primarchs actually cast. So it's a good one. Um, the stories themselves pretty give. I mean, some of the some of them are rather safe and don't really delve too much into stuff. Um, apart from Goulding's Prince of Blood, which bridges the gap between Betrayer and Slave to Darkness. And Abnett's Misbegotten, which is really told very differently to any other heresy story we've had before. Um, that aside, um, I actually think the book is good. Um, we've got eight decent stories that dig a little deeper into characters and enhance our understanding. Uh, my personal favourite is Prince of Blood um, by Laurie Goulding, simply because it explains the transition of the World Eaters from what they were like at the end of the Great Crusade uh, and at the end of Betrayer to what they are in 40k so it's sort of like that transition from that's, we are you know uh, we're just nutcases into full-on berserkers it's a full it's a, and that's quite an iconic thing isn't it when you think in 40k terms you know let alone 30k terms is yeah that, that you know when they become corn berserkers or you know on that you know stepping onto that that route more more thoroughly i mean that is a an iconic thing so yeah, and there's a lot of explanation about stuff that, that, that it's like why they wear those particular horns <coughs> on their helmets, what they oh, represent, um, and um, you know the effect that Angron's having on the ship. Like literally, all the water on the ship is turning into blood. So it's like you've got Latara Sara and the captain, who's literally going mad because um, she can't drink anything, um, because the ship keeps turning all the potable water just... into blood. And uh, you know you've got the the world eaters. Who are just thinking, yeah, blood, no problem, we'll drink yeah. that. Down it goes. Exactly. So it's quite, mm. it's quite good. Um, yeah. Now you should be aware these stories are currently being released individually on Digital Monday, but I just buy the book for the price. Yeah, it's just going to be a bit 
save you a bit of money, I suppose, overall. Definitely save you a bit of money. So, um, and then, a, you know, the buried dagger. So, big yeah, this one. is the um, yeah monumental occasion. Last book in the main series and Herald of the Siege of Terror. You re- you said you read it, yeah? I have read pretty much all of this now. The buried dagger, yeah. Ah, oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. I mean, really, really good book. Um, it's the first time I think we've gotten a proper Death Guard book. Because although yeah. they've been in other books, they haven't really been the stars. Um, so it feels to me like two thematically connected novellas um, with yeah, one you... storyline covering Mortarian and the Doom of the Death Guard, the other covering Garrow and the Knight's Errant. And, the, and, the, yeah, and the, the next stage of their particular story, which yes, yeah. is, is not, un, you know, everyone knew what that particular story was going to be. Yeah, we knew where that was going. Um, you know, so the stories don't seem to be that well connected, but the theme they share is sort of like characters faced with choices that will define them for, you know, the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, Mortarian's arc has lots of flashbacks to his time on Barbarous and the brutality that his stepfather, but, you know, his foster father um, and the other overlords inflicted on the planet's population. Um, it still fails to make him a sympathetic character. He comes across as an uncompromising dick, Um, but you start to understand him a bit more. Um, The book sort of shows, you know, he's massively isolated and it means uh, we get an understanding of his relationship with Typhon better. And we see how, you know, Typhon was literally the first person he met. Um, and And it sort of gives him a blind spot for Typhon. So I think it's good to get more on these characters, especially like I say, Mortarion, just because we don't we haven't heard an awful lot yeah, yeah bits and pieces but getting them fleshed out um you know like you say you can't you can't find a sort of a redeeming um element to him still that's the only thing yeah. at least occasionally i mean even with angron you can kind of get sort of a you can think oh if you'd just taken a turn you know left here it wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah, definitely. But I just think with Mortarian, you don't ever get that thought of, well... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he could have been a good guy. I think he was always going to be not a good guy. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the arc of the book is great, but because of the flashbacks to Barbarous, I think you get a lot less time with the Death Guard in the present. And I was kind of hoping for a more detailed story about the corruption in the warp. Uh, you know about them transforming into death and into the plague marines mm. i mean the descriptions we get are pretty horrible uh you know they're pretty ucky it's it's, it's very fun um that's what you, that's what we want isn't it we want to we want them to be horrible yeah. like you say ucky uh scenes it wouldn't be the death guard if it wasn't yeah but we only get little snippets of that and no. that's a bit of a disappointment um the knight errant storyline uh mostly focuses on garrow and rubio uh with quite a bit of Loken in there um yeah. and we get an interesting relationship about the you know uh interesting story about the relationship the knights have with malkador um yeah, and- troubled me about the the bit with malkador uh the emperor and the the, the knights was and it's a really small thing but it's the fact that emperor the emperor refers to the primarchs as his sons again when well, I suppose he is talking with the with um you know sons of his sons as it were and i suppose he doesn't want to in a 
but in Master of Mankind, when he's talking to Arkham Land about Angron, I suppose the difference is he has that. You know, they are maybe it's this Omnisir sort of Emperor crossover sort of thing. So he's got that separation between the two, but it was quite weird because that's kind of how I'd now viewed the Emperor and his relationship with him himself towards his the the Primarchs. That makes sense. That he viewed them as equipment and you know viewed them as as things for a purpose whereas this is giving him back that humanization towards them but i want like you say i wonder if it's maybe an omnisar emperor thing where with the mechanicum he has to be like that yeah yeah um anyway so yeah so we've got that interesting interesting you know the knights have a distrust of malkador I mean, that storyline's been going on for quite a while. As you said, its conclusion is exactly what we talked about for years. We knew what was happening. So in a bit of a way, it's very anticlimactic because we knew it was happening. Um, but what we do get is a new perspective on the heresy from Malkador and the Emperor and the future of the universe after the conclusion of the war. So that's that's what I'm thinking. I mean, the book itself, it's not really about conclusions, but about journeys reaching moments that we always knew were coming yeah we always knew that the death guard were going to turn into plague marines that the knights errants were going to become what they become um so you know we get no real endings but we get turning points and revelations the only thing i think with this book is it's it doesn't seem like the right book to end on no, I must admit. I mean, I know it's not necessarily the, the actual end, but it, it seems like an odd book to end um, the Horus Heresy series on. Well, I, moving on to the Solar War. The way I look at it, the the, the Death Guard was always it's you know the, the the Doom of the Death Guard was pretty much the last the last thing that happened in the Open Heresy. Um, so that would have been felt appropriate, but I think the problem for me was that. I wanted these to be two. I would have preferred for these to be two separate books. Yeah. If you, if I'd had my way, I would have had James Swallow to finish the Knight's Errant. And I love James Swallow. I love his writing. Mm. Um, I know some people think that's weird, but, um, and I've met him a few times. I taught him how to play Settlers of Catan, in fact. Very um, nice. Very nice too. Um, but I had to make sure not to tell my wife everything about him. Otherwise, she would have fangled really badly because, did you know, James Swallow is the only British writer to have ever written for Star Trek? That's a pretty good claim to fame. It is. It is. And and my wife would have fangled really hard if she knew that. Um, and, um, yeah, so I would have had him written The Night Tarrant because I think you could have definitely made more of a story of that. Um, and I would have maybe gotten Chris Rate to do The Doom of the Death Guard. I mean, James Swallow does a great job of it, but obviously yeah. you can't expect him to write two books back to back. No, but, it would have been. That's a, that's a big ass. That's sort of, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I just. In the early days, isn't it, when he did um, Horus Rising and I think it was it, sort of in the, it was sort of in the same year and things like that, wasn't it? So Yeah, I, I would have liked these stories to have been expanded more. Uh, because obviously the, the 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 Death Guard, the Doom, the Doom of the Death Guard, is taken up with giving Mortarian's backstory and Barbarous, so we lose out a lot of the present day stuff. So, no, fair enough. No, it was, yeah, it's, it's a, like I say, I suppose now it's looking forward, seeing what the Solar War is gonna, gonna unleash upon us. But 
it yeah. was uh, i enjoyed it i am so I've, I've it's pretty much all done now yeah um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very satisfying conclusion um because it's sort of like yeah this is exactly what we were we're building up to with mortarian story and it's like that's perfect yeah Perfect. Cool. 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 Well, I mean, he had. I mean, to be fair, James Swallow had some of the weirdest fluff to deal with. You know, the whole, (laughs) the whole um, Typhon absorbing the Destroyer Plague, and yeah, it's 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 not an easy thing to draw to to draw all those to a a a sane conclusion. Yeah, he had some of the weirdest down in paper. Yeah, he had some of the weirdest fluff to deal with. So I don't envy him (laughs) it, but he did quite well with it. Um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, so uh, what, what have we got upcoming book wise? We've got um, at some point in March, I don't know when um, the Solar War limited edition is coming out, but I've got no idea what the date is. Um, they did have a date at one point. I think it was 20 something odd. Um, but at the minute, we don't know. Um, so that is coming. Um, then 4th of May, uh, nothing in April. You've got Conrad Kerr's The Night Haunter, the limited edition. Uh, followed up with the Solar War Standard Edition on the 11th of May. And then finally, Angron Slave of Nyseria Standard Edition on the 18th of May. So May will be a... Um, sorry, I assume, every time I say Nyseria, um Stop it. The phone <laughs> keeps thinking that I'm saying her name. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, he's woken up. I, yeah. I was crying. yeah sorry crack off from graham okay so what we'll do now is we'll move on and talk about the um mechanicum robot so, time robot time well not robot just graham's, everything graham's, else time. Yeah. graham's blood pressure is going through the roof at this point it well, it's not all robots is it let's be honest no we're into tagmata territory yeah this is mechanicum okay. and it's most it's most serial and horrible yeah all right let's have a look cool. then yeah the tagmata on the sire which is translated from lingua technis into interring gothic of the imperial court as that which is divinely ordered for war is the principal operational military force of the Trans-Martian Mechanicum, and is also the largest um, force of the uh, uh, Mechanicum during the uh, outbreak of the Horus Heresy. The Tagmata um, is a bit of a mystery. It's a difficult thing to grasp. Um, it seems to be um, at once purely a descriptive term um, applied to a... Um, a large number of magi machine works in indentured manpower, but it's also a rigid and labyrinthine hierarchical hierarchical <laughs> uh, structure, uh, the equal of any in the Imperium's armed forces in complexity. And the organization is basically a military reflection of Forge World's essential feudal power um, structure. Um, alongside the elite Skatari regiments, um, you've got uh, you know they they owe their allegiance to ultimately to Mars, and the uh, Collegia Titanica, um, which is obviously the Titan Legions, um, both of which operate separate military divisions of their own. The Tagmata formed the Great Trinity, the Triad Magna of the Mechanicum's power during the Great Crusade, 
Uh, besides these three, there stood the lesser independent and allied divisions of the Mechanicum, such as the Knight Houses, the Order Reductor, the Explorators, and the Legia Cybernetica. Each was a great power in their own right, but compared to the Tagmata or the Collegia Titanica Scutari, they were um, dwarfed. The Tagmata consists of a dizzying array of uh, styles of army. No one Forge World's Tagmata is exactly the same as another Forge World's Tagmata um, due to uh, specializations of uh, their um, uh, uh, the uh, the, uh, weapons they manufacture, um, right down to um, whether their atmosphere is even breathable. Um, But because of this, as I said, it means that the Tagmata armies are extremely different they vary greatly in size disposition and scope and even then it depends on the role it's called in to do um say for example you have forge worlds such as tigris which come on frequent assault because they are very close to uh xenos forces um, which means they have a very powerful and highly experienced permanent tagmata uh formation it's a standing army while others such as uh, Stygies. Um, which is a very isolated um, Ford world, um, doesn't necessarily have a Tagmata um, at all. It would only call a Tagmata into being uh, when it absolutely needed it, meaning that it was more likely to consist of tech thralls rather than standing troops such as, such as uh, uh, the um, Phalaxi. Each of the Ford worlds in the days of the Great Crusade was essentially an independent power, um, a kingdom in its own right. And nominally, they each owed fealty to the lords of Mars. Um, and in some cases, these bonds were as absolutely as uh, stratopes. While in others, um, the ties to the Mars were weaker, or just mostly through distance. Um, and in some cases, their ties to the Mechanicum indeed became very questionable. And there was lots of rivalry and threats of rebellion against central control um, from Mars. Um, Tied together, um, they were they were tied together by a common religious doctrine, uh, the doctrine of the Mechanicum, um, and they and their culture and mutually shared obsession with this religion and machinery um, unified them more than it divided them. But there was a massive amount of hidden disunity, which was given form uh, during the Horus Heresy when the Mechanicum itself was split right down the middle. Um, in a very, you know, turning against each other, with uh, Forge Worlds and Dominions siding um, alongside, uh, you know, long-held fealties and feudal obligations um, that they that they had to the Emperor or Master. For example, Forge Worlds that were that were more closely tied to Horus were obviously sided with him, um, and Mars itself was split asunder, um, with the planet falling uh, to the traitors and uh, loyalist forces being fl- to fight for it. And obviously the Tagmata itself um, was directly uh, reflected in that. So both loyalists and traitors could call upon sizable uh, Tagmata forces. So that was the fluff from the Mechanicum Tagmata lists. And now we're getting to the crunch. 
one of its chewy, crunchy goodness. So the Mechanicum Togmata is the generic Mechanicum list and represents the general armies of all of the Forge worlds. So the only notable missing unit is the Skitarii. So come on, Forge World. Michael wants to see them so he can get his tech guard. Yeah. Now, the Tag Master list allows you to build lots of different types of list. So we've done the... Oh, my God, I've forgotten all their names now. Reductor we and did the Reductor and the Cybernetica over the last two months. Yes. So this is being able to use those two particular lists and the models in those ranges and adding a few more sprinkles of Mechanicum Evil. evil. Yes. And I thought, I thought I'd use the word for you there. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> this, yeah, from Hard Rock All Robot List to hordes of disposable grunts yes <coughs> graham uh yes. the tag list comes with its own warlord traits which opens the use of all three branches of the mechanicum mm-hmm. so do you want to go through one of the go through yeah, these I'll, uh, I'll rattle through them shall i go for it so uh you can take the well not take you can roll for the master of mechanisms uh, so you can select one monstrous creature or vehicle squadron and it gets it, it will not die which is pretty blimmer awesome, if I'm honest. Is that one yeah. monstrous creature, i.e. a single monstrous creature or a single monstrous creature unit? Um, I don't mm. know. Oh, I've got a book right here. I'll have a look. Yeah. Because um, it's because it seems a bit unfair if you can do a vehicle squadron but you only do one monstrous creature. Because um, a vehicle squadron, you know, that's right on the Krios, isn't it? Before you even... Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Let me have okay, a quick look so... see for you. Uh, Select one unit of monstrous creatures. Yes. Yeah, there or a single vehicle squadron. So, yeah, you're right. So, that's very good. Um, there's got perfected targeting. So, in the shooting phase, a heavy weapon of your choice, um, of your choice within six inches of the warlord becomes twin linked for the turn. You can choose a different weapon each turn. So, wow. That's pretty damn decent as well, isn't it? So, so in the shooting phase, you... any. Do dark lances? Yes. Count links. Yeah, because they're heavy. They're heavy. Well, are they heavy weapons? Yes, I believe they are. Probably. Can you imagine twin links? It's only one. To be fair. I know. Just trying to think. Actually, with what I had, yeah, I'm just trying to think on the list that I've taken if that would make them any better, and I don't think. How much better can they be? I mean, you could use a combo that. Yeah. You could cyber lurgy, give them double shooting and one of them twin linked. You want it to be for extra evil. Yeah. Okay. Um, next out the gate is the predictive augury. So this is the warlord and any unit they have joined uh, hits on a five or a six when firing overwatch. That's another belter. Yeah. Um, next up, death of flesh. Um, all units within the detachment have the preferred enemy infantry whilst within three inches of an objective. So that's not bad, yeah, if, particularly if you've got objectives, you know. That's, that's good. If you think with um, Phalanx, they yeah. need, because they're not particularly great in combat, that yeah. preferred enemy will certainly help them, because you're going to want them to be sitting on objectives. No, preferred enemies re-roll ones for everything, isn't it? Wings and, um, if I remember rightly. Sounds about Sounds about right. Yeah, it's ones. I think well, I'm just going to double check. I should know this stuff. You think I play this game enough? I remember the rules once in a while. Preferred enemy always. Confu- I always get it mixed up sometimes with um, hatred because hatred's just in the first round of combat. Whereas I think preferred enemy is all of the time. 
So let me just have a quick look on page 169. Blah, 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 blah. Apologies. 167. So number five is dread rights. The warlord and any unit they join both cause fear and are immune to fear, or immune to his effect rather, and have the adamantium wheel special rule, which is pretty useful. Fear is always a nifty thing to have in this game. Yeah, it's it okay. Is, yeah. It's the weakest one there, I think. <coughs> um, I don't. Know, I think the next one's pretty, pretty flimsy. Uh, uh, after deployment, before battle, I mean that's just in the so after deployment, before the game begins, a piece of terrain in the opponent's deployment zone and reduces cover save by minus one. Um, yeah, I mean that's like you get with a warsmith for the Iron Warriors, and I think um, that's another. I think that's also in the um, Solar Auxiliary uh, Warlord traits as well. So I mean they're pretty. When you look at some Warlord traits, they're a bit meh, right? But there's some absolute belters in there, like. Oh yeah, that's a that um the twin linked one with the right unit could be really deadly. Yeah, preferred enemy is as I suspected. Reroll ones for hit and wound. So yeah, really good, really really good. Um, if you're going up against infantry and objective, so that's a good one. I mean, like I say, probably the fear one is probably the least useful because I always forget about fear. If I'm honest with you, even though running with primarchs. And um, the battlefield analysis stuff, that's okay. I mean, it can be useful, but it's a bit situational. But, yeah, heavy re-rolling one and giving uh, a vehicle squadron of Krios's or a unit of um, Castellax, it will not die. Like oh, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, it will not die, Castellax. I just... Yeah. That's, that's the dream, isn't it, really? <laughs> so, unit-wise, um, there's... A, what we got in the unit, Michael? Do you want to talk us through this? Uh, Unit-wise, okay. So, um, right, where do we where do we start? We, well, we'll start with the um, obviously. There's a lot more units available in the Mechanicum list as a whole, but because we're covering the, covering them in one single episode, is impractical. We've split the list into three categories. So, your Order Reductor, Legion Cybernetica, and Tagmata uh, units. We're looking at uh, in this episode are units that weren't introduced with Reductor or Cybernetica and make up the remainder of the Tagmata list. Okay. So we're going to start off with the uh, HQs. We're going to start with the Majos Prime. Now, he starts at 95 points, but they must add a Techno Arcana, which range in points from 20 to 35 points. That's really um, annoying. Really yeah. Annoying. So being a Magos, they obviously have a huge number of customization options and they can get very expensive very fast. Yes. Um, if you want to keep up with your Phylaxi, you can give them a jetpack and a nice heavy weapon even. Uh, basically, there are so many options there. We could do a whole segment just on the the, the Majors Prime. Um, now, a, a single Majors can be upgraded to an Arch Majors Prime to turn him into a Praetor level character with Relentless. Um, and it also gives him three more options for upgrades. A Paragon Blade, Archmender, Dendrite to Techno Arcana, and a Jin Skin if he's the Warlord. Now, can he, they not take Jin Skin anyway? If no, they're not, not, no, not if they're... Um, no, they can't. Not if they're... Unle- no. Not unless they're an Arch Major Prime in the Warlord. Yeah. Yeah. So your Techno Arcanas are specializations for your Magos, which give them special rules to change the way they play and what they do. Now, the Archimandrite yes. uh, can only be taken by an Arch Major Prime, gives all vehicles in the detachment, it will not die, which replaces <sighs> Blessed Auto Simulacra, and it adds plus one to the Army's reserve rules. Nice. 
Now, this can make Mechanicum vehicles really tough, yeah. especially as most of them already have flare shields. And if you've got an explorer to augury web on a vehicle, it makes flyers and deep striking phylaxi so much better. Because, because they're going to guarantee they're getting basically. Because their reserve rolls would be added too, wouldn't they? Yep. Uh, then you've got Malagra. Um, get plus one weapon skill and an extra attack, as well as preferred enemy characters. Uh, these are Monster Hunters and Precision Strike. He's still only initiative four, though, so most close combat characters will hit him. Bef- bef- will hit before him. Yeah. So you need to upgrade him to make him more survivable, and he really benefits from being an Archmage's Prime. Yeah. Uh, you got the Myrmidax, which gains a Fusilard attack, Hatred, everything. Uh, yeah. lumbering advance and precision shots on a five plus but most importantly he gains relentless which yeah. means you can give him a heavy weapon and not need to upgrade him to an archmagos or give him a jetpack to make best use of his heavy weapons on the move yeah uh now you've got the ordinator which complements the major's reductor nicely um he's got armor bane and wrecker on all of its attacks and gets a once per game b- bombardment this hurt me really badly once because uh, an armor baned pro uh, sorry an armor bane proton thruster uh mince is an armored ceramite flare shielded spark really oh, yeah absolutely minced it hold on i'm gonna have to look at what you have to roll to get this because that sounds unlikely photon thruster yeah yep oh that's lance isn't it yeah that'd be why every day, yeah. <laughs> no, every day of the week yeah yep. every day of the week so yeah. strength six AP two uh, heavy two lance. What would it have? Armor bane. Yep, from the ordinator. Whew. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, was nasty. Um, and giving him melter guns now means he ignores armored ceramite. Mm. Um, Christian made me cry when he gave one of these a conversion beamer. Yeah, yeah, I can see that being conversion being particularly unpleasant, and I think he used it on me as well in the days of me armor arm using my armor breakthrough against his list. I think there's better ones than than that, but I think he's quite. If you take him with like reducto armor army, I can see it being very useful. Okay, um, then you've got Lacrimalius. Yes. Uh, if you take this guy, you're required to take at least one unit of tech rolls. Why take uh, one? Yeah, yeah, he'd benefit from taking more. Uh, whenever a unit of them is destroyed on a roll of a five up, it goes straight into ongoing reserves. Yes. So, oh, and he also gets feel no pain. Yes. Um. Then you've got Macrotech. So that's the engine seer. So he gets to reroll battlesmith rolls, and engine and engine seer tech priests auxilia become troops. Oh, also right. gets to take an extra fortification. Right. Um. When I normally see this taken. Um, it's usually with some units of Castlex accompanied by scoring text priest auxilia with um, Cortex uh, controllers on them as well as himself. So yeah, uh, you know, can they do that though? They yeah, do that. If they can't join Castlex, they can they tech priest. Well, once the tech priests have the Cortex controllers, they can. No, well, the they characters... can't. Jo- they, sorry, they can't join them. No, but what they, they can, can do them. is they can be with them. Yeah, but yeah. They, won't, they wouldn't be able to. So they're you, sort of a company and walking behind. Yeah, yeah, you can shoot. Yeah, yeah. Them still yeah. but not have to shoot through the through the monstrous creatures yeah. yeah so you can seriously go crazy with this guy and i think what i'd like to do is in the future come back and do a dreadclaw just on him okay because i think there's a lot you can do with this guy i mean there are so many different variations on builds he is a switchblade isn't he he is a yeah it's army knife of yeah. you know I mean, find, I mean, find a situation spend your points 
but that that has been to a certain extent true for all of all three of the branches of the Mechanicum. Uh, I think that you probably could do if you could do a Dreadclaw, I'd do one on HQ choices for Mechanicum because I think Order Reductor and Cybernetica we had the same kind of thing where when you first put a list together, you end up with like a 350 point HQ single model. Yeah, like it's where to scrimp the points on that particular model, isn't it? As you're going through the rest of the army. Yeah, what to take and what not to take. So yeah, but yeah, very cool. Um, it is good that you can you know customize that model so much um and get him to do what you kind of want him to do the only thing i think that lets him down is i don't think there's a way of improving his initiative no i don't think there is uh but yeah you're right you can track that but i'm making it incredibly survivable but yeah yeah okay if anything that's got um concussive on it maybe attack wise that's uh, the only option you're going to have. Yeah, is... I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean the, the the worst nightmare, I suppose, is you're going to get minced by a a um something like a Primark, for example. Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah, could take you to bits. But you can very easily give this guy a three plus save, three plus invom save, mm-hmm. um, without you know breaking the sweat. So yeah, very good. Like I say, lots of different um, uh, unique options with that particular unit, as you'll find out, no doubt, in our lists. Cool. So, who wants to go next? Talking about the Securitari Axiarch. So, this is... Shall I go for this one? So, this yeah. is... Yeah. As, as Graham just pronounced it, I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> the Securitari HQ added in Inferno. Um, yeah. A bit more like a space marine than Securitari. Um, it comes at 60 points with his standard equipment, um, which will come to those. But he can also get a refractor field... Radium pistol, arc maul, uh, titan shard armor, uh, which gives him gives him a three plus save, and it will not die. Uh, Axiarchs also grant all Sekitara an attachment. One of four rules: a five plus feel no pain, move through cover, plus one to armor penetration, or preferred enemy infantry. Ouch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, radium pistol. What does that do at time? Yeah, this is one of those <laughs> frantically trying to get ahead of you because I thought, I don't know what that does either. Let me see if I can find it. Um, oh, uh, radium pistol. Everything somewhere. Oh, it's in bouquet, is it? Sorry, the door stop for me. Serves no further purpose soon. So just. Might be in battle scrolls. I put bouquet somewhere. Where have I put it? This makes for exciting radio. It does. It certainly does. So, um, so when he's seen in this, he tends to be a second HQ to the Magos. We've yeah. only seen him twice in person. Uh, the first time was as a base character, but with a power fist to make the most of his three attacks. The second time, he had a Mastercraft Photon Gauntlet, Augury Scanner, Omnispecs, and Shatter Sphere Grenades. And he works best in army with plenty of sec- Secretary. Yeah, which definitely. makes sense. Yeah. But that three plus, it will not die. is pretty good. Sorry about that, isn't it? I'm just trying to swallow and talk at the same time. Always a always a deadly combination. Mm. Um, I think uh, for that. I don't see the radium pistol in um in book. In, book in, in Inferno. Oh no, here it is. Here it is. It's at the front. It's at the front. Um, uh, it's at the front of the section. Uh, radium pistol is um 12 inch range, 
strength free ap5 pistol with rad poisoning so um a wound roll of a six causes two wounds on the target regardless of the of the uh, toughness each wound is allocated and saved against separate also oh, it's the same as it was in 40k okay okay cool that's pretty nasty um yeah the the, the thing you can give sick target though, that's pretty good five plus three on a pain yeah um, plus one to armor penetration which isn't, which isn't massively useful for them because they're going to haywire stuff, so armor penetration doesn't really come into the game. I suppose, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, Move I mean, I think the, I would go for the, yeah, either move through cover or um, the five plus Fiona Pain. Because they are a bit of a, as we'll probably find out later, I don't, think, I don't know if anybody's put them in, but the Securitari usually are used, you know, to get forward with the haywire and just remove big tanks or vehicles or knights yeah. or whatever, aren't they? Yeah, so yeah. they're a bit of a suicide unit, but they inevitably end up taking off more points worth of stuff than they cost. So, you know, it's one of those sort of trades, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So um, those are the two uh, sort of HQ choices specifically we um, sort of pulled out for Tagmata. Uh, the next one, which I kind of naughtily strayed onto last week or last month, rather, which was... Um, that wasn't these ones. This is the next one, actually, is the uh, Agis... Oh, I can never respond. This is Agis Covenant. Yes. Secularis Covenant. Yes. This is, yes. So these are the um, cheapest unit in Heresy at 35 points, um, and they are basically the tar pits of the world. So they've got super low stats, very poor fighting ability. Um, you can upgrade their leadership seven to fearless by taking the right of pure fort which is a very sensible thing to do. And if but if you do that, you'll prevent them firing overwatch or making sweeping advance, which is probably no big deal, to be honest with you. They have, uh, as a start, a six plus fear and a pain. For 35 points, this is for 10 models, by the way. Yep. Um, you can upgrade it to five plus um, and give them hatred with the Revenant uh, alche- Alchemistry upgrade. Uh, but they do then end up getting slow and purposeful. So they can't overwatch anyway, so it's no big deal, but it means they can't run, which could be a problem. Um, they can also be upgraded to Carapace Arm, which will give them a 4-plus armor save. So 4-plus armor save and a 5-plus Feel No Pain save, or Feel No Pain uh, roll. But they're only Toughness 3 as well, so um, that's also worth mentioning. Weapons wise, they come stock with just the Lazlocks which is a strength four las gun with a shorter range. I think it's about 18. Uh, they can swap them out for mitre locks, which reduces the range even more, but gives them a shred. And you can improve them their shooting by giving them induction charges, which doubles the number of shots for just 15 points. But they are still only blister skill two, remember, so you need to be hitting on fives. Um, another option is to give the, the, the entire squad heavy chain blades, which buffs their attacks to strength six AP four, which can be pretty useful, actually. Um, so Michael's and my actually encounters the last time we kind of went toe to toe with these was in big squads of 20. Um, teaming up with the uh, Lacrimata tech priest auxilia, carapace armor and heavy chain blades with the right of pure thought and remnant alchemistry. This basically gives them a four plus save and a four plus field of pain and being fearless. So they are really tough yeah. and they cost that particular loadout, I think costs about 125 points because I've used it um, in my list. And I think that is about the 
one of the best value units you can get in the game, as we discussed last month. Last month's episode. I think these are they're expensive to buy because the figures only come from Forge World, so that's probably why you don't see too many of them. But you know, big blob of twenty. They can't run, which is problematic. Um, so there is a downside to them uh, if you give them all of the upgrades. But they will just sit on an objective and stay there, and you'll have to wade through twenty of these things to get them out of the way. Now, as mentioned, the four plus field of pain becomes slightly irrelevant because anything with a higher strength than a um, heavy bolter will double them out anyway. But, you know, you could tarp it um, like your custodians, for example, Chris. Oh, yeah. They, um, <clears throat> you know, they could, they, could, they could hold that squad up for a bit because it's going to take time to get through 20 of these so-and-sos. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah they're, and they're not going anywhere. The fearless makes them, you know, almost immovable. You have to kill every last one of them. And they're scoring, of course. So I think they're a fantastic troop choice. One of the best in the game. Yeah, so definitely, definitely get the Graham Mills seal of approval. Um, but yeah, I still think they're one of the best that you can yeah. get. Okay, so then we're moving on to the Secutari uh, Peltas Phalanx. Um, these are the Titan Guard. So basically Secutari with Feel No Pain, Relentless and Galvanic Casters for 120 points. Um, they've got four plus armor and a Chiropatis field, which gives them reroll ones on a save if the unit has 10 or more models. Uh, if they number five galvanic casters or more, they uh, can also once per game give an ally within 18 inches shrouded. And yes, you can do this for Titans if multiple Peltas pel- no. use the ability. You're kidding. I wish I was. I just suppose shrouded on the time would, would only give it a five plus cover save, wouldn't it? Because you can't really hide it in cover unless you've got a big building. Yeah, it's basically a blind barrage. So it's your landing pad to hand. Uh, <laughs> you need two of the Secutara units to simultaneously use the blind barrage, which is sort of like the um, what they do with the um, the galvic ca- galvanic cast um, yeah. things. They basically fire a barrage of blinding light or whatever to get right. you know to give a titan okay yeah um, shrouded shrouded I'm with so. You. nice um so that's quite nice now they can all buy arc mauls arc rifles power weapons or radium carbines to replace the galvanic casters now until recently i'd usually see them in 20 man blobs all armed with radium carbines in a triorus uh sent to an objective and then using the triorus's cover because 20 free shot radium carbines with ballistic skill 5 is rather tough to deal with. Yep. What's the strength of a radium carbine? In fact, what does a radium carbine even the do? The radium carbine is um, is uh, an 18 inch um, strength free AP5 assault free weapon with rad poisoning. So that is if you get a roll of 6, um, it causes 2 wounds regardless of the toughness and allocated and saved separately gotcha so you could do quite a lot of wounds well i suppose was it strength was it strength again three straight so, yeah so you'd need to be wounding marines on fives wouldn't you so not too bad lots of shots mind yeah because what what they also have as well is they've got this uh, uh um secretary have a secure secretary hazard pro- protocol so um at the um beginning so um uh basically they um uh they standard ballistic skill is increased by plus one and they yes. may make snapshots at bs2 but they can't make run moves and their weapon skill and initiative are reduced by minus one 
Okay. So right. you can get you can get forty shots. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Sixty shots. Sixty sorry. shots. Yeah. Sixty shots with ballistic skill five. Yes, I suppose the only thing is the wounding, isn't it? But yes, that's still a lot of shots. Yeah. That's a phenomenal number of shots. But more recently, I've seen them with arc rifles in a Triorus, Termite, or Arvus Lighter, or a yeah. Macro Accurate Explorer, um, because they um, um, to basically go up to a vehicle and unleash a rain of haywire shots on them, because two shots with a six-inch range uh, with the haywire. So the arc rifle is 12 inches, um six strength six ap5 rapid fire haywire so it's six inch range it's two shots yeah. um so a 10 man squad you're usually getting about 15 haywire hits on average yeah yeah so that's cool it's not cold it's a, it's a long freaking way from cold yeah <laughs> it's wrong i tells you wrong everything about that is wrong <laughs> who wrote whoever wrote this wants a good wants to have a good look at themselves in the mirror frankly because whoever, so, whoever wrote what particularly the the rules the, or the, yeah. the text that you have in front of you no the rules <laughs> <laughs> fifth in haywire shots who's going to survive that nothing is anything i mean i think titans can ignore haywire can't they but uh, i right think way. so yeah i think so um, but anything else you're just going to delete it so that nice 590 point um fell blade or whatever just gone because yeah. some ropey geezers have fallen out of an arcus and shot you that's what i need that's what i need allied to my custodes what more of those just <laughs> but these aren't even the worst ones actually to be fair i, th- I think that their their twisted <laughs> evil brethren are even worse and the hoplites the hoplites because i think the hoplites are more designed for shooting aren't they or yeah. and the hoplites are the stabby ones aren't they Let's have a quick look. Oh no! According to this, the, oh, yeah, you're right. The, yeah, they're the stabby ones. Yeah, the stabby ones. Yeah, but okay. Go on. Yeah. No, no, that's cool. Um. So I'll, I'll talk about these then because you can barely, my barely uh, <laughs> veiled contempt. So if the Pelas, which we talked about above, are the shooty secretary, the Hoplites are the more combat orientated versions. They have arc lances and a mag inverter shields, which gives them a five plus invon. Their arc lances shoot strength five AP five shot with haywire and also haywire in close combat. So basically a unit of these popping out of a transport, like we've mentioned, the Arvus lighter or a termite is going to destroy most vehicles um, from fairly short range. So, yeah, obviously being a fan of vehicles, this is a massive pain for me to deal with, particularly and, you know, let's be honest, you do need a, a reasonably good counter for armour breakthrough. Well, this is it, because you couldn't stop them getting to you unless you put in something like a Derrida to shoot the lighter down. Um, but even then, you know, they're going to get out of the vehicle. All they've got to do is be close enough to shoot. I think if you're going to try that trick to sort of delete super heavies with these, you'd need the uh, hoplites. I think they're a better unit for doing it because they've got a shooty more ranged one whereas these guys i think have got a shorter range plus they would have to assault you which they can't do from any of their vehicles on the first turn they get out of them but yeah basically i've seen i've had models go down to the um, vehicles and dreadnoughts things go down to these yeah it's just too easy i think (laughs) i think it's uh, you know it's it's you know like i say you're gonna have what 10 men in a, I think you get 12 people in a lighter, you get 20 in a Trios um, 
20 of these guys or the certainly the hoplites 20 of these guys would give you 40 potential hits i think against a vehicle if you got close enough to it nothing will survive that with haywire because you just you don't even need to do arm penetration you just need to roll a d6 and not get a one yeah, yeah it's just yeah brutal. absolutely brutal i mean i don't know what, what i do you know what i i just even looking at them makes me makes me shake with with sheer rage. Oh, yeah, I um, think the models are really good for these. <laughs> so these well, are an upgrade uh, kit, aren't they, for the plastics? Is that right? They do. Yeah. Um, so you can Come buy on. them as a set yeah. for forty five quid with the bits, or you can buy the the spears, shields, and the other bits and pieces separately. Okay. Like twenty five quid, I think it is. Got it. I mean, they're great at what they do. I mean, you know, they are oh, yeah, very good at that. There's nothing that's better at what they do than them. No, I mean the termite particularly is a good good twist on that. Um, you know, then things coming up the ground with these guys jacking the boxing out, really good. But the Trios, you know, which we haven't talked about separately, is a fantastic transport vehicle. Guess and what? very cheap. So yes. So yeah. Anyway, uh, now that I've got that out of my system, we can I, I, I noticed, just very quickly because you've made some you've you've made some interesting notes on the the text. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read this out for the listeners just so we can. Just so we can, uh, <laughs> everyone can fully grasp the, the thoughts, the, the, the mindset of, of my dear brother. Second worst unit in the game in capitals. Yes. I have nothing but utter contempt for them. <laughs> like Mechanicum need more haywire with three question marks after it. Yes. But at least these guys have to assault to, to delete your super heavy tank. It's the um, next line that I like, the, the best yes. bit. And a separate sentence on a separate yes. line. Lazy heresy. Graham, uh, the yes. Arc Lance has a 12-inch range, strength 5, AP 5, Assault 1, Haywire shooting attack. Yes. They, they, do, not, they do not have to uh, assault to kill your vehicle. No, no, you're right. The other ones are better because they get rapid-fire ones. Yeah, yeah. So the other ones are better. Yeah. I mean, there's still your chances are 10 shots from a lot for from them hitting on twos and then basically doing a whole point on more than one they're going to take care of most things most squadrons will just evaporate in front of them yep 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 as i mentioned yes i think i was having a particularly bad day at work actually and uh yes but i you know if people consider tanks lazy heresy then just saying okay just saying so chris do you want to talk about the next unit oh yeah let me just uh, just i was i was looking at the models in in wonderment <laughs> uh, i've got it i can't even it's banned from my my um special host file and take me away from the as soon as it comes in fair enough uh so yes the triaris armored conveyor so 135 points uh 14 12 12 uh with four hull points it's pretty sturdy. It comes with a flare shield as well, so that's 15 on the front. That's a tough, tough nut to crack it by anybody's, uh, anybody's money. It has a shock ram, so when it rams, it's uh, armor value 15 and does haywire damage, because why wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> when it tank shots, it does D6, strength 6, AP5 wounds, in addition to the normal tank shock uh, result. 135 yeah. points. Yep. <laughs> 135. Uh, two Volkite Sentinels, which are basically two Volkite Chargers that fire independently and can target different units than the Mauler Bolt Cannon of the Trieras. 
uh, and has a transport capacity of 20 models. Obviously, if you're putting bulky things in there, that's halved and so on and so forth. Not everybody knows that. 100. So, <laughs> 35 yeah. points. Yeah. It's the same amount as uh, my one, the Custodes Transport. I think it's better than the Custodes one, isn't it? Maybe it's not as quick, I suppose. It's faster. Uh, Custodes one's faster. It's got a better gun on the front. Yeah. But it's. I think it's about the same number of points... In fact, it might be less points than the Solar Auxiliary Dracosian Transport, which is nowhere near as good. Just saying, but you can't compare points with units because that's wrong, or at least different armies. But it yeah. still seems it's a really tough transport to deal with. And in fact, the Mauler bolt cannons on it also are a, are a little surprise package, aren't they? Definitely, definitely. So go on, okay. carry on about the Volkite stuff. We're not finished yet, have we? So. We're not finished yet, he says. Yeah, uh, yeah so... Yeah, it's got the Volkite Sentinels, basically two Volkite Chargers that fire independently and can target different units than that of the Mortarbot Cannon. Yeah. And they're pretty useful. We like, you know, Volkite's always a nice little... Yeah, uh, Michael loves a Volkite. Does you love a Volkite? Yeah. I yeah. think it's a, it's a great transport, this one. Like, very tough. Um, Good-looking model as well. Um, yeah. Quite, uh, the flare shield, the built-in flare shield, so you don't have to pay the whatever it's thirty-five plus points you pay from normally, makes it very difficult to deal with. Um, but having said that, it's got quite a thin front arc, so um, you know you can get side shots on it quite easily in comparison to squarer models. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like I say, we've seen it. Michael and I have seen this used to great effect with Mervadons, because uh, you can get a bag full of Mervadons in there, no bother because it's got a 20-man capacity, and they can come out and melt anything in Armour 3, basically. So, yeah. I think what's so, always a good sign is that this when this came out, we hadn't seen a model like it. Yeah, yeah, very different. Um, I remember it when it came out, and everyone was like, wow. Yeah. Um, it is so... We've seen you know, mostly the starty stuff at that point. This came along, and it was just like, yeah. yeah this is impressive. Yeah, it definitely... And then the the future models that come out from Mechanicum have kind of kept with that kind of design principle. They? They, they look a bit 50 sci-fi. I think there's a little bit of that in there, which is very, very cool. steampunk is obviously. Isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, yeah. So also very good at transporting tech frolls and yes. objectives because it's sturdy. So a big unit, 20 tech frolls just getting out and sticking an objective. So mm. very good at doing that. Um, okay, so uh, moving on to the fast attack section, um, we've got the Ursarax uh, cohort. Uh, this is a close combat version of the Phalax. It starts at 175 points, um, but trades its jetpack for a jump pack, and they come with twin lightning claws, um, which they tr- can trade for power fists. And in its in its chest, it's got a Volkite incinerator. Um, now the Volkite incinerator is a 10 in 10 inch strength 5 AP5 assault 2 weapon with the flag rate but you can also use it in close combat and exchange all of your close combat attacks for a single strength 6 AP2 instant death attack which I don't know if it's all worth trading your attack your, your close the, combat attacks all but the thing is with this is if because that's not done at initiative 1 Oh, uh, right, yeah. I see what you mean. 
Ah, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it now. I get why you, you would, would do that. If you've got the lightning claws, and you've got the little kit out with lightning claws, and you come across a squad of Terminators, for instance, um, and you can do this, although you're not going to, you know, if you've got other power fist Terminators you're facing, you're going to be able to get this in because you're initiative two. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see why but it might be useful. It does now. have. I mean, I've uh, I, I'm denied over it because I've I've got twelve of these guys, and I was thinking, why would I ever use that? That I can think of being the reason really is okay, cool. it gives the lightning claw ones something they can hurt ap2 with, but it's only one attack but it's yeah. better than nothing just a just another um actually the blast thing that you talked about there which is this strength six it can only be used in close combat against models with infantry jump infantry or jetpack infantry types so you can't yeah. use it against vehicles but yeah um not bad not a bad little thing i mean they're strength five anyway, so power fists, I'm assuming, is going to double their strength to ten. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be absolute monsters. They can yeah. be. Uh, Paltis, I, I think they're quite tempting because Ursaraks are only initiative two anyway. Yes. So, uh, but no massive loss, is it? But they cost ten points each. So they can get very expensive. And yeah. I think if you're attacking uh, Marines, you'll get more wounds with strength five lightning claws. Than the strength 10 power fists <clears throat> yeah i see what you mean i mean you've got that basically they become 60 points to throw then don't they yeah. 50 points for a new ursarex and a plus 10 points for the power fist versions yeah, like Two, 10 points twice it's each uh, power fist you pay for i'll exchange their lightning claws it says okay yeah i see what you mean is it lightning claw or lightning claws because they come with twin lightning claws Exchange their lightning claws for power fists. So no, I think that would be two power fists. Unless I'm reading it wrong. Let me just quickly uh, get to that particular page in the rule. I think you're. I'm just trying to think about how when I've costed them up for. Yeah. Range gone blank at this point. So thalax troops, thickorax, fast attack. Thorax, so. so where are we? May exchange their lightning claws for power fists, 10 points per model, yeah. Yeah, so it's two power fists for 10 points. Yeah. 10 points, yeah. All right, okay, I've got it wrong then. And I'm assuming that that means that they would get an extra attack as well, wouldn't they? Because that'd be two specialist yeah. weapons. Three specialist weapons, yeah. It's the same as lightning claws. Yeah. So, you know, good unit, really good unit. I, I must have, when I fought against these, I've targeted these with absolute priority because they can really, they're quick with the jetpacks. So they're going to be up in your grill, classic crystal, very quickly, yeah. aren't they? That's what yeah. they're going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, personally, I take twin power fists on one model in three and keep the rest as lightning claws. I think you probably want to balance, but I don't think I think I'd probably go for more power fists than um, lightning claws. So I think actually ten points for two power fists is, is a pretty reasonable upgrade. One, two, three. I'm just looking at what I've got here. Four. Yeah. Five. five i think i've got five and five six and six on that yeah i think you need a balance because then you, you should got but i mean lightning claws at initiative two you're right i suppose unless you're going against terminators with power fists you can at least try and get some attacks in and hope that you get you know they fail a few saves i mean these are i mean they're, they're tough little models they're not um going to go down to I mean, volume of Combat is always going to be their their downfall, but you know toughness five. Yeah. yeah unless you come against someone with a paragon blade, anything like that. How many yeah. wounds they got? Two or three. Uh, 
Two wounds. Three wounds each, sorry. So, yeah, so uh, they are really tough, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, the idea is they stay there and they'll dish out their combat. They'll, you know, they've got a five up, feel no pain. Four, yeah. plus, vulnerable, uh, four plus save, sorry. Uh, no vulnerable save, but yeah, I think they're, you know. It's a good unit, really good. They're, they're, they're expensive, that's the thing. All these um, Lorica Thalanx models are, you know, 175 points for three of them. So that's, it shows yeah. how expensive. I suppose so, but I mean, if you think about the wounds, that's nine yeah, wounds, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. And they're also, that's nine wounds that are quite hard to get get through. You've got to work together. Yeah. But yeah, good unit, I think. Definitely a very good unit indeed. Okay. So who's next? Then on the conveyor belt of doom. I think um, I think it might be me. No? Yes, yep. it is you. Yeah, okay. So um, the Avengers Strike Fighter. So this is... A uh, very old four-drilled flyer that in heresy can only be taken by the Mechanicum. Is it only them that can take it? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I couldn't see anyone else being able to take can it. Can you take it in a um, solar or strike wing thing? Oh, yeah, I think you can take it in the orbital strike wing, yeah. You yeah. have to take more than two of them, wouldn't you? Or can you just take one thing from an orbital strike wing? Possibly. Yeah. Anyway, something to think about. But anyway, it's, it's you don't see them very often because I think for that very reason. Um, we had two of them at Company of Legends. We did. We did. So it comes armed with the Avenger Bolt Cannon, which is a 36-inch Strength 6 AP3 Heavy 7 weapon, which is the same one as it's on the Fire Raptor, um, and a pair of LAS cannons. So it can easily take on infantry and armour for its, its very cheap price of 150 points. Um it also can take some other weapons like six tactical bombs, and these bombs are strength six AP4 barrage blast, and there's one of those uh, unique weapons to that particular flyer. And they can also have the option of two auto cannons, two multi lasers, and the reliable as ever two crack and penetrator missiles, or a pair of missile launchers with frag and crack missiles. So um, similar kind of loadouts to the lightning strike fighter um, that you get for most other armies. Um, but it has got that really good cannon on the front, which is um, very useful against Marines, um, as you find out when you use it for anybody who's used one on a Fire Raptor. So, yeah, it's good value, good value points there. I don't like the model very much, personally. I don't know why something about it annoys me, but it just doesn't look uh, quite right. No, I, know. I think it's that thing of... Um, looking at the the, the the new aesthetic from a lot of the flyers i mean it is very um what is that like sky captain yes yeah yeah, yeah. kind of look um or like a 1980s world war Two sci-fi film yeah i know uh, what you mean like something that was yeah sort of dreamt up in some secret lab somewhere yeah um has also got an anti-aircraft weapon because i mean flyers can fire in skyfire mode with all their weapons but this one i think is just for skyfire which is this um single rear mounted which is kind of unique heavy stubber with skyfire but um it can target it's independently targeting other things so you could use it to shoot down other flyers but it's only strength four i think heavy stubber so it's fairly unlikely it's going to happen um Upgrades wise, you can also give it the ever reliable battle server to control, um, which I think is giving it tank hunter. Is that right? Yes, tank hunter. Yeah. Um, which would go well with the crack and penetrating missiles, a chaff launcher, and infrared targeting, which gives it night fighting. 
it, oh, it's, there is a downside to it, though, that is only ballistic skill three. But as you're mostly going to be targeting stuff uh, on the ground, it's not too bad because you get strafing runs. So really, it's ballistic skill four. But its bigger, biggest issue is only two hole points and it's 12, 10, 10. So it will go down very easily unless you have uh, neutralized any anti air that your opponent has. I mean, that's better than the lightning, which is, I think, um, in fact, most flyers are with 11 at the front. Yeah, but the lightning has the uh, a lot of the um, a lot. You know, you can make upgrades to the lightning, like the chaff launcher and the. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think twelve's not a bad front armor. I mean, side armor ten does suck a bit for sure. Um, and usually, most flyers, the biggest arc they have is in the side, isn't it? So yeah, I totally get that. You can take it down with bolters basically if you shoot enough of them at it. There's yeah, only two hole points as well. So yeah, something to worry about. But yeah, that is a good downside, <clears> I suppose. And um, so what's next? And next is actually that self-same <laughs> thing we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. So that was me. Yeah, oh, it's me. Oh, okay. So I, was, I was lost in the uh, the aesthetics of things. Uh, so the Lightning Fighter. The Lightning already better than the Avenger as it's political four. Uh, so much better to deal with the anti with, with other flyers uh, with the stock lance cannons for 135 points. Uh We've seen it in sort of one of a couple of roles, either as anti-air, uh, in which case we'd give it a pair of auto cannons, or as a ground attack craft. Then um, you have even more options to specialise, because yeah. you could take the ground tracking auguries for a strafing run to deal with tanks, which is always fun, um, and the crack and penetrating missiles, uh, always useful for that sort of thing. You can also uh, also be good as anti-air duties. Um, if it's a Thunderhawk, you need to take down as well, especially with the Penetrator. The yeah, yeah. Prospects... yeah the, oh. the Kraken Penetrators. I've seen Kraken Penetrators take down a Thunderhawk. It was hilarious. That's, it's, uh, that's, it's, a, that's a tough day at the office for the Thunderhawk owner, it isn't really it? It really is, yeah. But they're is e they can do it very well. Yeah, I mean, I suppose... What's, uh, I can't remember what the strength of them. They've got Armor Bane, haven't they? Them Kraken yeah. Penetrators. So strength 8, Armor Bane, I think. Um... So, you know, you're rolling two dice for armor pen. Thunderhawks um, without its void shields is armor 12, I think, but for a flyer. So, yeah, I would imagine. With the, and you could put four um, crack and penetrate missiles, I think. Is it four you could put on? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. On, the, on a lightning. I mean, we've seen these all over. Two, I mean, they're, used, yeah. you know, they're used all over the place for. Um, Scott, who I played at Comic Legends, he had, I'm sure he had one in his army. I remember a wing falling off. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was this, <laughs> this particular model. Got it. Um, that's, again, I like. I really like the model yeah. on these. Um, you can. I was just quickly going back to the the, the crunch of it. Uh, you can also have the Sun Fury heavy missiles, twin leap multi melters, and missile launchers. There's also the electromagnetic storm charge. Never seen it used. Seen. No, I don't know what it does. Uh, and you get the Vosvex bomb cluster. Oh, I do, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Very good at taking out infantry, but yes. Don't. You don't want to get hit when you're carrying it. No, it's got the dangerous cargo rule, hasn't it? Yeah. So, um, I've, I mean, I have one of these, and I've used it with quite a lot with my own warriors. Um, it's a good point that you make at the end there, Michael, that it can get very expensive very quickly. And what I found myself doing was I was ending up with this two-hole-point model with fairly low armour, costing 230, 240 points. And it's like, well, I'll just take a Storm Eagle for the same points because it's more survivable with 12 all round for example because i generally use the strike fighter as an anti-aircraft thing 
to sort of yeah. fly around and bother other planes. But, you know, you, it's a very good model to bring on for dealing with um, Spartans, with the Kraken penetrators. You know, you can bring it on turn two, you can line up your shots so you ignore the flare shield on the Spartan, and you can just thump a load of missiles into it and hope for the best. So, yeah, expensive, yeah, but can be good. I think there are, there are always certain models that have certain roles that sort of fall into that trap, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think it's easy, you know, we've all, we've all done it at various points where we've gone, but this is the thing that's going to do this, but actually it never quite fulfills its potential. Yes, and I think that another good example of that is the Venator tank. Two shots, strength 10, never hits with both. No. So, yeah, you're right. But anyway, that's but the yeah, this, uh, yeah, it's uh, 11, 11, 10 armour, as we just said, only two, only two hull points. Um, but you have the chaff launcher, which gives you a four uh, plus invulnerable against missiles. Mm-hmm. Agile, which gives you plus one to jink. Uh, you can also take the ramjet, ramjet diffraction grid, which can decrease the strength of incoming shots by one. Mm, never use that. And so you think plus one to your jink, minus one to your incoming shot strength. That's quite a useful little combo. Yeah, true. But again, it's just you know, points, isn't it? Or as we said, it gets expensive quickly. It's very expensive. It's only two hundred points. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then we move on to the tarantulas, Mister B. Tarantulas, uh, great little weapons, um, and you get a nice little list of weapons for it for the Mechanicum. Although they're only free actually on sale, so lots of conversions are going to be needed. Uh, your basic one costs thirty points and comes with a twin-linked heavy bolter. Um, so what you can take for it, you've got the twin-linked multi-laser, um, twin-linked heavy flamers, uh, twin-linked rotor cannons, twin-linked mauler bolt cannon, uh, twin-linked photon, <clears throat> photon thruster, uh, a quad gun, um, so you can use a quad, a, a just defense line for that one. Uh, oh, yeah. You've got twin-linked las cannons and a multi-melter and searchlights. So right. that's pretty good. Now you can upgrade it to have the scout rule um have shrouded until the first time it fires its weapon or can be deployed via deep strike now when you set it up it has to fire in one or two modes i have a point defense mode which gives it a fixed 90 uh, degree arc with 36 inch range or in sentry mode with a 360 degree fire arc but only an 18 inch range now some of the weapons must also fire at a preferred type of target depending on what it's armed with uh, unless one of them is not in line of sight, which means that different equipped tarantulas in the same unit can fire at different units. Okay. So you've got heavy bolters, heavy flamers, or rotor cannons must fire at the nearest enemy non-vehicle unit, and las cannons or multi-melters have to fire at the nearest vehicle or monstrous creature. Okay. There's some good interesting options. I don't know. You could take the quad gun outside of the Age of Defense line, which is actually a pretty good anti- anti-aircraft gun. Yeah. Um, if I'm honest, uh, the twin link multi, the Mauler bolt cannons, that's quite cool because the Mauler bolt cannon is is a great sort of anti-marine a- gun, isn't it? Yeah, AP3. Mm. So that is that is quite good. Um, so, there are, I know, I know, like I said, there's only so, so many available from GW. I mean, I know um, Cromlech do a variation on this. They do yeah, like a okay. rotor cannon one. Uh, a bolt one last cannon one so if you wanted to have the um the mauler bolt cannon ones the chromnik ones actually look quite similar to how yeah. the mauler bolt cannons look on uh the castellax mm-hmm. 
Um, so there are there are options available, and you know, just it means going third party, which I know some people get. Yeah. Um, funny about, but yeah, there are certainly options for that. Yeah, cool. definitely, definitely. Don't see many of them now, do you? No, no I've really. got nine of them. Crikey! Wow. I, sh- I bought them for my fists. Um, I've got multi melters and I've got the melters and the las cannon ones. Right. I, I must admit I've got three las cannon ones. I've got one las cannon one that I got for my that I use as a test model for my word um, world eaters. Um, but that's the only one I've ever used. Hmm, interesting. I think they're useful. I think there's certain armies that will that they fit more in. Yeah, it's the, it's the poor ballistic skill, isn't it, that, that does them in? Because I think yeah. they've got quite a poor ballistic skill when they're in auto fire mode. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so uh, yeah. So next out of the bag, this is an, this is an interesting little thing. This. So this is the uh, Arvus lighter, which you know, when it came out, people were like, "What's the point of this thing?" Well, actually, it's a it's a pretty good way of getting um, when you, in the Mechanicum haven't got um, a lot of flyers, have they? So yeah. it's in fact this is the only transport one that they have, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for 75 points, you get a transport that can take 20, 12 models. Uh, it has a big list of possible upgrades and weapons, which can be extended its survivability. But normally, once they drop a passenger, it's it's a done deal, basically. It's it's there to get things into where they need them and then get the hell out of there or just blow up in a similar way to what you would do with a Rhino. Um, if you do take weapons, you can spend five points to twin link them. Um, and you get a choice of multi-laser, autocannon, or las cannon. Personally, I think the autocannon does what the multi-laser does, but better. And it's the same point. So I would agree with that, actually. I think the autocannon on this is probably the best bet. Yeah. It can be upgraded to uh, uh, to carry, I didn't know this, a single Castellax or two Vorexes. But this is quite pricey. It's only really useful if they are paragons of metal, of course. Um, oh, and it can also take a flare shield if you wanted to give it super survivability. So... Um, these are quite common, aren't they? I say you can either put the um the the uh, whatever they're called the skitari kind of like pelasts. Yeah. You see them in these, and um, you also see. I actually saw some um, tech thralls in one as well. You know because they're quite good at um moving them onto there and getting onto an objective, which is what you want to come with tech thralls to do. So there are you see them quite often with this army, and it has got its place. Seventy five points isn't bad. I would argue, though, with the advent of the termite, whether the termite's a better bet, which somebody can talk about now. Yeah, so, um, Chris, termite? So, um, oh, come on, where have you gone? Sorry, it's all blind. There we go. Oh, yes, there we are. Terex termite. Terex pattern at termite assault drill. Uh, so, it's 85 points, 12 man capacity. Has the so it's a reverse drop by transport basically. Yeah. Uh, 12, 12, 10, three hull points. Can't transport bulky or above models, so your thalanx aren't going to go in it, unfortunately. Yeah. Comes um, with. Gone. Uh, neither would your um, HQ choice if you're giving them a bayon. Yeah. Because they're bulky, very bulky. The colors, yep. Yeah. Uh, comes with two 20 Volkite chargers, which can be exchanged to heavy flamers if you want to. So it uh, when it arrives, it's just like a drop pod. You place the large blast marker and scatter it. Any vehicles or fortifications under the blast marker take a strength 10 hit on their side armor, and other units take a strength 6 AP4 hit instead. Oh, I suppose we should note that you can't place the blast marker initially yes. no, on top to, of another unit. Yeah, yeah no, you, you, you have to bring it and hope it scatters, basically. Yeah, nice. 
Um, the blast marker then becomes permanent difficult terrain and the termite can be placed anywhere. The blast marker has finished up to... Uh, sorry, the blast marker finished up... One inch away from other models. Okay, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, if models are still in the way, the controlling player moves them so they are one inch away from the template, uh, from right. the termite. If they can't, then they are crushed to death and removed from the battle. Wow. After that, the termite then moves as a normal vehicle with the exception of not moving faster than combat speed and can never make flat out, uh, so ever move flat out uh, with its melter cutters, allowing it to ignore difficult and dangerous terrain. Okay. And a plus two to its strength when ramming fortifications. Oh, that's quite cool. I've never seen yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Well, I'm still surprised we haven't seen more of these. Yeah, I am as well, you know. I mean, I, th- I suppose, you know, you can get the same thing from a drop pod, can't you, if you've got a right of war for... Um, but you're right, I've got one. I think they're going to be they're quite good fun. I know we saw a couple, I think literally only a couple at Company yeah. of Legends. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, but I think it's that thing where they can't take bulky. I think yes. if, you, if you if they could fit bulky units into them, even yeah. if it meant you can only halve in you know, as you normally do transports, you halve the the thing. If you take six cast uh, six phalanx in it, yeah, I or, think at that point you'd, you it would almost be like an auto, yeah, um, an auto include, yeah, um, and not that it's not far off that anyway. No, I think they're a good way of getting things around for sure. Um, but like I say, most people would put the Securitari hoplites in there and just delete vehicles to death, big yep. style So, yeah, good unit for that, for sure. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, so heavy support uh, section would be next, uh, moving away from the dedicated transports. Um, so the, we've, we've talked about these guys before, haven't we? Which is the Krios Battle Tank Squadron. We kind of came across them in the um, reductor yeah. list. I think these are a fantastic tank. Um, so you can take them in squadrons of three. They're 125 points each, and they've got a armor of 13 on the front, 12 on the side, 10 on the rear. They've got three hull points, and they come with a free flare shield, 125 points. Oh, um, like they are they are dirt cheap. Yeah, they're fast as well. Angry taken squadrons of three, as mentioned. Um, so they start out fairly cheap with a lightning cannon, which is 48-inch range, strength 7, AP3. Heavy one rending, large blast for shred. So pretty good anti-marine gun. But what they really excel at is if you upgrade them to be in Venator mode, uh, which you get rid of the lightning cannon and you get a Pulsar fusel, which, which hold on to your hats, kids, is a strength 9 AP2 Ordnance 4 weapon with 36-inch range, which is a fantastic anti-armor unit. In fact, oh. it's a fantastic anti-terminator unit as well. Yeah, I, th- um, I think it's, I, I think it's great. I think it, it's so much better than the other version. Yes, I mean you very rarely see the other <coughs> version, to be honest with you, because this version is just head, head and shoulders above it. This, I mean, it is with four shots at strength nine. And most anti-tank things are usually two shots, um, so they're fairly, they're fairly. If you compare that, for example, to the Venator tank, which has got slightly better armor, but that's it. Actually, marginally better armor. Slightly better on the rear, not much in it. Um, the Venator has two shots, strength 10, AP1, which is very useful, and it is ordnance. Whereas this is strength 9, AP2, but four shots ordnance. I still reckon this is going to do more whole points worth of damage than a Venator, and it's probably the best part of 70 points cheaper. Yeah. Um, you can give this the anabaric claws and a Volkite Sentinel, 
uh, and it comes stock with blessed auto simulacra so basically six plus feeling the pain um i th- like I say th- i think this is great all round, really good unit uh taking it in threes absolutely brilliant um michael's take on it was it's it, yeah like he, he agrees here we take the venators with at least one Volkite Sentinel on it so that you are less vulnerable to weapon destroyed results, which would actually render it useless, which is uh, yeah. one way to get around it. So, yeah, absolutely. The dogs, Nijinskis, I think, as, as um, I don't like the model personally, because I think it, I'm not, um, I like my tanks to have turrets, but, um, you know, it's, it, it fits it's got the very much that, yeah, that very much World War One-ish yeah. um, steampunky yeah, tractor. So- Yes, exactly. Really, really cool model. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like it. I, mean, I, I didn't think I was going to buy uh, any tanks for my Mechanicum. Yeah. But I've, yeah, I've, I've got one of these. I probably will at some point maybe get a second one because I just think that that ability for it to, to really punish to other tanks. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. See, I think this is so currently. Before you get out of all of the armor, non-armor 14 tanks and non-super heavy tanks, I think this is probably better. Or no, it's not as good as the Arcus, but it is a lot cheaper than the Arcus. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Arcus has the ability to be anti um, anti air as well, and it does have slightly more shots. But I think that this, you know, you could probably get two of these for just a few more points or maybe 70 more points than you could for an Arcus with the um, Skyfire missiles. So I think this is definitely the second best non-armor 14 tank in the game. It's that ability it's because the, and also the Ordnance special yeah. rule I think also really helps. There's two dice for armor penetration. Totally. I mean it, you know, side armor against the Spartan, four shots, I would expect you to get at least one, maybe even two whole points. Mm. You know, with a good good bit of rolling, uh, without you know, with ordnance on there as well. So yeah, definitely worth doing. Very very good. Absolutely. So what's next? The Carancus assault tank. I don't even. Yeah. Is this such a? Th- I don't even know this thing existed. I'm gonna have to look at Caracanos. Okay, so it's Caracanos. Sorry. A, a Trioris chassis vehicle that exchanges transport capacity for two late lightning blaster sentinels. And a Karkonos mortar battery. Now, the Lightning Blaster Sentinels can fire separately from the mortar and make snapshots at ballistic oh, yeah, skill two. They're basically short-range autocannons with three shots, a shred and rending, and a slightly worse AP. Uh, the mortar is a basically it's a 60-inch heavy bolter with barrage, small blast, fleshbane, radphage, ignores cover, and pinning. So it sounds great, but most of the time you're still going to get an armor save on it. And cost-wise, yeah, a Vanatar's only 25 points more. You'd take a Vanatar every day of the week, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I, if you're offering me a choice between a Krakenos and a Vanatar, I'm going to choose a Vanatar. Never seen the Krakenos, and that's probably why. Christian had one. <laughs> he used it once. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, uh, the actual model looks pretty cool. Yeah, the model is really, really cool. Love the model. Just... The yeah. if that mortar was a bit more, if it had more strength, yeah, strength five, AP four, heavy three, barrage, blast. yeah, it's not great, is it? No, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a shame it doesn't have another. Uh, you could have a choice of 
um, shots with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, what's it? Eight, what's the AP on it? Four. So yeah, I mean, just a heavy bolter, basically. Got you. Yeah, no, that's uh, that yeah. is. I can see why it's not used very often. Because you're right, you just take a Thanatar for the extra points because it's way more survivable. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right, and on to the last and final unit. Ooh. So yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, so we've got the oh hello, the new edition, the, uh, the yeah, the 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 fresh the fresh prince uh, <laughs> of of Mechanicum, the yeah. Crystalis Knight Armager Talons. So literally brand spanking new addition to the Mechanicum. Crystalis mm. uh, Knight Armager Talon is a zero to one choice for 175 points and can be taken in squads of three. Uh, it's so each one is 12, 12, 11 armor wise, and they come with two dreadnought close combat weapons, which can be exchanged for two different weapon types, the armager auto cannon or the armager thermal spear. They also have a five plus invulnerable save against shooting attacks, thanks to their ion bucklers. Okay. So the armager auto cannon, which has two shooting profiles, uh, both are 60 inches, uh, strength seven, AP three, heavy two. There is an armor-piercing round which has sunder, or an incendiary round uh, which has ignore cover. That's pretty. That's pretty good. That yeah, it is. two shots isn't bad. The armager thermal spear is 36 inches, strength eight, AP two, heavy one, melter. Wow. 36 inch melter weapon. So yeah, 18 inches and it's doing double dice. Yeah. Yep. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also take carapace-mounted weapon from a choice of melter gun or heavy stubbers. Um, they can also be given bio-corrosive rounds. Always useful. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> One of the really cool things about them is the long stride, which means that if it runs and it doesn't roll for it, it can instead always move up to 12 inches and then fire a single weapon as a snapshot after completing the run move. Um, right. So it's brand new and out there, so we're still waiting to see bit of variety because you can get the armager warglaves and the armager helverins both from gw prime yep but the thing about these is you can mix and match the weapons so do you have to buy both the sets to mix and match the weapons properly yes because the helverins only come the helverins only come with the auto cannons the warglaves come with the combat weapon and the 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 lance but you gotta remember these were you know gw designed these uh and they and they don't mix and match the weapons in, oh, yeah, in yeah. normal 40k so it's yeah. not like gw said haha we're going to put out this unit and have the two different weapons on different sprues and and you're going to be screwed because you have to buy them all to make them optimal um it's like no no forward world are saying hey let's make these a little bit different yeah i i'm quite tempted by these now i've got them too they're I pretty they're cool pretty i cool. don't necessarily love the models um I I prefer the close combat one I think he looks okay like a mini kind of knight which i suppose yeah. what the one with the two sort of stubby guns doesn't look anywhere near as cool of course the only way for graham okay. to be able to take these mm. is for him to have a knight army or a uh, mechanicum army and i've got you, knights. I've got you have knights. basically a knight army haven't you yeah, i was gonna say yeah <laughs> so i could take them. the only thing i would say about them is um if you were going to use them for uh, a starties list dreadnoughts would probably do the same thing probably a little well, bit cheaper yeah, it's that, it's that melter thing. That that melter weapon, I think, is difficult to ignore. I, I, th- I think the, the strength of the AP3 one is, is, is good. 
I, I like that. That's six sixteen inch range, strength seven AP three. So you could get two guns on each one. That'd be four shots. Twos. Most marines aren't going to get a save, and you can give it an armor piercing round, which means you could have Sander, which would give you two dice. Uh, yep. Pick the highest one, I think, and then or two, uh, one dice, and then re-roll it if you fail. And but the incendiary round is quite interesting because ignoring cover would be great against people behind defense lines. Yes, very true. Okay, so shall we move on to um, a crap, a quick crap models guide? Okay. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so Crap Modeler's Guide. Um, right, as we mentioned in previous month, there's a couple of how-to-paint books for the Adeptus Mechanicus with loads of transferable guides. No longer available, but you might find them on eBay. Uh, they're Crusaders of Machine Gods and Legions of the On the Sire. Um, there are a few, quite a number actually, of uh, Forge World, well, not Forge World, but Games Workshop painting guides on Warhammer TV and YouTube. Uh, so you've got a painting guide for Skitari Rangers, Battle Ready Martian Skitari, uh, Gamma Zool 881 armor, Gamma Zool 881 robes, Forge World's Greyer, Greyer, I'm not sure, uh, robes, uh, House Raven Armager Warglaive um, painting tutorial, Mars Vehicles Bone Colored Armor, uh, Stygie's um, 8 Skitari armor, and a Skitari Arc Rifle Glow. So that's basically our crap model's guide for this month. Yay! Very nice. good. And on to our list challenge. Okay, this is the big one then. The list challenge. So uh, this month's list challenge, we will uh, be all three of us have submitted a tag martyr styly list um which has all of the necessary requirements from different parts of the uh, mechanical world so as with all of our list challenges we rate them on three fairly arbitrary and made up criteria um which is completely uh, our own discretion as to how we apply it but loosely speaking we have three criteria the first one is the theme of the list and does it fit the theme of the army um, so is it a fair indication of the strengths or necessarily weaknesses of that particular army or um, maybe even in a particular time in the heresy when that army list could be used? The second thing is how effective it would be for a normal kind of event style game. Um, how much fun would it be to play against as well as how effective yeah. it would be? Blimey. As, as well as how effective it would be uh, uh, on yeah, the battlefield. The, the, the wife just had a sneeze. I heard that from here. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and lastly is the bit that I always forget to do, which is to actually tie up the sheer cost of this horrific uh, armies that I tend to build, because I'm always going to lose this one, because as Chris so rightly pointed out the other week, uh, what was it, Chris? Champagne tastes beer money. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Sorry. So without further ado, this is my... Um, Mechanicum Tagmata list, and probably the last time I'll ever build a list for the Mechanicum, unless I have a massive change of heart. But I have enjoyed doing it, I will say that. 
so the theme of this army is I kind of fancy the idea of d- building something around this uh, ad secularis covenant troop choice because I rate it so much. I thought it'd be nice to build an army around it. So um, I wanted to have obviously you know some big big blob units of those because I think they're a great kind of target unit. They're fantastic for holding um, objectives. The only downside with them is that they're not very quick. But in my kind of mind's eye, uh, having an army that can attack and defend, their attack process would really be charging everything forward and hoping to get into a deployment zone or into no man's land to score points or onto some objectives. In defence, if we were kind of holding objectives or doing sort of kill points based game, they would be very hard to, to shift. So they'd be great for sort of soaking up things and targeting any potential attacks from you know, elite close combat units. So this is what I built. So I had a Magos Prime, um, just a normal Magos Prime, but I kind of kitted this guy out to be more close combat-y than shooty. Um, so I've kind of, uh, all the upgrades I've given him, I hope, will help him in close combat. So he's an Arch Magos Prime, so he's been upgraded to that. And I've given him a Mastercrafted single weapon. I've also given him, which I think is a, a must-have really, for is the Machinator Array. Yep. which is very good. He's got the um, mechanic and Protector one, which is effectively the same as an Iron Halo, so a 4 plus Invon. And I've given him his Orders of the Techno Arcana, and I can never pronounce this one. Uh, is it the Lacrimarilus upgrade? Yeah, yeah. we know what you mean at that point. Yeah, so that's the one that basically means that my um, Secularis uh, can come back on a 5 or 6 if the entire unit is destroyed into ongoing reserves which means they just kind of rock up the next day and i thought that was very cool because it would add to the theme of kind of like all of these sort of mindless thralls marching across the battlefield just wave after wave of them so i thought that was particularly cool um i've put him in an abeyant because again it's a really really good upgrade uh give him an augury scanner uh giving him a cyber familiar so he's now on a two plus three plus invon uh, I've given him five, four, sorry, Cyber Ocularis, which we talked about in previous episodes. That's a very good um, unit upgrade, particularly giving some of your shooting units plus one to their ballistic skill and being able to kind of draw a line of sight from and stuff like that. So I really like that as an upgrade. Um, and also for Cyber Allergy, if that was applicable. Um, and I've also given him the very common these days, rad grenades. So people take them where they can because the minus one toughness um, that you get for having them for your opponents is also extremely useful. In terms of weapons, I've forgone any kind of shooting weapons. I've just given him a Paragon Blade at 15 points, which is a bargain, and a Chain Fist. So that would give him an extra attack they're both um, uh, specialist weapons. Uh, Paragon Blade would be great against infantry. The Chain Fist, again, great against uh, any kind of vehicles. So he's fairly massively pointed now at 325 points but that is quite a lot that's taken up in the four um little cyber ocularis which is 60 points on their own um and what have you the weapons are 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 you concerned that you fell into the trap i don't think so because i did try and get him to do one thing and he's there to do that thing so he's not a sort of master of all trades. He is very much a kid amount to be kind of close combat and there are reasons why i've got the cyber ocularis stuff in there yeah so the next thing on the list is I've given them a tech priest auxilia, um, which if you give them the, um, I've given him, I've updated him to an adapt, and he's given given him the lacking matra upgrade as well. That's basically how anything within any out secularis within six inches of him get a plus one to their field of pain. 
So I could potentially have two squads with the four plus feel of pain, but obviously you just shoot the tech priest and that's, that goes away. But I've given him uh, an augury scanner and six servo automata around him. Um, four of those have got flamers and two of them have got servo arms. So he can, he can repair tanks if he needs to. And if anything gets too close from deep striking, I'll just try and flamer them with the servo automata because I figured the flamers were a better choice because their ballistic skills are pretty rubbish. Mm-hmm. So in my troops choice, I've got three three of these are exactly the same. So three twenty man Adju Secularis Covenant guys. So that's twenty tech thralls, all with Laslocks, all with Carapace armor, all with the Reverend Al uh, Chemistry, and all with the Rite of Pure Thought. So that is a right old nasty little tarpy unit, and three of those big horde yeah. units. You're you're my worst nightmare at this point. As a pretty much, pretty much for the custodian. I faced you as a custodian custodian player, and you put sixty of these guys down with the potential yes. that more would turn up. They would just keep coming. I would. I, I, <laughs> we I we would. We wouldn't be playing doubles at Throne of Skulls. <laughs> let me tell you that. We. I did wonder whether. Um, Actually, giving them the food and pain might be slightly pointless because actually you probably want them to die and come back and put another unit on. But it's only on a six, isn't it? I five, think five or a six. Five or six. Five or six. Okay, so it's pretty good odds. Well, in comparison, I mean, getting a free unit for for a five. But they, six, the, the thing is, though, you give them that feel no pain. They're staying where they are. That's exactly it. Yeah. If you put them so if you don't worry about that and they're coming back on reserve, they've got to get to where they were. Are they going to make it? True enough. Yeah, you're right. And that is one of the downsides of this list, if I'm honest, is that if you had objectives that were a long way away, they, like they can't run because of the upgrade. Yeah. It's still purposeful. So, you know, you're going to have a struggle to get across the board, um, which is why I put in a five-man uh, Skylax, sorry, six-man Skylax <coughs> Guardian Automata Covenant. Squid mm-hmm. life. Squiddies, because I like the look of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like the look of these guys. Um, so how, how many Michaels do you have in your army? So I've got six of those, six, six Michaels, uh, all in sort of close combat mode with the enhanced array that they get. Um, so they've got rad furnaces, which of course pulls down um, the uh, toughness, I believe. So pretty damn decent unit, actually, this one. I've given them, these are going to go in my Arvis lighter, which is the next thing on the list. Well, but, um, all, all I'll say about the squids is that um, Anuj is taking them as his main, as his main troop choice. I can see in the why, beginning yeah. of the, uh, yeah. at the beginning of the tale of four warlords and they are absolutely nuts. Yeah. Oh, they're really great. Are. They are great little things. So close combat. So they basically can use like, in the combat array. They've got strength five, sorry, strength user, so they're strength four, uh, melee, maelstrom, dismemberment. So uh, dismemberment, uh, get a number of attacks and just uh, anybody's for charging and make a single attack with the dismemberment profile instead. And I think that's like an instant death thing. Plus plus three strength. AP oh, two. yes, that's right. There we go. So it makes them strength seven, AP two. Yes, melee, unwieldy. Pretty good, yep. I think. Um, and they've got these Skylax bolters, which are basically strength four, AP four. Rapid fire, 30 inch ranges. So enhanced array gives them plus one attack. So they're on three attacks, which is not bad, but they've got a few wounds each. Um, two wounds each. They're um, not bad. Toughness five, three oh, plus yeah. save, four plus save rather. Pretty useful. Another unit that's good. And what I would do is I would probably put the Magos Prime potentially with them. Yeah, um, makes sense. Uh, and they would go, uh, yeah, basically that would be the plan for them. 
stick them in there and then I would potentially then chuck them all in the Arvus lighter if I needed to get my um, close combat Emagos somewhere that I needed to do or I needed to get that squad onto an objective. So the Arvus lighter just that 75.1. Then I've got two distraction Vorax because I think they're a very good distraction unit. Um, obviously with the scout um, outflank rule coming on behind causing all manner of bother but I wouldn't expect them to survive for long but there'd be enough to cause some problems to somebody and then my only anti-aircraft unit is the fantastically great uh, unit which is the Voltrax so I've got two of those bad boys in there as well heavy support I've also picked the best of breed here with the Kios tank squadron with the Venator upgrade three of those and then I've got Myrmidons destructors just quickly, so you've got three Krios as a squadron. Yes. As opposed to separating them out. So that's 12. Yeah. yeah. 12 shots. So, yeah. Then I've got Myrmidon Destructors, of course. So these are the guys with the torrent um, flesh melting um, flamer attack. And I've chucked them. They're a tough unit anyway. Strength five, toughness five, um, power fists. I put them in the back of a Trios which we know how useful that is. Yeah. And that, that Trios can, can take a fair few guys. And the idea would be if I had to put my HQ guy with the Skylax um, squiddies, or I can put them with the Myrmidons. So I've got two options to put him in there. And last but not least, no Lord of War in this one. Um, I've got a Thanatar because, again, we think that's probably the best barrage unit that you can get. And a big lumpy robot that's hard to get through uh, is going to be troublesome. So... And it's given it paragon of metal as well. Paragon of metal, yeah, so that it doesn't have to worry about a program behaviour because you don't want yeah. that thing running riot in your back line. Nope. And I have also bought 50 points worth of defence line just to potentially make things survivable for the first turn. So that is me. I Very nice. I of everything in there, you know, try to yeah. balance everything out. So, But um, you can really make a great units with these. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> a tough list to, 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 to face. A, you're never going to get through all those tech rules. Yeah. Ever. You know, you're going to, you can swamp the enemy units you want to swamp and just carry on, let everything else kill everything else. Yeah. And it's not going to cost you 125 points to take, you know. I know, it's mental, isn't it? It's just crazy. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. <laughs> There's no toys about it. No, yeah, they are just, like I said, that's, they are tar pits. They would cause any army no end of bother yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, so that's like... so, so that's me so i haven't used the um in my defense your honor i haven't used the uh Skitari, um guys with the um haywire uh, principle but everything else <laughs> I, I mean i can't complain too loudly because i've got two voltrax in there which have got haywire attacks yeah you know, you're not the Myrmidons in there, which you've got a horrible shooting attack. So yeah, <coughs> you're not exactly an, an innocent in this. Let's be honest. Absolutely not. I give no, he's, he's definitely not. Yes. Okay. So who wants to go next after that? Uh, I wouldn't mind going. Go, okay. go for it. Come on. Okay. I've got a Megos Prime uh, on an Abeyant. Um, he's got an Augury Scanner, a Conversion Beamer. Uh, a Cortex controller, and I made him a Miradax, so that's a shooty one. So I've kept him relatively relatively plain and simple-ish. Um, back of the line shooting guy. 
um and i've got a sekitari axarch axiarch um who i upgraded to have the um arc lance um so for the uh the same as the um the, the uh hoplites um and um and i've given him shatter spear grenades um which are grenades with a rad poisoning so that's the on a six it does two wounds all right uh nice. then in my troops i've got two tech priest auxiliars um just one tech priest in all of them um both of them are lack uh lack here um sorry one is lacramantia and one is the um battlesmith type one um the lacramantia one is a major auxiliar um and they both got cortex controllers and cyber familiars uh in my troops i've got a unit of 20 tech thralls uh with carapace armor heavy chain blades relevant revenant alchemistry and the right of pure forts so that's a nice 145 point unit there yeah um then wow. i've got two units of castlexes uh two two castlex in each one with um a um uh, both have got one flamer and one bolter in their combat weapons one unit has got dark fire cannons and the other unit has got more bolt cannons then i've got a Sekutari um hoplite phalanx um with um the um arc lance um the um uh, uh the magnavarty shield uh, i've got Roman. i've got 11 11 of them <laughs> and i've given <laughs> the alpha um shatter sphere grenades then I've got a Pelast uh, Phalanx. Um, and have I given them? Sorry, just a second. Just let me have a look at that again. Uh, I think I've... Did I give them radio radium carbines? or? Yeah, they've all got radium carbines. Okay. Because uh, yeah. I thought that was the way to go. Yeah. Um, on that one, lots of shots. Nice. Um, then I've got a um, a phalanx cohort uh, with ferrix, so no upgrades at all, um, just close combat ones there. Uh, then in my fast attack, I've taken a te- uh, uh, a termite um, to put in those uh, um, hot plates, nice. um, and a squad of three vorax uh, with biocorrosive ammunition and enhanced targeting arrays. Oh, I've got an enhanced targeting arrays on the Castlex. Sorry, I should have mentioned oh, that right, before. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. And um, the Volterax, I've got two Volterax with Blessed Altar Simulacra. And then in my heavy support, I've taken a Thanatar um, and a Questorus Knight Armager Talon with two uh, two identical Armagers, both with two Armager Autocannons, biocorrosive rounds and heavy stubber class ouch so that should be fun that's a nice i like it i yeah. like it not bad at all very balanced yeah i mean that's the yeah. that's the uh that's the plan yeah and you've got your um uh whatever they're called the palace was it the palace you had yep, still yeah, it was, yeah yeah haywire hell lying in wait just for the unsuspecting tank commander yeah very good so the the plan is that the um the 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 major sits back with a flat with a fanatar and the the dark fire guys and um you know rains death from afar as best he can with his conversion beamer 
Um, then the, the, the Volterax and the uh, Pelasts, uh, not the Pelasts, the uh, Hoplites are going to go tank hunting. Yeah. Um, the um, Securitari, the Pelasts, they're going to they're going to they're going to hopefully sit on an objective um, with their radium carbines and make it difficult for you to come and get them. Um, the Tech Frolls are going to hang out with that uh, Lacrimenta priest and be a difficult unit to remove from an objective hopefully once they get to it yeah and then i've got uh, a molar bolt cannon castle x moving up the field um just causing as much havoc as possible just, just for funds just for funds and the vorax are going to pop up on the sidelines yeah and hopefully cause some havoc yeah i think they're they're really good i mean it's interesting that we you know i think that's they are they're a fantastic distraction unit you have to deal with them you can't leave them so really, really good to kind of put your opponent on the back foot. Yeah, so so the plan there is to have lots of stuff around and make it difficult for you to prioritise what you're going to target. Mm. Yeah, totally. Good plan. Very nice too. Go on in, Very nice brother too. of mine. What, so, what, what plaything can you offer me today? To I, flash I set myself a, a challenge within a challenge oh. because I wanted to build my list based on what I have already. Uh, plus 250 pounds oh interesting not including the purchases that i made previous very recently yeah so okay um so my list this is a real world list then so this is a list that basically i yeah i could i can make yeah relatively easily okay and may end up being sort of the basis well apart from a couple of units that are just put in for uh, for for this, but you know this won't be a big leap from what I take at events mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, so I've got a Magos Prime. He's nice. an Arch Magos Prime. So he's got mm-hmm. the Gin Skin, uh, Machinator Array. He has the Lacamelani or whatever it is. Same thing that I had. Yeah, everyone, same thing everybody's got. Uh, <laughs> Order of the Techno Arcana. He has yeah. an Augury Scanner, a Cortex Controller, yeah. Cyber Familiar, two Cyber Ocularis, okay. and a Rotor Cannon. Because he's being based on my guy. Yes. The, my troops choice. I've got two squads of Thalanx. Um, they both have the destructor upgrade. One. So I've got two special weapons in there. A, plas- a phase plasma fusil and a photon thruster. And they all have heavy chain blades. Right. Yes. We. Uh, that was a good combo, if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. It makes them a bit... Um, tasty bit tasty absolutely because they get tank hunter with the destructor special rules yes and when you've got that um uh the, the photon thruster it's quite nasty to to cut through holes and things yeah uh, i have three castellacs with dart fire cannons cool. uh, enhanced targeting arrays and improvisers so that means they'll be at the enhanced targeting array uh, they go to Ballistic Skill 5. Yes, that's which is correct. important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, three of those. I have an Ad Secularis Covenant of 11 Tech Thralls with Carapace Armor, Induction Charges, and the Rite of Pure Thought. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's all my troop choices. Yeah. My fast attack are. Two squads of Ursarax, uh, three power fists in each one. Nice. Uh, so two squads of six, three power fists in each. So 
three lightning claws, three power fists in each one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a Terax Termite, just box fresh, purely just for those um, Ad Secularis to live in yep. and pop and go, hello, hello when I want. Um, yeah, and stay hello on the and, Exactly, stay there and use their, twin, their extra shots from oh, the induction right. charges yeah. just to try and fend off a little bit of bit of bother. Trouble, yeah. Exactly, two Creos battle tanks. Um, in separate units, so they can fire. Ah, okay, different targets. Exactly. And then a Thanatar uh, class Siege Automata with Enhanced Targeting <laughs> Array and a Paragon of Metal. Yes. And the final 70 points of my army are an Aegis Defense Line with an Ammo Dump. Oh, hello. <laughs> a classic combo, if I may say. The, so the classic combo. Choice. Um <laughs> And that's why the Castellacs have got the plus one Blizzard skill. Yeah. Because that makes them twos. Twos, re-rolling ones. Re-rolling ones. Oh, you're a wrongin. Plus, you could technically, I mean, if they're behind a defense line, they may cover 25% of that unit. That means yep. they could get four plus cover saves as well. There is that too. Nice. Very, very nice indeed. So, finally, the, the, the final criteria would be cost. Have you costed up your marvellous... Did you manage to meet your £250 challenge, actually? I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah I, I was £267 over. Okay, it's not too well, bad. I was, I, was, yeah, I was £17 over my extra 250 quid, basically, so that's not too bad. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily take the Ad Secularis and the, ter- the Terax if yeah. I was running this list properly. Yep. Um, but it was 160 points for those two units. Which isn't bad, is it? Which isn't bad, and you know there there are certainly other things that I would I, mean, I did I, I would have liked to have got a Domitar in there. Yes. Oh, yeah, Domitar. Uh, then you got power on um, metal already, haven't you? On one of your. Thoughts? I've got it on the the, on the um, Thanatar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there would have been there's, there's certainly changes I would have made, um, you know, that I would make rather if I was running this properly. Gotcha. But that's that's pretty much yeah. I'd probably mm-hmm. get another Magos in there if I'm honest. So what did the price come out as in total then, so, uh, including your 200-odd? So my total comes to 731. Cheap as chips.com. Mm. Okay, Michael. Uh, oh, uh, my cost-wise um, is, uh, well, from GW, it's £68.50. Um, £40 for the, uh, well, £45 for the Helverans. And then the rest is on a squad of Skitari because there's no point getting Sekitari um, when they're going to be carrying radium guns, which is the guns carried by the um, the normal guys. And from Forge World, it's £820. Oh, hello. So you're looking at 900 and something? Just a uh, shot of 900? I'm looking at uh, uh, 806, sorry, £88.50. <sighs> okay. Well, you'll be pleased to know, gentlemen, that as per normal, mine rocks in at not including Cyber Oculari, which I can't find a figure for. I'm sure somebody can help me with that. Mine comes into a massive... There's a a tech priest you can buy, and he has Cyber Ocularis with him. Ah, right, okay. So so £988 for mine. As per usual, the... Actually, no, 
Not on champ. I think I've as I've kept my normal thing of breaking over a thousand pounds. So I haven't added the Arvis on there. So that would be nine eight eight plus sixty eight is one oh five six. Oh, actually, mine's a little bit more as well now. I think about it because I haven't put my <sighs> HQ in there. But my HQ is only going to be another thirty quid probably. So, so I'm Chris, still under, I'm still under eight hundred pounds. Cheapestchips.com. So Chris clearly has the first one because that's the easiest metric we can apply. So thematically, <laughs> we all took Thanatars, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we all took Thanatars. Two, two of us took Vorax. Yep. Uh, did we all take Ad Secularis? We are? did. We did. Yeah. Uh, any other commonality there? <laughs> I took I took uh, Terax. There was no no. Just... So we yeah I took Skylax. Uh, you took uh, Michael took the Skitari route. I took the um, what's it called? Ad Secularis route with some I big units, and you route. took the Phalax route. So we all kind of hit all three buttons there. Um, Vorax, did you take? You took Vorax as well, didn't you, Michael? We just mentioned. I took Vorax, uh, yep. Did you take Volterax? I took two Volterax, yep. Yeah, same as me. So what was kind of what I'm trying to get to here is that in terms of the differences, army-wise, there wasn't actually a lot in it. If you see what I mean, we kind of all much had very similar units in the same places. I think the only thing that was slightly different from mine was possibly actually the Krios as well. Both two of us uh, took Krioses. The only thing that was slightly different in mine was the Myrmidons. Um, I'm with an ammo dump, people. Boom. I guess that's true. Um, oh, the only thing I really had different was the uh, Armagers. Yeah, which were cool, actually. Cool little models. So, again, I think given the short specification that we can with this, we'll probably have to call that one a draw, unless anybody's got any terrible objections no i think that's reasonably fair i mean the mechanicum the tagmata is such a you know wide-ranging it's a casual it's yeah it's a catch-all hard to hard to give it any i mean we have differentiated where possible but i think there are some units that clearly stand out as um, almost auto includes the thanatar is the one yeah everybody took a thanatar the thing with it is though it's hard to you can't ignore it for what it can do. That strength A AP two wave. wave thing is what does it. Minus one to your cover saves because of the enhanced target in arrays. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You can't really ignore it. And but the thing is, as Michael's just said with his list, um, there's lots of things there that you can't ignore. So you're gonna have to be you're gonna be kind of all your firepower is gonna be drawn all over the place to try and deal with these things. So theme wise we're the same. Price wise it's Chris effectiveness on the battlefield again there is some commonality there i it, it's if we're going out of the the, the big books if we're going out of the main books yeah I, you're because you can hold objectives so much more effectively yeah i'd have to agree on that one i think that just makes your list and it it pains me on uh, in, <laughs> in, in number of ways to say that but i think yeah. i mean if I'm holding objectives with my Thalax, they're not going to be anywhere near as survival as your 20 guys. That is and true, yeah. Potentially bring on more guys to then jump on yeah. you know, if they die. The only thing I would counter to that is that you can get two objectives. So you're right if the objectives are within walking distance. But 
Also, you can take for, for very cheap points costs, you can take big things out of the game. That is also true. That's not to be underrated. No, you're right. If you were um, playing me with my custodes and I had Valdor and his boys... Yeah, I'd, I'd you, have them wrapped up in uh, a lovely... It would take me three... If I'm lucky, three turns to get through them. That's nearly a 1,000. It's 700 points for my army out of the way. For a mere 125 points in carpet. Appalling. <laughs> um, and I think that should be, should, should be not banned. Yeah, yeah. fair think? enough. Okay, so I think, I personally think, I, I'm agreeing with, with Chris here, Graham's is definitely the most effective on the battlefield simply because of those that ability to score and stay yeah. on those and yeah. stay on those those, those objectives I, I do think that there is a downside to this which is getting to objectives that are a long way away but you know over six turns or five turns you know Actually, they would just have to work you think about the missions you know there's always someone where you can put an objective in your side yeah. or you know your opponent has to get to your objective yeah true enough you know that is true. And even if it's kill points, someone's going to struggle to kill those units. Yes, that's true. And in that, while they're being held up by these horrible units of uselessness, I could be going around, you know, knocking over the rest of the army, couldn't I, with the other units I've got? But I think, you know, all in all, there are some commonality things in there. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's going to go to a public vote again. When doesn't it? When doesn't it actually? It always does. You'd think we played it that way. We definitely don't. I think, I think we have had a couple where it's been a clear winner, but very few. Yeah, I, but, I, um, I think with this one, it's very hard because we, we're not getting the theme differentiation because of the what we're doing. Yeah. Next one, we'll, we'll come up with something truly, truly, truly divisive. Yeah. yeah, and innovative. But anyway, so what have we thought about the challenges? Because I've quite enjoyed doing them, if I'm honest with you. Although I've been ranting and raving like a lunatic, because that's just what I do when it comes to Mechanicum. I've actually, it's been very interesting finding out about them. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Um, It's given me lots of ideas. I certainly feel better equipped to deal with them now. Yeah, you've got a better understanding of what they might throw at you. Um. Uh, because I'm trying to build this army at the same time, so it's made, it's it's given me the, you know, when we're doing list building challenges and you know we're building to to be good, not just for throwing models on on paperwork basically. Yeah. So it's so, so when I've gone through and I've done it, I've seen units that I think, you know, once I've looked at them properly, like the Krios for instance, I was never the whole idea of my robot my list was going to be robots. That's based right. on a particular theme. Yeah. But actually, it's, if I, you know, I can take a cheap 150-point th- tank that can destroy all sorts of craziness. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I would have ignored it prior to doing this. Yeah. Um, prior to doing these list challenges. So it's, it's been really helpful for me to do it. Definitely. So there you go. We hope that the people listening have also found it useful. And, um, you know, when they do come across the mechanic, either wanting to play them or to face them across the battlefield, hopefully we'll give you some little hints and tips and um, also where the particular strengths and weaknesses may lie for different units and different types of army. We should say thank you to James as yes, well. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, J- James Turner from uh, Heresy Scott, who has uh, been our 
consultant. consultant <laughs> yes. As he's dealt with us, and I'm sure he's rolled his eyes at some of our notes and <laughs> thoughts before. But um, yeah, um, thank you very much, James, for helping out um, and helping us, you know, keep us right on this. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Been very difficult without. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been an interesting thing. I mean, uh, I got some as we've spoken about. I have some Mechanicum units, um, uh, a Fanatar and two Castle X's and a, a Majos, um, and it sort of um, this has sort of inspired me to kick kick the bottom. And uh, again, the mecha- the Mechanicum for me is going to be a slow one, like the Custodes. Um, mm. Starting too many projects, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too much of a butterfly. Yes, hobby butterfly. That's my problem, especially doing this because we get ideas and things. And mm. yeah, yeah, so I am I am gonna go ahead at some point. I, I bought a few little bits. I bought well four Castlex in the past and two Volterax in the past um, three months um, gotcha. to so, actually kick kickstart. So I'll have you know uh, an actual, hopefully an actual army I can field at some point. Nice. Um, yeah, but yeah, cool. I, I've really been enjoying this. It's 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 interesting to do, and um, it was interesting to to cover the whole army. I mean, it's it's probably the only army for which we'll have to do three episodes. I mean, I can see when we eventually get round to doing the uh, the cults and militia list, that'll probably be a two a two parter. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, yeah I'll, 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 I'll be playing. Go on, Chris. Yeah. So they, they need that extra time, really, especially in that because there are so many different things you can throw at them. Yeah, that. yeah, and we'll need a, uh, I mean, Solar Auxilia. That's that's one episode. Um, yeah, but Mechanicum's probably only three episodes. And you know what? The, the thing is, we haven't covered all of the Mechanicum. There's a couple of bits we haven't covered. Um, well, one one specific category is the Lords of War. There's yeah. two of them, but we'll come round to them. We'll prop. Uh, as I said, I I want to do a Dreadclaw um, covering the um the majos because i think the majos is such a uh it's very unique yeah okay yeah absolutely makes sense i mean things like we can do quest or knights haven't even looked at those yet as another potential option but yeah, anyway yeah. but that's its whole army in itself so yeah. yeah so um yeah i've had a have had a very interesting time time covering this and it, it's been been lots of fun so how about we go out and we um talk about what events are coming up yeah yes sure. yeah So let's have a quick run through of the events that are coming up uh, over the next year. And uh, we're going to start with um, out by saying, if you have an event, uh, then please message us um, on Facebook or um, send us an email at the rush at edge of And we will get you a shout out. Now, some of these events, the tickets are sold out for, but it's always worth seeing if you can get on a reserve list. So that's why we still mention them. Now, gaming events coming up on the 24th of March, we have the Battle of Giants. That is an Adeptus Titanicus event, Tabletop Tavern at New Townards in uh, Northern Ireland. Then on the 30th of March, there is the Horus Heresy Showcase run by uh, our good friend uh, Chris Gibson at Stratford-upon-Avon. On 6th of April is the Fall of Zandia at the Bad Moon Cafe in London. On the 27th of April, Call to Arms uh, for the Cathedrals of Atrasos in Eastbourne. On 28th of April, as an 
another Adeptus Titanicus event at the Dice Saloon in Brighton, that is Coastal Clash. On the 5th of May, we have the Sundering of Fortis II, the second phase, at Warball Games in Bromley. On the 11th of May is Hope's Folly, a uh, Boards and Swords, um, uh, a, a Boards and Swords, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, I should say that is at Boards and Swords Hobby in Derby. 25th of May is the Throne of Skulls at Warhammer World, to which myself, Chris and Graham are all going to be going and playing in. That's the doubles, that is. Then on the 1st of June, there is the Fall of Andromachi, that's in Curtain. 15th of June uh, is the is a one one and a half thousand points Centurion event at Leodis Games in Leeds. That's the first heresy event I believe they're running. The 15th of June as well, uh, the Knock Cataclysm at Common Ground Games in Sterling. That is a heresy Scott event. On the 6th of July, we have Roll Dice uh, Gaming 2019 and the Bristol City Open in Bristol, um, unsurprisingly. On the 12th of July, our good friends at Geno52 are running the Op- Opian, the onion ploy, I should say. <laughs> uh, income gaming in Cheltenham. Now that includes Centurion Games and Adeptus Titanicus. On the 21st of July is the fall of Kiron in Eastleigh. 27th of July is Dispute of Iron 2 in Polesworth. 24th of, our, uh, of August, we have another uh, event at the Bad Moon Cafe. Uh, this time it's a mixed Age of Darkness and Adeptus Titanicus event. It's Beta Garmon, the Sea of Fire. Then the 24th of August, there is the Reckoning of Dalan Prime uh, at Firestorm Games uh, in Cardiff. That is an Imperial Truth event. 31st of August, we have got Flashpoint Cortana at Common Grounds Game in Sterling. 13th of July, it's the London GT in London. Uh, 27th of September, ee, it's Company of Legends uh, up in Durham. So that's our event. And 26th of October is the Cataclysm of Iron Free uh, in Polesworth, uh, a King Fluff event. And the 1st of November, Blood and Glory in Derby. Now, in terms of other events, coming up, we've got two. Uh, the first of those is 11th of May. That is the Warhammer Fest at the Rico Arena in Coventry. Uh, I'm going on Sunday. Uh, Sunday features the Golden Demon. And the 31st of May is the UK Games Expo in Birmingham, um, to which, well, we don't know if Forge will be doing anything there, but they'll have their store there. Um, so, and there'll be studio previews from Games Workshop, no doubt. So anyway, that's uh, all we have. Uh, so let's go on to the close. And so it ends the end of the show. So please do leave us some reviews on iTunes or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram and YouTube. Um, and we have all the links to all those various social media platforms in the show notes. And do leave us some positive reviews. It'd be great to hear from you. And if you have any suggestions or criticisms as well, uh, please do let us know. And you can, um, like I say, get in touch with us many different ways. Uh, but um, Facebook's usually the one we use, all three of us use the most. So just send us a message. Um, if you want to help the show out, as we mentioned previously, we do have the tip jar option now. Um, which we'll put a link to. If you feel this is worthy of a small donation towards our running costs, we would very much appreciate that, but under no obligation whatsoever. Um, we also have um, an affiliate link with Audible. 
so if you get your audible subscription through that we get a little um little bit of something which i think would actually pay for about a cup of coffee for us which would be lovely um and audible has got all of the horus heresy audiobooks on it so that's excellent um that's how so i got how i got my copy of the very dagger for 7.99 exactly so it's um yeah 7.99 a month for a subscription so um, and it's got all the books on there so people use it very rated it very highly um you can um as mentioned for the patron and we also have an affiliate link um through our website for element games so if you want to buy any of your hobbies spares or any of the, of the games workshop range of models that are available um outside of games workshop then you can go to element games through our website and we also get a little bit of something back there which we generally use to buy more scenery for company of legends so that is it um next month uh will be the 25th show will it really 25 shows yep crikey a 25th anniversary show so goodness knows what we're going to do on that one but i'm sure that's going to be very interesting but without any further ado i think it's time to wrap this baby up so from me have a lovely month everybody and uh, a very good night to you and myself chris have a good evening and uh, yeah we'll speak, speak to you again in a month yeah yeah we'll have a have a good rest of the month we'll um we'll you know we'll um we'll keep up to date with what we're doing um and we'll um yeah we'll see you next month with um i don't know if we've got anything particular planned for next month i don't know we'll who knows what surprises lurk around the corner we have to um we'll have a little think see maybe a new list challenge something special for our 20th show yeah. who knows i think we had sort of said that um the show after we kind of talked about because of the show army maybe doing the sons of horus episode but okay um so we could but have a look not, at them. not not for next time but for okay. time after um time after time time after time as linda lorca said as a musical reference yes right yeah. then all let's, right let's call it a day there then so au revoir all right bye bye guys take care bye
we no. did decided not to have a Graham's postbag section. So we kind of spun off on whether we should go to the Throne of Skulls as the aforementioned Mexican wrestlers, which of course requires us to get Mexican wrestler masks, which Chris is dutifully researching now. But the best thing was that we decided to, what would our wrestling team name be? And of course, what we did was we put the Spanish, so English to Spanish for Edge of Empires, for those of you interested out there or studying for your GCSEs, is uh, Bordo del Imperio, which sounds flipping awesome, I think. Sounds like the, the perfect... Uh perfect team name if, if you just uh view your your messaging messaging app quickly oh, oh, you, uh... another another little little snippet of awesomeness so we had a look at one set they were quite cheap which, which were yeah these are equally as cheap as those that is great <laughs> so for those of you uh, obviously not looking at what i'm looking at uh, this is for that i think that's the guy from it's it's jack from uh nightmare before nightmare, christmas. yeah Nightmare before christmas but that one is. of the masks is black with white trim, sort of white detail. And the other one is white with black trim, because if we're going to wow. be a tag team, we need to be slightly different. That is that is for us, my friend. <laughs> I shall send you some money post haste. <laughs> we just decided, though, because we know that the hall in one world can be a bit on the warm side. We would be sweating our Nijinskis off. One fierce, but anyway, but we'll never be able to take our masks off. And also, it means that if we don't want to play a game, we can just give the mask to somebody else. Well, actually, people would not know that it was us if with our armor breakthrough and mechanical vest. Yes. Although, of course, we were wearing Edge of Empires t-shirts, and the Spanish relation of a team name would be Edge of Empires. And, hang on, no, hang on. Can we can we have new t-shirts? <laughs> Bordo del Imperio. Bordo del Imperio. Yes, could be like the Spanish rivals. They could be our Spanish our, cousins. Just have slightly vari- <laughs> slight variations on our names on the back. It could be, you know, a franchise, maybe. You know, Spanish, be. like the, you know, like you get the Russian Top Gear. Yeah, be the Spanish, could you know, the Spanish Edge of Empires. Empire. <laughs> um, I love how Mike has just gone very quiet all of a sudden. Yeah, it's because we're kind of freestyling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm just going to pretend not to know you two. Yeah, I know. I know. You, we'll get you, you on know. too. We'll find you. You can wear oh, the yeah. first mask I sent. There you go. That'd be awesome. There's a giant, <laughs> chicken, there's a giant chicken mask. We could say, oh, hello. Found another one. That's a crack. <laughs> that is. Cool. This sounds like. Oh, this is going to be. Oh, awesome. these ones. This is a. You can barely see it on the photo. It's so black. Okay, none more black. To quote Spinal Tap. In fact, this one. I'm just going to send you the. Uh, I'm going to send the link just because it's easier than um, the easy. photo. I don't think will do it justice. Because we are foolish humans. Yes, it's the sort of thing that happens when we have an idea in the uh, Edge of Empire world. We That's go off on massively crazy tangents. <laughs> off, off piece. <laughs> off piece. And that, the next thing you know, we've got a. Uh, a, a full A1 map <laughs> that we that we pay for. Look at that! They look flipping out. That one that looks actually that one's bordering on gimp mask, <laughs> as opposed to the Jack from thingy full face mask with eye holes. Yeah, but you know, I mean nobody's going to wear that in the you know sex dungeon. That one looks like it's. <laughs> well, maybe they would. Maybe they would. That one yeah, looks like are... it's straight out of sexdungeon.com. Yeah, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> All you're going to get is going to be, where's the gimp? The gimp's yeah. sleeping. <laughs> Let's go wake him up then. 